Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Welcome to MCMF, the podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read comics. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Uh, I am joined on this episode by Jesse. Hello. We are going to read uh, for you guys tonight. We are reading through Batgirl 2009. Uh, this actually, this this collection of stories is called Batgirl Rising, which is cool. Uh it's convenient that it worked out that way because I didn't know that before <laughs> before we uh, decided we were going to do it. I was just like, yeah, this is yeah. the Brian Q. Miller stuff. Uh, this is Batgirl uh, from 2009 written by Brian Q. Miller starring Stephanie Brown, who is uh, kind of the character – well, one of the characters that I, I'd say you and I bonded over. Absolutely. Immediately. Like, it was – oh. Um, yeah, I think one of the things we bonded over very quickly is our shared love of this character in this run, really. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. This is, this is going to be a very positive review, I guess. Yes, say. yes. This is, uh, this is not going to be Red Hood in the Outlaws. <laughs> I, I, I will take credit for being the person who asked you what the fuck you were doing reading that book. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think I mentioned all that episode. I was like, somebody asked me what the fuck I'm doing, and yeah, that was you. Yes, uh, so this is going to be the uh, the opposite of that. Take every vibe from that and just flip it on its head. <laughs> just totally invert it. <laughs> With honestly, I think that's pretty funny. Like at, to think about because Stephanie and Jason are they're they're really similar. They're really similar and really different. Like at the same time. Oh yeah. Because like oh, yeah. they both are the quote unquote bad Robin. Like they are the Jason's bad in that Jason was like a goddamn menace. Oh yeah. Listen, Jason was probably really excited when he came back and found out that there had been a Robin who had died in between. Yeah, a Robin who had been fired and killed. It it wasn't just me. Right. Holy shit. (laughs) There was someone who was Robin for way shorter and died way more recently. Oh my god, I'm not was Robin for 73 days. That's so funny. Oh my god. I can't get into the current Robin series. That is not what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) He was not Robin for very long. She was Robin for... Three issues of Robin, and I believe the same corresponding three issues of Detective Comics that were coming out at the same time. It was basically one story. They weren't actually overlapping. It was two parallel stories. So she really had, like, two spotlight stories that were going simultaneously. Um, And then she gets fired, and then War Games happen. Yeah, and then that is the impetus for War Games, the event that gets her, quote-unquote, killed. uh, Because... Sent to Africa? Yes, so Stephanie... But Stephanie Africa. dies, uh, presume like they they bury somebody. Tim goes to the funeral. Like it's a whole thing. It's a very like, bad Batman time. Is there when she flatlines? Yeah, the air quotes are not great in an audio medium. Yeah, and like they mourn her. It's him and Cassandra bond over their shared loss, which is oh yeah. I'm going to get into the dynamics of Robins and Batgirls in further detail later, but... Oh, yeah. It's, Tim, it's important. It I always like, wait, felt I like... I feel like context. 
that we should maybe add is, like, who actually is this character? Yeah, we should probably say who the fuck Stephanie Brown is. Uh, That would probably be a good idea. Uh, So, (laughs) Stephanie Brown, uh, created in 1992 uh, by Chuck Dixon. She is originally the spoiler. Uh, the da- She's the daughter of the Clue Master. Um, the Clue who, Master, who's basically... Shitty Riddler. A, a shitty Riddler. Um, not because... He doesn't make riddles because it's fun and that's, like, part of the puzzle. No, no, he makes clues because he's got, like, some weird complex where he can't actually let himself ever win. So he has to self-sabotage at all times. Look, I can relate to that. <laughs> Um, so he leaves shitty clues. He leaves shitty clues, and Stephanie, who is, at the time, I think, like, 15, is like, yeah, I'll help Batman and Robin catch my dad. Uh her he's first... an asshole, he should go to jail. Yeah, my dad's a dickhead. I want him arrested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, in her first unmasked appearance, she hits Tim Drake in the face with a brick. <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah, oh, what a all-timer. Vibe. Um, and then she becomes a supporting character in Robin for yeah. uh, the first, I want to say, like, 130 issues. Somewhere she thereabouts. She shows up, like, once every five issues-ish, at no, minimum. At, um, well, so at first, she's like, she'll kind of pop up here and there for different stories. Um, and then, I want to say in issue 49, issue 49, issue 50, she and Tim start dating officially. And then she's in, basically... Like, if she's not around for five issues, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. She's even, she's not necessarily, like, as spoiler, but, like, she'll be around as, like, Tim's girlfriend. Important context for later. While they are dating, Tim does not reveal his secret identity and goes by the (laughs) secret identity of Draper. He does not tell her who he is until, I think, like, maybe 20 or 30 issues before she dies. Yeah, she, so, Stephanie is Stephanie and Tim start dating around issue 49 or 50. In the next issue after that, uh, Stephanie becomes the first DC character to experience a teen pregnancy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who, Tim is, I believe the exact quote was, not the culprit, not even, not even a, a suspect. suspect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tim's definitely not the father, but Tim drives her to Lamaze classes, which is really cute. And, yeah, Tim uh, helps deliver the baby. the baby. She has the baby. She gives the baby up for adoption. She, she like, never finds like, out... Old- yeah, she never finds out she had a boy. The baby has never come back. Yes, it has way. never been mentioned. Which, well, it has been mentioned. She mentions it when she's, oh, quote, unquote, she... dying. She tells Batman. And yes. Batman says the child will never want for anything. Which yeah. is more than can be said for Stephanie Brown in this comic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce isn't around, so it's fine. That's true. That's true. He is dead. Uh, also, air quotes. Yeah, dead. Uh, read as... Stranded somewhere in time, becoming a living bomb to when, destroy the timeline. <laughs> when we say the word dead, assume there's air quotes unless we're talking about Marvin. And then we yeah. are not using air quotes. Yes. Um, so Stephanie, after Tim's dad finds out that he is Robin, Jack mm-hmm. Drake marches to Wayne Manor. Because he's he puts two and two together. He finds out that Tim is Robin. Oh, yeah. Therefore, Bruce is Batman. Yep. Which is the exact scenario that Bruce has been trying to prevent for however long, which is why Tim never tells Stephanie who he is. Oh, yeah. Stephanie yeah. and the, not the Titans, but the original members of Young Justice, mm-hmm. uh, they don't, fought, like, he just doesn't tell them 
until Bruce says it's okay for the for the Young Justice crew, and until Bruce tells Stephanie himself. Yep. And uh, Steph is pissed, as one would. She knew it was an alias. She never believed yeah, that. Yeah, because Alvin Draper is the fakest name of all time. It's so fucking dumb. Uh, also, the only reason I mention that is because she does actually bring it up in this comic. Yes. <laughs> because also, she, her first instinct is to think his last name is Draper. Yeah, but she also, her first instinct is not to call him Tim. Which is interesting. I'll get into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, so Stephanie, after Tim is forced to quit being Robin, Stephanie kind of pesters Bruce to let her become Robin. And Bruce later claims that there was absolutely no jealousy reasoning behind making her Robin, but, like, it's really heavily implied. It's really that heavily implied that he's really, mad that he wants Tim to come back. Yeah, he's mad at Tim for quitting, and Tim's like, no, no, I can't do this anymore. And, I can't hurt uh, my dad like this. I've been lying to him for so long. Also because Stephanie got injured, because Tim couldn't save her. So yes, Steph, Steph, got her leg, Steph gets her leg broken, Tim can't do anything about it, and Steph recovers, but Tim's still freaked out. So he quits being Robin because he's like, I can't protect anybody, I'm bad at this, I'm hurting my dad, yada, 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 I'm, a, I'm not having a great time. And he's like, Steph, you just got hurt. Like, maybe don't be spoiler. And she's like, oh, no, that'll be fine. I won't be spoiler anymore. First time she's going to say that, not the last. That's not the first time she says that, because that's her arc through the 90s is Tim going, please stop being spoiler. And her going, no. (laughs) The longest she's not, the longest that she's not spoiler uh, before this point. Well, yeah, but before this point, the longest she had not been spoiler was uh, when she was pregnant. Uh-huh. And she's like, I can't yes. crime fight and also be six months pregnant. That wouldn't, so... that wouldn't work. Uh, so Steph makes her own Robin costume. I feel like it's important to point I out that, forgot she, that she made it herself. She makes it herself, which is why I'm a little miffed that she keeps complaining that she can't sew. Um, he makes her own Robin costume. It's not a good one, and it's not it's perfect. It's Tim's like, with a skirt. It's, it's Tim's with a skirt, but it's like the first time. It's the only the time that they show the one that she made. It's actually really cute because they put in detail to show that like they're shitty gloves and it's like a shitty old skirt. It's like <laughs> so she shows up to the Batcave and she's like, "I'm gonna be Robin," and she doesn't expect Batman to say yes, but Batman's like, "Yeah, let's do this." Yeah, sure, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> and Batman gives her one one rule. He he tells her one thing, and that is basically listen to you, me. Well, listen to me. Do what I say, and so. Uh, without going to like too too many details, they go on a mission, and uh, she immediately doesn't do that <laughs> and saves his life. So they're in a bad spot, and Batman tells her to leave because Batman's like concerned he's about to die. And she comes back and she saves him, and he fires her on the spot. On the spot, which granted, literally no Robin has ever listened to Batman. That's this it's part of the job, <laughs> like. That's how Tim got the job. It is. I mean, fucking Jason stole his goddamn tires. (laughs) Like, this is not the worst thing a Robin has done, even within the last two weeks. He fires her on the spot. She has this whole superior, not like superiority complex. She's got this basically like, she's got daddy issues. Oh, yeah. she's like, oh no, daddy Batman doesn't love me anymore. What the fuck am I going to do? He finds these secret plans that Bruce has. That rely on Bruce being Matches Malone. Which he, of course, didn't tell her about. Yes. She sets up this thing. It goes horribly wrong. It causes a gang war. She gets kidnapped by Black Mask. 
Yeah, she gets kidnapped and tortured to death by Black Mask. Except... Except flight of stairs. Yeah, also that, yeah. Yeah. Except Chuck Dixon, when he came back to write Robin, revealed, no, Stephanie's not dead. She's been hiding out in Africa with Leslie for the last two years. Leslie Thompson was like, hey, it's unfair what happened to this girl, and I don't want her to go back to being a superhero. So I faked her death, and I took her with me on my, like, mission trip to Africa, and... (laughs) I don't know if it was a mission, but you get the vibe. Yeah. And she's been hiding out there. Her mother didn't know, and now she's back, and it's all okay. Her mom um, didn't know. Tim didn't know. Bruce, like, they just didn't tell anybody. Leslie's the only one who knew, so she comes back. Which, and I, I want to say, it's particularly cruel to Tim, because Tim has been to... Poor boy. Poor boy. He goes to, like, five funerals in the space of, like, seven months. Yikes. It's actually because uh, Identity Crisis and War Games were being published at the same time. There's right. actually a continuity issue where in one issue of War Games, his father's alive, and it's it comes out after the issue where his father is brutally murdered. <laughs> but yeah, by Captain Boomerang, yeah. His dad... It's, like, so, it's simultaneous. Yeah, so Tim, in the space of, like, like less than a year... What a real-world month. Well, well, it's... Because I'm also counting, like... So Darla, his classmate who has a crush on him, is shot in front of him during war games. His dad yep, is murdered by uh, his dad is murdered by Captain Boomerang. Yep. Stephanie is killed by Black Mask. Uh-huh. Then, uh huh. Infinite Crisis happens immediately afterward, in which uh, Connor is killed. The city of then, Bloodhaven is nuked, killing Dana, his stepmother. Oh, yeah, you forgot about Dana, right? <laughs> Dana is in a hospital in Gotham, kind of recovering from the trauma of watching her, her husband die. Oh my god. I and then they drop a bomb it. on Bloodhaven. Okay. Um, yeah, and then and then Connor and, and Bart Connor and Bart die. Soon after. Um, it's, well, Connor dies and then Bart dies a year later. Because it's the one year later thing. Right. Connor dies... Uh, Cassie joins the cult for a little while, then they date, then Bart dies. It's a bad time. It's a bad time to be Tim Drake. So she's just chilling in Africa this entire just time. Just hanging doing out. Nothing. <laughs> doing nothing. Like, oh it would be, sure, it would be nice for anybody to be alive. Uh, we should get into the book itself, because I have, <laughs> I have, Sorry. no, we're good. Um, but yeah, so for Cliff's Notes version of all that, Stephanie Brown, formerly the spoiler, uh, was briefly Robin. Uh, number four, uh, yes. is now Batgirl number three? Four? It's unclear. I think three. I count her as three, but I know some people count Betty as, uh, as... I forget about Betty. I, every, a lot of people do. I just don't think about her. <laughs> I don't... I... It's been a long time since I've thought about Betty. <laughs> it's probably Bet, but, like... You I, said that, I always pronounced it Bet. Yeah, you said Bet earlier, and it was, like, the first time it clicked in my head, like, oh, wait, it totally is, but my brain refuses to hear it as anything but Betty Kane, because Betty yeah, Kane it's spelled, sounds It's spelled good. B-E-T-T-E. Yeah, like Bette Midler. Yeah. I always assumed it was, like, yeah, yeah. Because I assumed if it was Betty, it would be, like, a Y. Yeah. Or an I. Uh, uh, but so let's, anyway, she's let's now Batgirl. And yeah, she's now Batgirl. <laughs> that's where this book starts, is, and it was a mystery built up of, like, who's going to be the new Batgirl? Because uh, they were making a lot of changes in the aftermath of Final Crisis. Uh, oh, Final... so at this moment in time, Batman is, air quotes, dead. Yeah, Bruce Everybody... Wayne is, air quotes, dead. Dick Grayson is now Batman. Damian Wayne is Robin. 
Yes. Tim Drake has recently become Red Robin, and at this point, Jason, I think, has the, uh... The pill helmet. The pill helmet. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a he's got a pill helmet right now. Uh, he's running around with Scarlet. Yes, <laughs> Who bring that character back. Oh my god, she's interesting. Um, um, every single person believes the Batman is dead, minus Tim Drake. Don't worry about that; it is not relevant to this book. It, it it'll come up briefly when Tim shows up. <laughs> Very briefly. Um, but let's let's get into it. Uh, Batgirl number one, two thousand nine. Uh. Incredible covers, by the way. The Noto covers covers. are so good. Yes. uh, And you can tell it's him, too, which I think is great. Oh, yeah. I realized that as I was reading this. I looked at it. I didn't even need to look at the signature. I was like, I never realized that was Noto. Because I just spent a year reading Cable, so suddenly I know what his art looks like. I was like, oh, my God, it's Noto. Yeah, the mouth is the tip-off, because that's how I draw mouths. (laughs) <laughs> I my my art style is just hey what parts of comic artists can I crib and I took the way Phil Noto draws mouths. Oh, I do that all the time. I learned how to draw noses by looking at how Jen Bartel drew noses. Ooh, yeah, icon. <laughs> yes, uh, it's great. Um, so, so <laughs> this starts with a street race. Uh, I wrote uh, literally in my notes uh, opens with some low budget Fast and Furious. <laughs> There's even a dude in, like, a shitty tank top standing there. There's a dude who has a neck tattoo that just says the word thug. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> notice that, but yeah. It's the same font as, like, the New York Times. He <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. comes back later, and you can tell by the neck tattoo. He <laughs> shows up in, like, issue two or three. It's so good. Yeah, the, uh, the... I should say, the race that they're running is an incredibly dumb race. <laughs> it's, alright, so whoever can get their car to stop closest to this wall wins. It's like it's, chicken. Yes, it's a big game of chicken. This is a terrible idea. Because they're they're racing for pink slips. So, yes. like, you, your, your goal is not to crash the other car. You want that car! Also, I just noticed this car is not a Chevy Impala. It is a Chevy Impaler. Oh, yeah, it's an Impaler. <laughs> and uh, the other one, it's it looks like it says Porsche, but they cover, like, some of the... What is it? Uh, posh? Or... Yeah. So it's, it's supposed pod. to be a Porsche. Yeah. They don't want to get sued. Yep. Um, anyway, crimes are happening. Anyway, crimes are happening. Stephanie solves the problem. Well, Batgirl. We don't see who it is yet. Uh, but she solves the problem by... Using a grapple gun to rip the axles off these cars. She ties the axles together and they're still going. The <laughs> so it just, just fall apart. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, it's spectacular. Then, she then goes to beat the people up and has the best intro I've ever witnessed, which is she shows up, she looks at the dude with the neck tattoo that says thug, and the thug says, I ain't afraid of you. What you weigh? Like a hundred pounds? And she says, thank you. Then breaks his knee. <laughs> she does like a handstand helicopter kick like Eddie Gordo. Oh, I feel like I should mention, all of your listeners are going to be disappointed. I will not understand a single pro wrestling <laughs> reference you're going to make. <laughs> uh, I know nothing. Well, that was a Tekken reference, but that's, that's oh, fine too. I don't know fighting games either. Um, so she... She just breaks that dude's leg and throws a battering at the other guy. 
it's incredible. But it's just so good because he's like, what do you weigh, like 100 pounds? She's like, oh, thank right. you. <laughs> just, goodbye, me. Uh, and so Batman and Robin are watching uh, because they think that she's Cassandra. She is wearing Cassandra's costume, which is a full head, like, no skin is showing. She's got the mask that covers all of her face. Her hair is not out. Like, yeah. this, this from a distance, looks like Cassandra. And uh, Damien is not impressed. He's like, how is, thi- how is this the woman who led the League of Assassins? The warrior who ran the Outsiders at Father's Command. And Dick's like, yeah, that's fucking weird. That's... It's a perfect smarmy little voice for He's this like, little shit. Damien's a, a little shithead this whole run. I maybe controversial opinion. I think that uh, this series is the best Damien has ever been. Yes, he's incredible here. He's so good <laughs> in this so book. So good. Um, um, yeah, he's he's a little shit, and Dick is immediately like, mm, "This hmm, isn't her." That's this weird. And then we get the first shot, which I can only imagine because you were would you have been like buying these okay. at the time. So, uh, I, I feel like I should mention for some context. So, when this book came out, I started reading comics in 2009, and this came out in 2009. So, I started reading comics right around when this came out. It was maybe, I read through all of the existing 2003 run of Teen Titans up until that point, and I had started reading some of, like, the Robin and other Bat books, and Mm -hmm. I think this is maybe, like, the third or fourth comic I ever read. I was... Important context here. I was a 14-year-old girl with blonde uh, hair and, like, a horrible, like, I was so self-conscious about myself because I was a 14-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. I also was taking computer science classes at the time. Yeah, so I was like, you and I are about the same age, so. Yeah. I was the target audience of this book. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the editors at DC just, like, looked at me through, like, some binoculars and were like, so much a comic for this kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was this book. I wanted to be Stephanie Brown and be, like, a little less of a hot mess than she was, but realistically, I knew I would still be a bit of a hot mess. Well, it's like the, the Red Robin series that ran around the same time as this. Um, also great. I So I didn't get into reading comp. I, I was, like, a big wiki dive kid mm. uh, as a, you know, as growing up as a teenager. Because, oh, yeah. like, I... Didn't know where to buy comic books, but I always wanted to know a bunch about comic book characters. So I would do a lot of, like, I would sit and read the bios in the games all the time. Nice, uh, nice. And then I would just stare at wiki pages. So when I Mm -hmm. started reading comics in 2012, when I was a senior in high school, Tim was, like, the character I, like, grabbed right away of, like, this is, this little dude is me. Um, Oh, yeah. And so being a 17-year-old boy... Going through a lot, feeling like no, <laughs> feeling like nobody understood me. Oh yeah, that's Red perfect. Robin two thousand nine is that's that was my bag. Oh yeah, and for yeah for basically identical reasons. That's why that's why I love this girl because she's a hot mess. And yeah. at the time, I was a hot mess. <laughs> I needed it so badly. Mm-hmm. Oh I, my I, goodness, I, that's also I have also glommed onto Tim in a very similar way. <laughs> I, I will there's say, more comics about him. Yeah, there's so much about him. Uh, well, there used to be. Not so much now. But mm. um, I, I will say, I can only really imagine what it would have been like for somebody who was a... Uh, you know, who had been reading these actively and did not know who the new Batgirl was going to be. 
Because I, through, you know, the eyes of now, I can say, of course it was going to be Stephanie. Why would it be anybody else? But at the same time, I, if I was somebody actively reading comics in 2008 or 2009, maybe I would have thought they were going to go with, uh, somebody else. Do you want to get right into that letter? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> All right. So we met, uh, We were talking about this before we started recording, and we, I had to stop because I needed to talk about this. So um, I have the original floppy issues that I purchased back in 2009, and uh, I ended up repurchasing this digitally just for my own sanity. But for the first couple issues, I was reading the floppies. Uh, I just didn't like taking them out of the bags. It was annoying. At the end of issue two, there's a letter from the editor, or the editor-in-chief, uh, Dan DiDio. <laughs> Who granted does not actually sign this letter, but like based on context clues, it has it's to be really him. obvious who it is. Yeah. And he talks about um he, he talks about the the process of who's gonna be the new Batgirl and choosing it. Um and he basically goes through and he's just like, Okay, so we had a lot of internal debates, uh, and we were tossing around some ideas as to who it was gonna be. We thought maybe maybe Barbara, like maybe Babs, that that'd Which be good. Is a- um, terrible idea. Terrible idea. I agree, but he really we, wants this. Uh, mm-hmm, they also threw out Cassandra, it. like Cassandra Cain. They wanted to change, so they're just like Cassandra Cain, not going to be Batgirl. He also has a little parenthesis thing in here where he's just like, "Don't worry, Cassandra fans, big stuff coming in 2010." That never fucking happened. Um, <laughs> they they say, "Okay, well, uh, maybe what about Misfit from Birds of Prey? Mm, what about Wendy from Teen Titans? Bet Cain, Flame Bird." Hmm, these are all possibilities. And then later he goes on to say that, like, there was a lot of internal debate, and they really, really almost went with Barbara. And the exact quote was, uh, at what point? At one point, you were sure it would be Barbara, and then in parentheses, she was as close to being Batgirl again as Nightwing was to being dead. Yeah, because uh, they wanted to kill Nightwing during Infinite Crisis. Well, uh, he wanted to kill Nightwing he during want, Infinite right, Crisis. He wanted to kill Nightwing during Infinite Crisis, uh, and they the writers talked him off, off the ledge. Presumably Good. Jeff Johns was like, fucking no, that's a terrible idea. Uh, slapping his hand away like, stop it. Right. Um, it, that list of people that they almost picked is like really fascinating to me because Wendy had Wendy very... wild. <laughs> Wendy is such a wild pick because Wendy had very recently been paralyzed by a hellhound. A literal... Hellhound. She was in the Teen Titans for a hot second. She right, shows up with her and her brother. brother. They're, the Wonder, they're the Wonder Twins. Yes. Wendy and Marvin, the Wonder Twins. And they bring them into Teen Titans. Uh, the Teen Titans also adopt a new dog around the same time. Yeah. Turns out the dog's actually a hellhound sent by Ares to fuck with Cassie. And the hellhound balls and murders Marvin and paralyzes Wendy. And they just decide, they're like, hmm, maybe this girl will be our new bad girl. What? So, two, important to note, two of the five listed potential new Batgirls are wheelchair-bound women. Yes, are disabled people who it's important to, like, especially Barbara. Like, I think maybe with Wendy, because it was a really recent thing. Yeah, that it could have been, like, a temporary. Right, it it wouldn't have been so bad, but with Barbara, and then they do end up doing it with Barbara in the New 52, Dio gets his wish. Um, which I think is part of why Stephanie got just Stephanie just didn't exist for a while yeah, was because um, he really wanted it to be he really wanted Barbara to be Batgirl. Uh, so he really did. 
like so badly. We need to erase Ste- uh, Stephanie and Cassandra, uh, so now that no nobody's asking why they aren't Batgirl anymore. Uh, it's it's the Barry Allen thing. It's yes. the like, hey, the replacement for the like this is a legacy hero, but the replacement has been doing this for so long. I'm referring to Cassandra Kane at this point. Has been yes. doing this for so long in the meantime that like getting even. I love Stephanie Brown. I'm also annoyed that, like, they completely axed basically Cassandra Kane in the New 52 for Barbara because it's like, no, she hasn't been Batgirl in a really long, like, right. since 1989. Right. She hasn't been Batgirl. Barbara she hasn't been Batgirl for 23 years. Joke. And it's at this a while. Because um, there was just wasn't a Batgirl for a decade. Yeah. Like, just, Cassandra yeah. gets introduced during Cataclysm? No Man's Land. No Man's Land. Yeah, so that was, what, 98? Around there, I think. Yeah, so Steph- so Cassandra is Batgirl for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Steph is Batgirl for two. Right, Steph is Batgirl for two. Uh, but was doing that when they decided to reboot everything. Uh, and that's when I stopped reading comics for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like a year. And then I started reading Marvel. Uh, that that's also is, what happened with me was where I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll read this Marvel stuff then. And then I was, I was literally like, like, I love teen superheroes and the new 52 has made me really, really mad. What's this young Avengers thing? <laughs> and then, Ooh, I can't get into that. To start talking so, about how I didn't realize that I related to prodigy as much as I did. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the reason that this all gets, the reason we went on this tangent is because what happens in the comic is that she basically has like a wig reveal. Like she takes off. Yeah, the she mask takes off the mask and it's like da da da. Stephanie Brown. Like it says on the page. Yeah, she's like, I'm just Stephanie Brown. Yeah, and then the, the I'm just Stephanie Brown. That's her mom talking. That's uh, that's Crystal. You yeah. Turn the page. Crystal Brown, a character they rehabbed the shit out of. I love her. Crystal Brown, I have two notes about Crystal Brown, which is one, remember in her earliest appearances where Crystal Brown's one note is that she uh, is addicted to pills? I was going to say, yeah, she was a junkie, right? Yes. That that was like, a, that was an established thing about her character is that she's an addict and it's like, yep. uh, and they just don't mention that here. Number two note about Crystal Brown, remember how Crystal Brown definitely knows that Tim Drake is Robin? <laughs> No, I totally forgot that. Yeah, so Stephanie tells her, like, hey, my boyfriend is Robin of Batman and. Like, when Stephanie's just really... I don't remember what the exact context for it was, but she does say it. And then... Crystal also knows that she's spoiler, we should mention. Yes, like, she knows that like she's spoiler. Like, her mom knows, and if she doesn't like it. Yes, and, uh, t- like, she tells... Like, she definitely knows that Tim is Robin, and it's never brought up, which is a problem, because... Which, just not as... I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's just funny considering that Tim, uh, after the crossover that they have, Tim becomes the majority shareholder of of Wayne Industries. Yep. Tim is the CEO of Wayne Industries. I mean, she's... She works the night shift at a hospital. She's a nurse. She has bigger problems. Yeah. You'd think she would turn on the news and see, like, hey, that's my daughter's fucking ex-boyfriend. What the fuck? Um, so, in this scene, we get to see all, like, the posters and stuff that are on Steph's wall, and she has just, like, so many photos of her without a mask on, and Robin with a mask on. Yes. <laughs> like, just on her wallet. I'm like, listen, sweetie, 
Tim would be so fucking pissed if he saw that he's like real big on secret identity. <laughs> yes, the first um, the first like year of their relationship, she exclusively calls him Robin. Yeah, she's like, "This is fine. That's a name. People are yeah. named Robin. I can do this." <laughs> she's like, "It'd be a real problem if you're like Green Arrow." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they go into like a whole thing about that. Uh, that's their first date where they go to like a sci-fi movie watching thing and everybody's in costumes so they can go on a date. Yeah, it's, so very, they don't have it's very cute. I, it's really I cannot cute. recommend Robin the 93 Robin stuff enough. It's so good. I, I love it. It's, I, I love it a lot. Um, so, so Stephanie's trying oh, to hide, keep her mom from seeing the Batgirl suit. We also have the introduction of waffles. An yes. Important running <laughs> An important running <laughs> bit in Stephanie's life. I didn't even notice this is the first time, but yeah. It is. It's the first introduction of waffles, which will show up constantly. Anytime um, Stephanie's at home, there's a plate of waffles somewhere. So we're, we'll set the waffle counter to one. Oh god, we can't keep that up. We're not. <laughs> oh, I totally can. I'm totally. Um, <laughs> all right, waffle counters at one. I do have notes later where I literally just write a bullet point that says threatening use of waffles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we cut away to Barbara. Um, Barbara, who is at the Tompkins Clinic with Leslie, um, and they're watching. It's a it's like a wheelchair volleyball game. I thought, yeah, it looks like basketball. I, the way they're moving made me oh think basketball. Wait a second. But the There's no net. It is a volleyball. They yes. Draw volleyball. <laughs> it's very weird. But they're on a basketball court. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's... Bruce is funding the clinic. You guys are going to get a fucking basketball? Listen. Bruce they cost said, like $15. You said it yourself. Bruce is dead. He's not, he's not distributing funds right now. And Tim is out of the country. So, Tim is uh, somewhere in Europe. Okay, the ball is orange in the stage. And is in charge. <laughs> yeah, because like, it comes up later where our, uh, oh it's my like, God, right. it, is, it is orange on the next page. It's all right. Coloring here. Um, also, important to note, one thing I do want to point out that is actually bothering me in this comic, uh, none of these wheelchairs are what actually, like, disabled people use. Every single wheelchair drawn for the entirety of the It's like a hospital, a hospital wheelchair. wheelchair. Yes. With the handles on the back, and they're, yeah. like, really unwieldy, and they're huge. Like, I just, I need to mention that because it annoys me. Yeah. Um, so, and there are, like, a lot of wheelchairs in this comic. It, yeah, because two, two of the, two of the main characters in this book are wheelchair users. Yeah, so they're talking about Wendy, and Leslie's basically like, Hey, Barbara, it would be great if you could mentor this girl, because she has rage issues, and it reminds me of you. And Barbara, after Wendy gets knocked down playing basketball, Barbara looks over at her and leaves. <laughs> like, eye contact with Wendy, uh, paralyzed, like, on the ground. Eye contact, turn around, wheels away. <laughs> Just like, I, she leaves like Commander Shepard. <laughs> I should go. And she just fucking leaves. Yeah, also, uh, uh, Babs has become a nihilist. That's so yes. <laughs> yeah, um, there, she's on the train, uh, and some dudes try to mug her. She beats the shit out of them off panel, and she's like, that felt good, which worries me, frankly. Yeah, she's like, oh, that was great. Got oh. that out of my system. Uh, we should also mention that this is this first day of freshman year of college for our dear Stephanie Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, I have a note for that, which is, how did Stephanie get into college? Not because uh, Stephanie's not smart, but she was legally sure. dead for two years. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I do, she doesn't mention it right now, but a running theme that does come up, and I might as well mention now, is that Stephanie is like, 
solidly at most lower middle class. Like yes. at most. Yes, he the the Browns are poor. not are are not wealthy people. Which was it's to juxtapose her against Tim. Um, oh yeah. Like the Drakes are oh, yeah. very wealthy. Uh, Tim has a pretty good relationship with his dad, uh, but aside from the Robin secret that he's keeping, yeah. um, he he recently lost his mom uh, and his dad. Around the time that uh, Tim, Tim and Stephanie meet, his dad starts dating Dana, uh, and so Tim has a it was a pretty stable like sitcom home life. Yeah, Stephanie, on the other hand, her, her parents are very poor. Uh, her dad is a super criminal. Her mother yep. has an addiction. And not a good super criminal. Yeah, a terrible super criminal. Like this a, is, you're not rolling in Oswald Cobblepot money. Like, yes, he is a he is a C-lister. He is bad. He um, is, so his his posse because, includes the electrocutioner. Yeah. I mentioned this because it comes up actually a lot in this book of, like, her classmates calling her poor... For mentioning things about like tuition and like she has a work study job at the library that yeah. will come up later because and she doesn't get a cent from it it goes all into her tuition because she can't fucking pay for it and it's wild because there's just like she's surrounded by all of these what? fat people who Dick have Grayson. access to the Wayne fortune. Dick Grayson knows is legally, who she is right knows who she is and legally is Bruce Wayne's son. Yeah. Granted, Bruce Wayne is still alive. Everyone is faking it because Hush is hanging out and yeah, just, like, partying on yachts. Dick can just, Dick can just send a, me- a text to Lucius. He can just send a text to Lucius. Hey, can we pay this girl? literally just pay her college Just put her on the Wayne Industries payroll. And she can just go to college for free. That's a thing established. Um, but no, not not so for Stephanie. She does not get that. And so classism comes into this a lot. So she's in the psychology class. And they, the, there's like a or lot of... philosophy class, I think. Philosophy, you're right. Philosophy class. And the professor is talking about like, does any of us ever actually have a choice in what we do? Um, yeah, what is or free will? Are we, like, what is free will? Or are we just like products of our circumstances? Um, and then we get a flashback. I will note, because uh, this is the first time I ever noticed, Stephanie's left-handed. Oh, she is. <laughs> just, a, just a little note yeah, there. One little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Stephanie, we get a, th- a flashback to three weeks ago. Stephanie and Cassandra are beating up some goons on a dock. Uh, they work very well together. They work incredibly well together. Uh, I fucking love them. And I love them so much. Then Cassandra just takes off strips. her suit, just strips, yes. takes off her suit, and gives it to Stephanie and leaves. She is wearing, like, a tank top underneath, but, like, she just fucking strips. <laughs> yeah, for, for no reason. She just, she's like, all right, I gotta go. Because she's like, my dad's gone, so. But Actually, has Bruce adopted her at this point? I don't know, because the thing is, is that I, I'm a bad Batgirl fan. I've never actually read the Cassandra King Batgirl book. I read, I read the original run, the Kelly Puckett run. I don't really remember what happens in the 2008 one. I forgot that book yeah. exists, actually. I didn't um, know that existed. That's uh, news to me. It's it's like a miniseries. It's like six issues. Um, oh, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I but do, Cassandra leaves. Just Cassandra just bounces. takes off. And next like, time we see her, she's in Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, uh, which is how Steph gets the costume, because she right. just strips and fucking leaves it on the dock. Just leaves! Just disappears! Into uh, the rainy night. 
Yeah, and so we cut to Caroline's Diner. This is a recurring location in this book. We come I back literally here have a night. note here where I say, is there only one diner in the entire <laughs> <laughs> It's always explicitly this diner. Well, it's they go... Barbara is always here because Jim likes it. Yeah. This is a it's spot a that he likes. Diner. It's a cop diner, yeah. Um, also, important to mention, uh, this book has a lot of very specific 2009-isms. Like, for example, there are flip phones, but they mention the existence of Twitter. Like, it's a very, very specific confluence of things. And also, it's, like, very pro-cop. There's, like, it's very, yeah. it's, it's a very pro-cop Very book, pro-GCPD right? book, which is very yeah. funny, because the GCPD explicitly it's fucking awesome. suck. Yes. <laughs> Uh, which this was, it was a different, I got a very different read out of it this time, but like when I originally read this when I was 14 in 2009, like reading this again now, I was just like, oh, um, the, the, the is calling this thing a riot. I don't know what they mean by that word necessarily. <laughs> what do you mean by like, that? Like, do you mean actual riot or do you mean you want an excuse to buy your tear gas? Because like, you sure are doing a lot of that. You um, are. Um, Basically, this page just exists to have, uh, to set up that uh, there's a new detective in town that Jim really wants Barbara to meet. Uh, Detective Nicholas Gage. Detective Nick. Yeah, Detective Nick fucking Gage, which I should say, you're not going to get this reference. Uh, There is a wrestler also named Nick Gage. (laughs) He is a deathmatch wrestler (laughs) who once legally died in the ring. Uh, and then they resuscitated him. Oh, um, no. Uh, so, Detective Nick Gage, MDK, all fucking day. Uh, <laughs> um, this detective also goes by the nickname Saint Nick. Saint which Nick! Is what I will, which is what I will be calling him. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, there's a riot. Uh, a kid gets shot over on the western co- quadrant of the... The western quadrant side of the Gotham River. Uh, paramedics refuse to go in. Wackiness ensued. I wrote down, I literally wrote down, and then wackiness ensued, wackiness, death, sweetie. Ste- no. Steph. What Steph, is, what we... the kid got shot, why are you calling it wackiness? Yep, uh, so St. Nick goes into the, uh, goes in to try and talk to, to try This and... is also a recurring location, Devil Square. Devil Square, like, yes. The cops aren't allowed to really go there. It's run by gangs, and it's, like, basically the most horrible, hellish place that exists in Gotham. And yeah. for some reason, Batgirl's the only one who patrols it. Batgirl just goes there and hangs out. Um, fights crime. Fights crime, as it were. Uh, Steph sees St. Nick, and her first thought is, oh, he's pretty. <laughs> look yeah, cool. she's literally like, oh, he's cute. Stephanie, um, Stephanie I, look, I get that your last breakup went poorly. Uh, but also, this man is at least 30, and you're 19. I'm begging you, Stephanie, don't pull a Taylor Swift, Jake Gyllenhaal. I can't. <laughs> I don't want this for you. Red that Stephanie's is... version. <laughs> Goddamn 15-minute version of All Too Well. <laughs> uh, so, Detective Gage does maybe the dumbest okay. fucking thing that he could do. Uh, and he m- mushes the guy with the rocket launcher in the face. Uh, yeah. Which causes him to drop an armed rocket launcher <laughs> uh, and blows the building. <laughs> yeah, the building explodes somehow. Stephanie and Saint Nick get out unscathed or mostly unscathed. All of these other guys are definitely dead. 
<laughs> like it's not it's not confirmed, but they they hit the ground. They hit the ground hard. Oh, uh, she does a cool superhero landing, which I do like. Nick Gage yeah. falls on his face. <laughs> um. So uh, he goes. He calls. He answers the call from from Gordon. He's like, "I'm here, Jim. One of the bats helped me out. Which bat are you again?" Huh. Which is like unbelievable. It yeah, like... You couldn't guess from context, Nick, that this is Batgirl? I mean, Batwoman had just started doing stuff around the same time. This is so. either... Well, okay, well, listen. Batgirl, her whole face is covered and it's kind of creepy. Batwoman wears a bright red wig. That's <laughs> fair. That <laughs> is... <laughs> His excuse is the... What? I'm new in town. So Steph leaves and she's got this like determined, like determined motivational internal speech where she's basically just like, I'm exhausted and I need to fix the holes in this costume and I can't sew, but like, I really want to keep doing this and I'm Batgirl, yada, 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 uh, walks downstairs and we have threatening waffles. Yes. Barbara Gordon sitting at the table, hands folded. With just two plates of waffles on the table. Like, um, there is, <laughs> she should have the, the JoJo go, 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 coming off of her. Like, Yeah, she's just like, hi, Stephanie, we need to talk. And that's the, have that's some, the end of the Have person. some waffles. And stuff's like, I should have just fucking done my homework. This sucks. Oh, my goodness. Having to have a talk with Barbara Gordon seems like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say that because Barbara in the 90s was somebody you could definitely have a talk with. Uh, Tim used to have talks with Barbara all the time. Including Tim asked Barbara for sex advice. Tim, well, not sex advice, girl advice. Yeah, it was so Tim's one and two, like his the thing he always did whenever he had an issue, like with in regards to like a relationship, it was always ask ask Dick. Oh wait, Dick's advice is terrible. Ask Barbara. Yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> in that order every time. Yeah. Uh, and so one time, Tim asked, hey, Barbara, uh, my girlfriend's pregnant. And she's like, oh, actually, he doesn't even say that. He says, uh, uh, so I have a friend. Uh, and my friend uh, is pregnant. And she goes, you're not. And that's where the, uh, not, the even, not even a suspect line comes from. Best fucking line. Because Barbara, as much as Tim is every, or uh, Dick is everybody's big brother, Barbara is everybody's older sister. Incredible, but now she's a nihilist and she's fucking pissed. Yeah, you're. <laughs> your older sister has been having me. a tough time and suddenly is listening to a lot more Nine Inch Nails. It's a lot. She's she's going through it. Um, I feel like I should mention for issue two another stellar note of cover. Yes, and I didn't realize at the time, but looking back because this whole background thing was a big reveal. The first three issues, it's the old, it, it's different suits and it's never showing any distinguishing features, so never the top half of a face and never any hair, yeah. and it's uh, it's very, like, secretive, and I realize it's because of solicits. Solicits go out three months. Right. You only see the new suit on issue four. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, Stephanie's not wearing her her suit until issue four, I think. Yeah. This is still she's, Cassandra Yeah, she's suit. not, but the, the cover, no, this is a different one because it's got yellow on it. Yeah, this is, that's like an alternate uh, Barbara costume. That's pretty close to her um, Batman the Animated Series costume. Yeah, and then the cover for the third one, uh, the cover for the third one is actually Steph's future costume, but because it's so covered, it's mostly just cape. 
Yeah. It's hard to tell, but the shape of the mask is steps. Yeah. So uh, it's Cassandra, then Barbara, then Steph. Just like a fun thing I noticed. Also a banger Noto cover. Yes, all-time all grid cover. Um, so this issue opens with some dude firing an Uzi at Stephanie? Uh, uh, no, it's a compressed air thing. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, they're, they're nails. They're, they're, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. They're like nail gun. Yeah, because um, she gets... The dude, she, the dude in the green shirt is the dude with the thug neck tattoo. Oh my god, it <laughs> is. I didn't notice it. Um, yeah, Stephanie deals with this guy by throwing a batarang at the uh, nitrous tank, and it blows it up. Explodes. That dude is definitely dead. <laughs> um, and it cuts between this current fight that she's having and this conversation that she's having with Oracle, where basically Oracle's like, you're a fucking idiot. You're gonna die. You're not allowed to do this. How dare you besmirch the name of Batgirl? How dare you besmirch the good name of Batgirl? It's like, well, you haven't been yeah. Batgirl in, like, ten years, so... She was the main mentor of Cass, though, so I'll give her yeah. that. Yeah, she was also mentoring Stephanie at the time. Yeah, not as much. It was mostly, it was mostly Tim. Yeah, but she Stephanie was, was I want to say Stephanie, if she wasn't showing up in Tim's book, she was showing up in Birds of Prey. Oh. Yeah, and she was also showing up in that Batgirl book with... Yeah, the Kelly Puckett Batgirl series. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, it cuts between these things. Uh, this is when she takes, like, a neon light and smacks the thug tattoo in the face with it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Barbara is giving Stephanie a lecture, and she's like, Hey, remember that time you accidentally started a gang war and got tons of people killed? Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Great call. Uh, and then Steph just fucking leaves. Steph does the most <laughs> asshole thing ever. Like, just, just to walk upstairs! <laughs> She's like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going where you can't. And just walks upstairs. Which I don't think is an intentional thing, but it does make her look like a dickhead. Yeah, it's... It is... Oh, also, we skipped over one of my favorite freaking lines, which is... Uh, Barbara basically saying, you've already died once in the line of duty, Stephanie. And she responds with uh, an internal monologue that says, wow, it's like someone put out a memo. And then out loud she says, I got better. <laughs> it's fine. Also, Waffle Counter is at, we're going to say three on this because there are two plates. <laughs> there are two plates. All right, Waffle Counter, sorry, these are the threatening waffles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she climbs this flight of stairs, which the way it's framed is like very clearly like you're climbing a flight of stairs and you're leaving Barbara in a wheelchair at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going where you can't go. And then Barbara throws a battering at her. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, oh, it's She basically tells her like, look, that, wearing that bat on your chest might scare off smaller thugs, but you're literally begging for more attention, for attention from more dangerous criminals. Because if somebody oh, yeah. wants to make their mark, they're going to go after somebody with a bat. Uh, which oh, is yeah. why Tim is smart and never wears a bat. No, he just wears stylized letter R. Yep. Um, so, Steph, this is where the class stuff comes in. Because now we cut to Steph's in class. Or, I mean, like, socioeconomic class. But she's yes. in a lecture now. Yeah, she's um, back in a philosophy class. <laughs> yeah, she's in the philosophy class. And they're basically like posing the idea of, like, why do people live in Devil's Square? And Jordana, what a name. Jordana's basically just like a bitch. And she's just like, uh, well, they're like, they're all criminals, so they could either just like stay there forever or they could leave and like go to jail. And Steph, actually having some real, like, good sense, is basically like, um, sometimes people can't move. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know how hard it is to happens, do that? What happens if you lived there? 
before it became Devil's Square? Um, like, where the fuck are you gonna go? Uh, <laughs> and then she gets, the, the teacher asks, why would anyone stay in a demilitarized zone? And Stephanie, in her mind, is like, it would be socially unacceptable to put your way out of this. <laughs> and so out loud, to make a joke out of it, just like, for the school, for the schools, <laughs> which I should say, Stephanie lived in Gotham during Cataclysm, during the Cataclysm in No Man's Land. Yes, she did. She one got pregnant during that event, uh, and yes, two, uh, hey, the world's falling apart. Might as well, <laughs> might as well hit raw. Frankly, I mean, she, I don't anticipate that these schools would have taught her sex ed. No, oh, you think Gotham? You think Gotham high schools are teaching? comprehensive sex education this is at the time when, like, in the 90s ha- we wouldn't have had access to the internet at the time that that story came out no like her family would not have owned a computer <laughs> god no like the only person she, she knows who owns a computer is tim who yes. she's not even really like they kind of know each other at that point yeah, but she's more like just like a plucky kind of sidekick that he's like really exasperated by. Yeah, because she keeps dating. getting herself into danger and he's like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> he keeps like showing up and he's like, oh, someone got kidnapped. Oh, it's Stephanie. He's like, God, <laughs> Stephanie, can you please? And she's like, I don't know. It's kind of sexy that you keep showing up to save me. He's like, this is fucking. I had like, and I'm already in handcuffs. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> the, uh, I redrew this panel uh, where she's like, She's like, I don't know, it's kind of exciting. He's like, there is a there is a warehouse full of killers looking for us. She's like, it's kind of hot, right? <laughs> Stop Listen, it! Ste- Stephanie Brown wants to jump his bones at all times. So <laughs> bad! So bad! No, it's The just... 93 Robin series, is, especially under Dixon, is just girls wanting to fuck Tim Drake and Tim going, no. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm... I'm good. We're we're not married because Chuck Dixon has this weird complex. About Tim's like a good. He's like a, I say good Christian boy, but it is established later that Tim's mother is Jewish. Uh, it's incredible! So, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's. I think it's in that the the Red Robin series. There's an arc with Azrael, uh, where uh, he's judging everyone for their sins, and Tim goes on this like long narration about his uh, his religious upbringing. Um, I oh. think it's that Janet – I want to say it says that Janet is Jewish uh, and his dad was never really particularly – I think it's that Janet Correct. is Jewish and uh, Jack is like a non-practicing Catholic. That tracks. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, that, that, super, that super tracks. Uh, speaking yeah, of Tim's like, Stephanie uh... Brown wanting <laughs> – because Stephanie Brown wanting to jump people's bones, uh, she meets a classmate who is absolutely gay. She does not know this. <laughs> Look at how high this man's collar is. <laughs> she, listen, Steph, as I was reading this, I was just like, oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie, your gay are so bad. You keep. Ooh, uh, right. And so he said, yeah, because even this line is like, hmm, what's with that? Oh. He's, sorry about Jordana. She's just a bitch this time of the month. She says, and which time is that? Like, the whole like the month? <laughs> which, I think that's hilarious, but also, hmm. Yeah, so she assumes that, like, he's dating Jordana. Absolutely not. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not the vibes. Nope. Uh, so we now cut to Babs. Babs is, like, talking to her. She's, like, a network of people around that, as Oracle, that give her information. She's trying to figure out what happened to that kid that got shot in Devil's Square. Yeah. Um she learns 
stuff by basically there's a hallucinogen hallucinogenic the kid was on drugs uh i personally don't really like that decision of a plot point mostly nope. because it's very like this kid had it coming yeah <laughs> but then it's of, like, it's later died. established that like these guys are like spike like spiking yeah. people's drinks and putting it yeah, in things people, people, people are, are kind there. of unwillingly taking this new drug uh because um, it's basically just scarecrow cast it is it's fear t- it's called thrill thrill <laughs> it's yeah different. um an important thing like that happens kick. here though is that uh the person speaking to oracle set calls oracle with like he him pronouns and bass is like i gotta do something about that <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> like a voice modulator. Obviously, she doesn't sound like herself for security yeah. and stuff. And so she's just like, oh, fuck, they think I'm a dude. Everyone thinks I'm some fucking guy. Which, I don't know. I feel like the name Oracle should probably be a tip off. It should, but uh, men are stupid and I don't respect them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wonderful fair. Audio. That's okay. So, I feel like you should know that that is an edit of a. <laughs> That the original quote there is, he does say women. No! <laughs> because he's doing, like, a parody of, like... Uh... Yeah. I only know the men is for stupid yeah, and yeah. I don't respect them. Yes. Uh, the next uh, line in that is, that's right, I just have sex with them. <laughs> oh, no! Uh, so, Stephanie asks an important question on the next page, which what is... Gotham what does Gotham harvest exactly? Well... Crime? 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 I mean, what do they harvest in New Jersey? Because uh, that is where Gotham is. So, somebody cross-reference that. What are, what are things they harvest in New Jersey? Oh, God. I... <laughs> Jordana comes over... With hammer. the best... The best phonetic drunk speech I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Maybe you should watch out. She talks like Ric Flair. Like, oh, it's you, Miss Free Will and everything. Hey, are you are you poor? Are you poor or something? Or something? <laughs> are you fucking poor? Um, uh, my note for that is we live in Gotham. Party, yeah, this is a college party. These are college freshmen. Um, she asks Stephanie if they are if she is poor. My note here is we live in Gotham, so yes. Also, you go to. Gotham University. This is not a prestigious college. This no, is just like Stephanie describes it later as being a hole. Like, Jordana, if you have money, why are you here? Why didn't you go to Metropolis for school? Why it's just across the to... river. <laughs> We're getting like anywhere else. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jordana is hopped up on thrill. Uh, and Somebody spikes the punch. Yeah, she throws the bowl and passes out. Uh... Stephanie chases some dudes in the, uh, in the, she chases some dudes. Uh, really good narration on this page, too, where she says, fight or flight, I choose fight. And goes after them. And Oracle then, shows up in her ear at one point. Yeah, Oracle's like, hey, BT Dubs, I installed all the tech in this suit. Uh, by the way, did you wash the suit? <laughs> and Stephanie goes, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's, let's say that I did. Oh, but she obviously didn't. Which she very clearly did not. No, it just so happens that her and Cassandra are the exact same size. Also, important, uh, they start drawing parallels of, like, Babs and Steph are really similar people. And one of the ways they do that is that 
uh, Steph mentions that these people like crashed the Harvest Festival, and Babs immediately goes, "What does, does go the Harvest, harvest anyway?" Yes, yeah, they do this a lot with them, where one of them will be doing something, and then later the other will do the same thing. Oh, it's great! I love it. Like every uh, time, because they also do the same parallels between their relationships with the other former Robins, yes. which I'm sure we will with get to later. The present Ro- was they do it with her, Stephanie's relationship with Damien and uh, Barbara's relationship with Dick. And then they also do it with uh, with Stephanie's As relationship the exes, with yeah. right, yeah, the, the, with the exes, um, kind of present and past weird things. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they want to chase down Scarecrow. They don't know it's Scarecrow yet. Yeah, they're just trying to figure out like who who is responsible. Stephanie goes. So Stephanie and Barbara go to the Batcave, which is nobody's using it right now. Tim's out of the country, uh, and Dick and Damien have moved into the Bat Bunker. Uh, and Alfred is currently flying a plane with the from outsiders. Space, with the outsiders in it. In space with the outsiders in it. The outsiders do not speak. Yeah. Uh, like, I've never been so happy to see Geoforce. <laughs> like, oh shit, yeah. it's Brion and, and uh, Black Lightning and Metamorpho. Cool. Yeah. Just, just hanging out. Just, um, you know, in space. <laughs> in space. And so then they're in the Batcave, and this part uh, is brutal to me. Um, so one thing that, like, I noticed a lot in this whole book is uh, another bit of context about me. I am a software engineer. I work in the games industry. Yeah. Um, I relate a lot to a lot of the shit that happens in this book because just, like, the super casual double standard sexism that happens to Stephanie Brown, this entire run is very real, mostly as a, like, she could do something identical to one of the dudes and she would get shit for it and the dudes never would. Yes. And... This, to me, is a really good example of, like, what happens a lot of times in the workplace with women where they can sometimes basically, like, fight each other because the patriarchy is so strong and being, like, feminine or being a woman is so, like, against the grain and so demonized that, like, women will attack femininity in other women and try to tear them down when they should be allies. And this scene is, like, the perfect example of that because, like... Barbara should be understanding of Steph in that, like, they both put on a costume to help make things better, and both of them got their shit rocked by, like, one creepy creepy man. Like, one fucked up dude. Because it wasn't that Steph got, like, attacked by a bunch of people. She got attacked by Black Mask, specifically. And Barbara got attacked by the Joker, specifically. Right. And it was... Like, they should be allies at this point, but Barbara will not let up, and she does this brutal thing of they go to the costume displays. Which, by the way, Stephanie doesn't Steph have one. doesn't have one. And Which bothered they, me. <laughs> me too. And they go through it, and Barbara is saying, uh, well, because Steph notices that there's a Batgirl costume, she's like, you must be honored, Barbara, to have a Batgirl costume in here. And Babs is like, no, uh, you shouldn't, I'm, I'm not like, honored, because nothing good comes from those cases. The only way you get a costume in one of those cases, and this is a quote, the only way to get a costume in one of those cases is by retiring, that one's Dick, being murdered, that one's Jason, becoming someone else, that Tim. one's Tim, or being shot, and that one is Barbara. See, the thing, though... Is that Stephanie is that fits, like, three of these descriptions. She was murdered, she was shot. She and did she become someone did else. She did become someone else. And she doesn't get a goddamn costume. I Tim will say... Tim gets a costume for retiring. Tim gets a costume for being sad. 
Yeah, which... That doesn't get a costume for death. Which, to be... To remember, Bruce is dead when Tim stops being Robin. Quote-unquote dead. Yeah. Dick put that there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do want think it's worth mentioning, because uh, I thought about it. I, I wrote down, Stephanie never got a case there. But then I remembered uh, in Red Rock... Or in Teen Titans, uh, mm-hmm. during the plot where Tim is trying to clone Connor after Connor mm-hmm. dies, which, huh, I didn't pick up on that. I somehow didn't pick up on the subtext there. Uh, you did? Oh. Well, well, because my my brain went, well, yeah, it makes sense to try to clone the clone. <laughs> like you cut, you cut out there for a second. Your brain went, uh, it makes sense to clone the clone. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, because well, th- there are three cases in Tim's little cave under Titan's Tower, which are the clothes that his parents were killed in, and Stephanie's costume. God. Yeah, and that's Tim, obviously. Yeah. But like, like this, Dick is not in this. He doesn't. Dick doesn't live here. This is not his base. This yeah. was Bruce's. And like, Steph's been dead for literally at at the okay. Timelines in comics can be weird. She is dead for at the very minimum one year because there is an in canon thing. There's an in canon one year time like, skip. Stephanie like, dies in War Games, and then... Which is before Infinite Crisis. Right, and then Infinite and Crisis happens, they skip a full year. It is a plot point for every comic that they skipped a year. Uh, and, and then she comes back a little after that. So it's anywhere between a year and two years. She's been dead. Yes. And she and, never got a costume in the case. Yep. They didn't even put the spoil. Like, I get if, if Bruce doesn't want to put the Robin suit in there. Uh... He could put the spoiler suit in there. They yeah, had it. Yeah, he could. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, and oh, and so Barbara is. She also has this like, little bit of narration where she then says, "And just like that, I suddenly realized I'm trying to break her on purpose, and so does she." Yeah, and like they play with this angle where Barbara is kind of jealous of Stephanie. Um, mm-hmm. She says, "Am I concerned Stephanie's wearing that bat on her chest, or just jealous? Either way, I'll have to sort it out later." Um, and she's like, look, he's – the gangbanger we're looking for uh, is being transferred downtown. I've got it from here. Uh, if you don't start playing along, I'm going to call your mom. Which is so fucking brutal. Yep. Uh, the So St. Nick is overseeing the transfer of this dude. Uh, and then they get hit with fucking scarecrow gas. Yep. Uh, and the thug gets away. Big scarecrow villain reveal. I love this art on scarecrow. By the way, I think he looks great. He yeah. looks he looks terrifying. He's very scary in this comic. He's he's quite spooky. Uh, and then yeah, we get a we get that third Noto cover. Uh, of, also great. Yeah, of Stephanie. Like they do a really good job of hiding who this is. Um. Because it's very clearly at this point, if you're just looking at solicits, it's very clearly not Cassandra. Yeah. Um, the only hint that you get that this might be Stephanie is that you see a little bit of her eyebrow. Also, her eyes are purple. Yes, which again is to hide it, because uh, Stephanie's yeah. eyes are sometimes bl- it's blue, sometimes green. But also, anytime you see the color purple and it's a back book, it's Stephanie. Stephanie, yes. She is... Like- Every you can really associate all of them with a different color. Uh, Dick is blue. Jason a is red. A couple have overlaps. A couple have overlaps. Uh, like 
because Jason and Tim, I think, are both associated with red. Yeah, they're both red. Um, Damien, I'd say, is more associated with green, but Stephanie is definitely purple. Also, Batwoman also gets red. Yes. There's a lot of red. A lot of red in there. Uh, I mean, Huntress is also purple. Oh, I forgot about... Forget about... Everyone forgets about about Helena. I forgot about Helena. Remember when they retconned it so that Helena was was actually Helena Wayne from another timeline? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Early New 52 is a mess. She is one of the best parts of the Birds of Prey movie, though. I've heard that. I've heard that. Just incredible. incredible in that movie. Um, So, we get more narration from Steph, where she's basically like, I'm seeing something through without quitting, and that's, like, important for me to do. Yeah. Uh, and seeing something through is uh, going to fight Scarecrow. Going to fight, yeah, going to fight the Scarecrow. Um, Barbara, again, very passive-aggressive with her here. She's like, hey, uh, open the fourth compartment on Cassandra's utility belt. Yep. He doesn't say on your utility belt, she says on Cassandra's. Also, this suit is so fucked at this point. Oh, yeah. She, a, a cool thing that they have been doing that we haven't mentioned before is I've mentioned that, like, they're com- like Steph complains that she doesn't know how to sew. Every time she gets hit, like, and it tears the suit, it doesn't get fixed. So, of yeah. course, the three issues, like, it's falling apart. Like, it still has a gash on, like, the thigh where she got shot by, like, the dude that says had the thug tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the cape is in kind of tatters. She's missing the mouth cover so we can see her face now. Like, it's a very cool look on this suit. I think the tattered cape really rules. And I think the tattered cape rules because it reminds me of Hope. Mm. Uh, So she's got like this this fear grass workaround. Uh, They're like, all right, this will certainly work. Uh, So Scarecrow makes his dudes fight each other. Stephanie tries to bust in. um, And she she comes face to face with Scarecrow. And, uh, He's like a foot taller than her. Yeah, it's never dawned on me like how short Stephanie should be. She's probably like five six. Probably. Uh, Scarecrow's probably like six three, so he's just towering over her. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "Oh, just you then?" And then she knees him at the throat and says, "Yeah, just little old me." Just little old me. Uh, and uh. Then Scarecrow hits her with some more, some more gas, and we get. I, I thought about. I think about this page a lot. Um, Stephanie gets kicked down a flight of stairs, uh, which and, is in parallel to her getting the shit kicked out of her by Black Mask. I reread that part of War Games earlier today. Okay. Um, when she's trying to escape Black Mask after he's tortured her a bunch, and she like gets out of her cuffs, she tries to fight him to get out. And one of the big, like, damage-dealing injuries is that he literally, just like this, it's not the exact panel layout, but, like, he Spartan kicks her down a flight of stairs. And that's, like, the thing that gets her kind of down for the count, and then he shoots her in the shoulder. Yeah. So, like, it's... I remember I was reading this, and I was like, oh, no, Steph, not the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. the, the fear gas starts to kick in, and she looks up the stairs, and in Scarecrow's place, she sees Tim. Which is uh, horrifying. Yeah, that her two biggest fears, because on the next page, uh, Tim turns into herself. Her two big fears are that Tim thinks that she's not good enough, uh, and that she, on some level, she agrees with that. Um, oh, yeah. 
So she, I will say, the thing that she hears Tim saying in her mind is, you're not good enough, Steph, and you never will be. When are you going to get that through your thick head? You weren't a good enough hero to save the city. Hell, you weren't even good enough at being a girlfriend to keep me from leaving. You might as well just lay down and die. Tim and Stephanie never... This is, it's like a weird, kind of hoping you forget thing with them. Uh, mm-hmm. They never really got back together when she came back. No, they didn't. It like was they, like a, like they made out at the reunion where he was just like, oh my god, you're alive. He's so happy to see her. her that he scoops her up into his arms and kisses her. Um, yeah. But he's like kind of flirting with one of his classmates. He's, and they're he's not dating her dating. at that point. He's dating Zoanne Wilkins. Uh, oh, right. My he right, goes right. on a date with her and falls asleep on a roller coaster. It's hilarious. Because um, <laughs> Tim, Tim Drake has fucking narcolepsy. That's poor boy. He sleeps <laughs> two hours a night. No wonder he's narcolepsy. Yeah. Um, he falls asleep on a roller coaster on a date with Zoanne Wilkins. And I know that he is... He, at the very least, sees Zoanne as his girlfriend. Because in Robin issue 183, which is burned into my brain, Tim refers to Zoanne Wilkins as the girl who is who is supposed to be his girlfriend, who he hasn't been able to make time for and never will. So he breaks up with her on the phone that night. That is uh, not the only person that he's dated that he's had to do. He he also does this with, oh, he doesn't really do it with Ariana. He's going to break up with Ariana. uh, So he can, because he realizes he has feelings for Stephanie. uh, And then uh, she beats him to it. He goes, oh, cool. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Like, guys. Yeah. And um, then we see Ariana one time after that and never again. Shout out to yeah. her. So they weren't dating after she came back. But another thing in our recap that we didn't actually mention yet. Um, so Steph, come, quote unquote, comes back from the dead. This is before she's Batgirl. Uh, she's just being spoiler at that point. Um, and at some point, Batman, who is kind of losing his mind. Uh, this is around the Batman R.I.P. era where he's like going crazy. And he's Batmite all the time. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, He's kind of losing his mind. He's like, Steph, I think something bad is going to happen to me. I have these, like, feelings of doom. I'm probably going to die soon. Um, And I'm really worried about Tim because I don't think he'll be able to handle life if I'm not around. And so I need you to make him stronger, and I need you to do whatever it takes to make him stronger because, like, I love him and you love him, and, like, he needs to, like, survive and be alive. So Steph... Does a standard Steph move where she tries really hard to make a situation better and accidentally a gang war happens. <laughs> the fact that she does this twice is really <laughs> The funny. second time. Granted, she doesn't start the second gang war. She does start the first one. She doesn't start the second gang war, but she does make it a little bit more confusing. Yes. So basically what she does is she, like, steals some money that uh, Robin was, like, paying off uh, the penguin with. She steals the money out from under the penguin, uses it to pay a bunch of different uh, bad guys to like go target Robin, but she has very clear stipulations that she wants them to use rubber bullets, not harm civilians. Like She's just trying to like make him run a gamut, basically, but it happens at the exact same time that the general starts a gang war. And the general, the- Ulysses Hadrian Armstrong, who is Tim's yes. arch nemesis. Yes, uh, who's dressed up as Anarchy at one point. Uh, <laughs> also steals the Red Robin costume from Jason. Yeah, Which is how Tim it. gets it, because he takes it from him. 
Yeah, it's it's a wonderful transfer of costumes. It's the sisterhood of the traveling Red Robin costume. <laughs> Obi Wan. Uh, Brotherhood of the Traveling Red Robin costume. Jason <laughs> takes it on an interdimensional, like, 52-universe multiversal jaunt with Donna Troy. Comes back, throws it in a dumpster. Ulysses Hadrian Armstrong finds it in the dumpster, wears it for a little while, and then Tim takes it. Tim's just like, oh, cool. I'll... Also gets his hair burned off at some point. It's a lot. Yeah, so at, at the point where, like, Steph is trying to convince Armstrong to, like, do the, like, I'm gonna pay you money and you go, like, fight Robin thing, uh... Armstrong shoots her, and uh, she escapes, and Tim, like, tracks where she had been to the hideout. The hideout has been rigged to explode. Steph has nothing to do with this. She got betrayed. But right. the hideout's rigged to explode, and uh, Tim suffers, like, really severe burns that burns off, like, hair on, like, the back of his head. But it's, like, really gross. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like a really severe burn all over, like, the back of his head. Yeah, it's so... gnarly. It's really gross. So... That's also why he starts wearing, like, the cowl instead yeah. of, like, the domino mask. Is like, a because his hair's, like, for protection for his body. Anyway, but, like, it's kind of, pun intended, burned into his brain that, like... This happened because of Stephanie. Yeah, even though it didn't really, it still kind of did. And he basically is like, I can't trust you anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Also, Tim like, doesn't really trust anybody, and everyone thinks he's insane. Oh, he is actively being paranoid. Uh, he does not believe that Bruce Wayne is dead because he saw a portrait of a descendant of the, uh, just, uh, like an ancestor, an ancestor of the Wayne family that looks exactly like Bruce. And he looks it just clicks like, in his head. Like Bruce is alive. And the, the funny thing like, is that he is correct. <laughs> he's goddamn right. <laughs> he's the only, like he tries telling Cassandra at Bruce's grave, like, Hey, Bruce is alive. And she's like, fuck it. I, when I say Cassandra, I mean Cassie Sandsmark, yeah, uh, Wonder yeah. Girl. Uh, he's a... <laughs> and hey. she's like, buddy, grief is hard. She's like, hey, look, last time you grieved, you and I started doing it. So I get it. But uh, <laughs> Tim, and Cass- Tim and Cassie dating is one of the funniest things that's, I it's think is ever It's my favorite thing. Because it's two people who've had their lives absolutely destroyed, making an even worse decision than all the decisions they made that day. And there's like a lot of bad decisions they had made that day. And they just, it's, it's like, it's a sunk cost fallacy. It's like, you know what? Why make, start making good decisions now? Yeah. Why not just lean in? Uh, somebody said that Tim and Cassandra making out in the, uh, in the goo. The clone goo? In the clone goo is, uh, it's like Connor's last wish with a particularly cruel genie was for a threesome. Uh, anyway, yeah. back to the book at so, hand. <laughs> but uh, we mentioned this because, like, this is like the weird, like, psychic fear gas ghost of Tim, like, taunting Steph. And she, there's, like, a reason that she's being all self conscious about this. And that's because, like, she did accidentally start a gang war. Well, she was kind of accidentally part of a gang war again, and, like, he got real bad at her. And he doesn't want to talk to her anymore. And then when so, she like, tracks him down, when he starts being Red Robin, he like he kicks her in the he kicks, stomach. He kicks her in the stomach and is like, "I better not see you in that costume again." And leaves. Yeah, kicks her in the stomach so hard she's like, "I'm gonna puke." <laughs> yeah, she kicks her hard as shit, like for no yeah. fucking reason. What's his problem? <laughs> he uh, has many problems. Yeah, he's so got a lot. She, she's getting her shit rocked. But yeah, and uh. Scarecrow's gonna kill her, and she thinks about she thinks about Barbara. She thinks about the guy pointing the gun at her, and she thinks about her mom. And her mom, in her memory, says, "You can be anyone you want to be." And she she says, "I am 
who I choose to be. And at that exact moment, Barbara yells, Batgirl, wake up! And her eye shoots open, and she breaks Scarecrow's leg? It's incredible. <laughs> like, she at grabs the ankle? boot and just twists. <laughs> this big uh, snap. It's so satisfying. Yeah. It's so satisfying. And she says, I'm just going to read this here. She says, a guy asked me a question the other day about why people run when things get tough. That's easy. You can become someone else wherever you land, right? Who's going to know the difference? So why stay? Why set yourself up for more failure, for more pain? Also easy, because we don't know how to do anything else. So why stay? Why open yourself up to all the bad you've tried to leave behind? The only variable you can control is yourself. You can forget who you are or you can be who you want to be. That's why you stay. You stay for a second chance. But if you stay, you're forced to face yourself. Uh, no one is brave enough to face who they really are. Oh, no, that's what that's what Scarecrow says. Is oh, yeah. You stay, Scarecrow's face- like, nobody. Nobody's, nobody no can one is face themselves. brave enough to face who they really are. And she says, I am. And he says, who, uh, who, who might that be? She says, I'm Batgirl. And kicks him in the face. Uh, and... Uh, Babs is so proud. Yeah, Babs is proud. Uh, St. Nick barges in. He says, nobody move. Hands on your head. He says, eh, no. <laughs> Throws a battering at a tank and disappears. Pieces uh, out. Yep. Well, also because her mask is, like, really torn up at this point. Yes, so, like, yeah. She, she you can see her entire face. <laughs> like, she gotta get out of here. Um. So, uh, come back to the Brown residence. Stephanie. Waffle count four. Waffle count is at four. Uh, Stephanie is making breakfast for her mom, and, uh, she, uh, you know, hey, night's over. We, we see a shot of a, of a GCPD car. It says, thanks for not shooting me. Love, Santa's little helper. And she drew a little... written in lipstick. Yes, a heart with bat wings. Like, Stephanie, please, I am begging you to Stephanie, not fuck I'm this cop. Do not fuck this cop. And I do this to yourself. <laughs> Do not rebound into the arms of this police officer. <laughs> Detective Nicholas Gage. Nick fucking Gage. Saint Nick. Oh my god. Uh, so, uh, Barbara talks to Wendy for a second. She's like, hey, I'm always available if you need to talk. And she's like, yeah. He's only there for like five seconds. Yeah, because she's like, I gotta go to work. Because Barbara is now Stephanie's new computer science assistant professor. Um, they Which make I a, love. yes, uh, it gives them a convenient excuse to be around each other, uh, which is nice. Um, Stephanie and Barbara make a vow to each other in the Batcave, uh, or more accurately, Barbara makes a vow to Stephanie. Yeah. It says, I pledge to you, Stephanie Brown, my guidance, support for as long as you want it. When you go out at night, you won't be alone. She's like, I've got your back too. Neither of us is alone in this. And uh, Barbara, costume reveal. Yeah, the the big costume reveal. I love Stephanie's Batgirl costume. I love this costume. Uh, Are and you I love, aware of the controversy around the thigh pouch? I am not. Is it that people thought it felt too life held? <laughs> people thought it was dumb, and people like wrote in a bunch of letters to the editor about the thought. This is mentioned in, I either read an interview or it's in one of like the end of issue letter things in like Mm -hmm. a later physical issue. I don't remember, but like it was written by like 
uh, like the creative team answered this, and they're just like, "We got a lot of comments, like a lot Here's about the thigh pouch." Stephanie would absolutely wear a thigh pouch. That's the thing. absolutely. But also, so because they got so many comments in the either penultimate or final issue, they she gets into a fight and she loses it, like it falls off, and a villain, like a thug, picks it up and looks inside and says, "Maybe there's something useful." And looks inside and is like, "Wait a second, it's empty." And it's been revealed that there's nothing in the thigh pouch, and there never has been. <laughs> that Stephanie has been wearing this thigh pouch this whole time for for, for for the look, for the which look. is a very her thing to do. For the fit, like it's this... an incredibly her thing to do. But yeah, there's nothing in the thigh pouch. She never takes it. <laughs> you never see her take anything out of it. There's nothing in the thigh pouch. <laughs> That's incredible. She does it for commitment to the bit. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, it's got purple and it's got yellow, which like matches her hair. And the, the also she's got the purple interior of the cape, which later they give to Batman. Yes, yeah, they do. <laughs> in, in the Tom King run, in the in, Tom King in the, the Batman costume, where the interior of the cape is purple, and people fucking loved it. And I was like, you stole that. You stole this from Stephanie. <laughs> well, it's like how uh, the um, I think you and I have talked about this. The Nightwing costume for New Fifty Two originally the black and red. It's just yeah. Tim's alternate costume, the Marcus Toe design, that he didn't get to use that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more like the Nightwing costume, but with, like, a palette swap. So it is red, but it gives very similar vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, God, I do love the Marcus Toe costume. But it's yeah. just, it, I love Steph's costume. It's so, it's so good. And uh, it's, like, it's It's so good. That it's distinct. It's so good that they, when they brought her back to be spoiler again, her spoiler costume is this with a hood. Yeah. Yeah, it's this with the original spoiler mask instead of the bat ears. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's literally and just And the, the bat is purple they, instead. Yeah, the pouches are not yellow because yeah. the pouches are, like, the yellow pouches is very much a look. Also, like, the, I do love that the main utility belt is, like, at an angle. Sometimes yes. they draw it where there's, like, a secondary belt that actually holds it up, which explains how it's not falling off of her at all times. And sometimes they forget to draw that part. But it's, like... It's like a sassy angle. I love it. <laughs> yeah, which is, again, very her. Like, they really, really... That's the important thing with a superhero costume, is it also has to, like... When you're designing a character, you want to get the vibe of the character from how they're dressed. Oh. Um, and so, Stephanie's Batgirl costume is perfect for her. It's so good. Uh, it's, just, oh, it's, it's so good. I love it. Uh, um, I, this next issue has an incredible Noto cover. Yes, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I'm saying it's uh, so good, but it is. Like, seriously, listeners, look Noto up all these covers. Yes, absolutely. Um, Stephanie asks Barbara, hey, did you put an iPad, iPod jack in this suit yet? And Barbara just stares at her and goes, I suppose you'll just have to hum. It's incredible. Also, wait, did we miss any? No, we did not miss waffles. I we saw them all, so I had yeah. I had to check. I had uh, to check. Um, but oh my goodness, it's oh. Uh, at one point, Steph says, "You know me. I'll sleep when I'm dead." Which, <laughs> which is hmm. just a mood. <laughs> but also, ooh, sweetie. Yeah, you know, person who is legally dead for a while, maybe don't joke about dying. Thanks. It, it alarms the people who care about you. Uh, she gives these dudes like a, a drop kick off the side of a building. 
before she does that, they are discussing with each other, like, tech stuff and the sense of, like, home entertainment things. And one of them is talking about how, oh, my God, you've only got 720. You've got to really upgrade to 1080. And wow, 2009. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah, it <laughs> runs, at, se- right it runs it. at 720. Don't matter. You don't get the true experience unless you get the 1080. Can't beat that image. Jumps right out at you. Instead of goes like this and drop kicks the them. Um, and then she tries to catch them and grapples them uh, into the middle of Gotham Square. And there is a tour through Gotham City. Uh, sightseeing. A Bat Family sightseeing tour. Yes. Hey, you might. Double-decker buses with the open top. Yeah, you might see Batman tonight. And it's like, no, it's Batgirl. And Stephanie lands on this. <laughs> lands right on the. Right on the top. Ass to camera. Ass right to camera. Like, people are t- taking pictures of her, and her ass is just, like, she lands face down, ass fully up. Which, just, normally, I would be, like, very opposed to this kind of thing in a comic book from, like, the sexualized perspective. No, no, no. This it's is very funny. You're Steph. This, this is, is you're Steph. <laughs> it's there for humor, not for titillation. So it's different. Oh, yeah. And especially because it's, like, a really small panel. It's not, like, it's not, like, super... It's not a splash page. Like, the focus is the fact that she's, like, made a fool of herself. Yes, the the focus is that she has totally embarrassed herself. And Um, this cute little girl comes over and is, like... Keep up the good... I, I think, think you're, you're really awesome. cool. Yeah, I think you're freaking great, Batgirl. I I would love for this to retroactively be Tiffany Fox. I think that would be very funny. Oh my god, that would be very funny. So this girl comes back a lot, yes. by the way. Um, she shows up, like, anytime you need, like, a kid just in a crowd, this child is there. Uh, I should add, uh, on the, the Tiffany Fox mention, I don't know if we'll get too into that, but uh, Tam Fox is a recurring character in Red Robin, uh, yes. and it's very good. Oh, yeah. uh, that, remember when she was a character? Remember when, before they decided that Tiffany was just going to eat her lunch? <laughs> They're like, there are too many, there are too many foxes. All of them have very similar names. Let's yeah, just Tim, Tam, names. Tiffany, and Luke. <laughs> and Lucius. Well, yeah, yeah. Lucius is uh, Luke is Lucius Junior. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that. I think. I might be wrong that. Would that. Tra- that tracks. Yeah. Other names are similar. I forget how many Fox. I want to say there's four. Well, there are, I believe you. Um, oh, and th- th- there's another one now because he's the next Batman. Yeah, Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tim Fox. I don't know his name. Okay. Uh, so the, um, uh. So there's a blackout then, all of a yeah, sudden. She's, that, like, talking to this girl, and then, like, every single light goes out all of a sudden. Yeah, she said, hey, that's pretty bad. Uh, Jim and St. Nick are, uh, you know, kind of walking through. They're like, man, everything sucks over here. Still, everything's still out. Uh, I'm surprised you guys don't have a gas generator keeping this place, place bright and cheery. He's like, yeah, well, at my daughter's behest, we went green. Barbara <laughs> strong-armed Jim Gordon into making everything more energy Dude, efficient. In 2009. Yeah, in 2009. We stand. Queen. Good job, Barbara Gordon. Um, But she gets called in by Leslie to go to Leslie Tompkins' clinic. Um, And it's because Wendy, wonder twin Wendy, Wendy Harris, uh, has broken into the physical therapy room and is forcing herself to do, like, physical therapy on her legs by candlelight. How this girl lit these candles, I do not know. Unclear. (laughs) 
they're on the floor, like, very, like, I don't know how that's wheelchair accessible. But she's, like, struggling, and she's trying, and Leslie's like, listen, this girl needs fucking help. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, this girl, this she's probably having... not going to walk again. Like, this is not, this is not a fixable problem. She's deluding herself. Yeah, she was mauled by a hellhound. Yes! A hellhound sent by Ares, the literal god of war. Uh, like, Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie chases down a guy who is, who stole a purse. Fucking love this part. <laughs> and she swing kicks him into a barrel on fire. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, ah, a little, a little bit of aloe there, you'll be all good. And then she checks to see who's, <laughs> whose purse it is. It's her mom's. And the best quote that's ever happened. So they're outside of Caroline's diner. Remember, the only diner in Gotham City. And her mother says, explain to me again how I got mugged in front of a cop restaurant. Do tell. All I wanted was a cup of coffee and the mugger took that too. And it was like, all right, Ms. Brown, what did the purse look like? And then <laughs> Stephanie whips the purse across the street. <laughs> like it, it hits the wall with a whap. So, <laughs> and Mrs. Brown's like, uh, that? But this is where in my notes I literally wrote down Mrs. Brown said a cab. <laughs> She's like, God, you guys are fucking useless. Which I'm sure she knows because her husband is a serial criminal. <laughs> Who has broken out of jail. Who breaks out of jail constantly. <laughs> he is breaking out of Blackgate on like a, you could set your watch to it. It's a revolving door. Every, especially in the 90s, I swear to God, like, every every year or so, it's like, by the way, Clue Master's out. It's yeah. Like, yeah, because Tim's Rogue Gallery uh, in the 90s, it's like the Clue Master, uh, the Our General. Uh, Anarchy. Anarchy. Uh, Maxi Zeus. Oh my God, I forgot about Maxi Zeus. Maxi Zeus rules. <sighs> uh, and, um... He gets Scarab later. Yeah, he gets Scarab later. Uh, but yeah, the Clue Master is constantly breaking out of prison. Um, All the time. All the time. So Mrs. Brown is very like, I'm sorry, I went to go get coffee at this diner that is only ever occupied by uniformed GCPD. I walk outside, I get mugged, and no one helps me. So they, they go out. We got to Jim and St. Nick hanging out at the, uh, I say hanging out like they're just, you know, shooting the shit. They're at the, um, they're at the, uh, at Monarch Meadows where the Gotham Monarchs play baseball. Gotham, for a city as poor as it is, has like, so uh, they have a, a sports team in all four major sports. Oh yeah, football's the Gotham Knights, right? The, the, I think that's also the basketball team. It's unclear. I know there's a basketball uh, team, a hockey team, a football team. And I think the Gotham Knights are football in Tom King's run. That doesn't mean that that doesn't... Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's interchangeable. Different writers will call them different It's also never teams. consistent yes. as to which sports are... Like, there are a couple of, like, words that they use for the sports teams in Gotham, and, like, they're not always right. Yeah, let's see. I'm checking. Uh, there is the Gotham Knights and the Gotham Griffins are the basketball team. Are their basketball teams, I guess. The Gotham Guardsmen. The Gotham Wildcats. The Gotham Blades. And the, uh, in the movie, it's the Gotham, in, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, it's the Gotham Rogues. 
And then there is oh, possibly an additional basketball team called the Gotham Gators. I could have sworn Gotham Knights was the football team of the Tom King Batman, but then again, he kind of did what he wanted in that book, so he could have yep. just been like, nope, they're the Gotham Knights. Yep, I'm he, Tom King. I'm writing this. I used to pee. I used to work for the FBI. What? Uh, and there is like, a Gotham Knights like football team. Run. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, there is a Gotham That's Knights football good. team that appears in the DC uh, AU, uh, so in the uh, TV show. That would that would explain that. But anyway, they're in a, they're in a baseball stadium, and they make a they make a joke about how well at least the monarchs like didn't switch to green energy because all the lights are on. Yeah. And there's uh, no one there either. It's like all no. Like, I think they turned baseball. the lights on, but there's a there's a gas generator, so they just mm. turned it on. Um, there's a corpse out there uh, where a dude was a dude fell and was bounced off the light grid. Uh, Extra crispy. That's fried. Uh, what uh, Barbara and tries he used to, talk... to work at the power station. Yeah, and they're like, "Huh, that's that's weird. That's suspicious." Uh, Barbara is trying to talk some sense into Wendy, who also says, "I'll sleep when I'm dead." Uh, and when she's talking sense into her, she's also like, "Listen, like, you're not going to be able to." this sweetie yeah this shit is gonna suck and it's just it's an adjustment but you can she's trying to tell her like look you can live like a really fulfilling life okay you're not alone uh and not if you don't want to be which is nice barbara is again everybody's big sister yeah she's gotten over the nihilism the nihilism yeah stephanie stephanie brown has an effect on She's like, hope Stephanie the Brown's person. relentless positivity has cured the nihilism in Barbara Gordon's heart. Um, so um, we find do, the culprit. They do very, very lovingly render the detail of Wendy Harris's ass. Which yeah, she, I was going to gloss over know. that because it felt weird to say, but yeah, they go. They did not. I noticed. <laughs> Wendy is triple cheeked up here. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's a very Where emotional I, scene, and it's like, by the way. <laughs> Look at the shape of her ass. Oh my god, that was in my notes, which is why. <laughs> but, uh, we find out the reason for the blackout is surprise, Livewire. Who knows? I have a note about live. I have a note about this. Go for it. Uh, it is simply, I can fix Livewire, <laughs> or she can make me worse. I don't know. Um. So. Oh my god. The best part is that there's this hilariously weird exchange where Batgirl, like, swings in because she sees the light from afar and she's, like, going to do something. She sees St. Nick. She waves and she goes, hey, you, and Gordon. I think about this page every day of my life. He goes, hey, you, (laughs) and St. Nick is like, no one raises an eyebrow when you talk to Batman. And Gordon says, I'm pretty sure sure Batman's legal legal detective. detective. Because they have no fucking clue how old Stephanie is. no idea. It's absolutely no clue. But I think see her full face, and she's also nineteen. So yeah. that's like really not far away from being not legal. Yeah. Uh, but this, I think about this page every single day. Not even joking. I love this page so much. She says because she swings by, waves at Nick. Hey, you! And he, and Gordon looks so disappointed in him. <laughs> It's like, God, 
God damn it, Nick. What are you doing? I'm trying to set you up with my daughter. What are you... My daughter who's in her 30s. My daughter... Not this child. Okay, so how old do you think Barbara is? I know it's... I know it's pointless to talk about the ages of Batman characters especially, but Barbara's definitely like 30, right? Yeah, she's older than Dick. Yeah, um, Dick, I'd say, is like 27, 28 here. So Barbara's yeah, at yeah. youngest 30. I, I'd shoot for like 30, 31 mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, okay. Like... I... In my head, Dick is always maybe seven, seven or eight years older than Tim, who is supposed mm-hmm. to be, who should be eighteen, but they say that he's seventeen here, which doesn't add up, but whatever. But yeah, Dick in my mind is twenty six, twenty seven here. Yeah, then that that would track for me to say that like Babs is like thirty. Babs is at oldest thirty. I'd say she's maybe t- like twenty nine. Yeah, which is fine for that, and we're totally guessing at the age of. St. Nick, because I googled how long it takes to be a detective, and it takes about five to eight years, because I was horrified by this age gap. I googled this shit, because I was so horrified, because Steph is explicitly 19. Yes. Yeah, they say it later, but she's she's about 19. Like, she is 19, and, and, like, listen, Steph is not doing anything wrong with flirting with this dude. I mean, she's making a bad choice, but it's not immoral. It's just, like, listen, everyone's 19 at some point in their lives, and they're just like, you know what? Make bad decisions when you're 19. That's, but this man should know experience. better. Well, I mean, he's not flirting back. No, he's not, but he's also like... He's not you He's not discouraging Gordon? her. No, except he really should be like, uh, this is, like, weird and inappropriate. Which is why Gordon's like, excuse me. <laughs> Jim's like, can I fucking write him up for this? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so Steph fights Livewire, uh, and then Livewire is like, you're fast. But you're uh, she's a sweetie. You might be quick, but you're not faster than lightning. And it's like, huh? Suits insulated, huh? Yeah, like Steph just stands there. It's this hilarious like b- bunch of panels where like not really much changes except for the look on Livewire's face and the look on Steph's face as she's like holding her arms up like she's gonna get electrocuted, and she's like very electrocuted. Her hair's all curly, and at the end she's just fine. And Livewire's like, yeah. Suits insulated. Suits insulated, huh? She's like, yeah, every night, and apparently every night's a new adventure, you know? You're gonna punch me now? That shouldn't come as much of a shock. <laughs> Barbara's like, you, what is with you? <laughs> Barbara's like, you said that? You, you, you said that out loud? Said it? <laughs> uh, and she um, says, I uh, do love the running commentary that these two cannot keep their internal monologue. Yes! Internal. The, 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 <laughs> and they call calling, each other on it later. They call like, each other on issues. it? And Tim calls Stephanie on it. He says, it's uh, incredible. Like, oh, she says something, and Tim says, you realize that's not your head voice, right? And she was like, yeah, I did that intentionally. I can do things on purpose, you know? Like, it's, they have each other's backs in the sense of, like, sometimes they'll say something, they'll be like, you are talking out loud. Do you know? Are you aware? Are you aware that uh, you are speaking out loud, that other people can't hear you? Mm-hmm. Um... Also, Waffle Count 5. Uh, oh, yeah. If we go back to the Brown Residence, we're at 5 for Waffle yes, Count. Yes, 5 at, uh, at Stephanie's house as we enter issue 5. Oh, also, the line, that shouldn't come as much of a shock, I literally wrote this on my notes, has lived rent-free in my head for 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about that pun for over a decade. See, Once unfortunately, we- my brain, when I see Livewire... Uh, I always think of the scene in Young Justice. Oh, the comic or the show? The show. 
Oh, I don't remember her in the show. Uh, in season three, there's a scene where oh, she I fights. Oh, I haven't seen season three. That's okay, why. there's a scene where she fights Black Lightning, and okay. he goes to shock her, and she goes, "Uh, I do it. Absorbing lightning's totally my thing." And he goes. He says, yo, you never had black lightning before. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so funny. Um, <laughs> You've never had black lightning before. And zaps her and her eyes roll back in her head. And it's like, who did this? Who is responsible for story for plotting this, storyboarding this, animating this? I, I have a lot of questions. Oh, my God. Uh, so issue five opens with a burning building in Devil Square. Uh, the Gracia Global Housing Development. Uh, which conveniently we'll look and we see uh our, our friend Francisco from from Stephanie's class. The gay boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's gay boyfriend Francisco. The, the, gay, the gay one. Uh, <laughs> the homosexual. <laughs> the homosexual. Uh, who she does not know that yet, and she thinks that uh, she she thinks he's dating Jordana. Jordana, she, Jordana yeah, Jordana. However, real, yeah, whatever. It's not. It's, it's a not weird a name. name. I've never. Oh, heard it's not a name that people name. have. Uh, like I've heard of people being called Francisco before, but like yeah. Jordana. That's local to Gotham, I guess. Uh, and so someone, uh, the fire chief asks Gordon. Uh. None of your men were stupid enough to run in there, were they? And he says, no, none of my men were. Cut to Stephanie. <laughs> Busted in through a skylight. There's yeah. a dude named Diesel. I don't, I've never seen this person before, and I don't think I've ever seen him since. I think he's in this one issue of this movie comic. It's as possible. A villain. He might be a milestone character, I'm not sure. Maybe, but uh, he has, uh, like, gasoline for blood. He's basically he's pyro. he's shooting it out of his hand. He's, he's, he's pyro. Yeah, this yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, this feels like Chris, uh, uh, feels like Brian Q. Miller wanted to use Pyro from the X Men for this. Uh, well, he does later. He makes Multiple Man. He just puts Multiple Man in the comic later. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the point in time where, for whatever reason, a bunch of former X Men writers were now working on Bat books because Tim's book is written by Chris Yost and later Fabian Isiesa. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, well, actually, Fabian Nicieza is before Chris Yost. Fabian Nicieza does Robin. Does Robin. And then and Red then Robin is Yost, and then Nicieza comes back for Red Robin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually have a signed copy of Robin 182 by Nicieza, uh, which awesome. I just discovered. I don't remember getting it signed. I don't remember when I got that signed. I found it today in my box when I was reading it. I was like, huh. oh, it's signed by Fabian Nicieza. Interesting. Cool. Um, and, oh, but no, Brian Q. Miller, the only things really that Brian Q. Miller has done to my knowledge is a bunch of smallville books and one three arc story or three issue arc on teen titans which is where kid devil gets killed and kid eternity gets kidnapped by the calculator which is important later oh i should mention there are no editor's notes in this comic yeah it bothers the shit out of me because they constantly reference stuff that like i I own a lot of floppy issues of comics, and, like, I can cross-reference this. I have the comics. Yeah, when it says, see this, you can go, oh, hey, that's this. Because there are editor's notes later. Like, towards, towards, uh, like, like during the big, uh, during the big crossover, and then during the stuff with the calculator. It's like, by the way, this thing happened in Teen Titans number 74. 
oh my god, I don't know if my digital version has editor's notes. That's weird, because I'm reading them on uh, DC Universe Infinite, and they're there. But they're only uh, there for those last few issues. Uh, maybe that was it, them. that I just like had stopped noticing them because I was expecting that there wouldn't be any. Yeah. But anyway, um, editor's uh, notes are helpful, y'all. I really like them. They're yep. useful. Uh, but... It's, Diesel is trying to draw out Batman. Uh, and so... Yeah. Speak his name and he will appear. Uh, Dick and Damien show up uh, and they just (laughs) kick this dude's ass. Also, but important to note, Steph is doing okay. Steph's hanging in there. Uh, And when when Batman and Robin show up, Diesel goes, "The Batman, finally!" And Steph quietly goes, "Well, now I'm just offended." (laughs) Which is incredible. The uh, the other important thing, though, is that as I mentioned, Diesel's blood is literally Diesel, um, and she figured that out. And so, obviously, they're in a burning building. If you put Diesel in a fire, it's going to make it worse. But um, Batman and Robin don't, don't listen know to her. And she's trying to tell them. She's like, you two haven't figured out how this guy works yet. And even Oracle's like, step back down. Like, don't get involved in this. Let these two dynamic, like, the dynamic do it, do their thing. So Damien goes to kick the shit out of this dude. And he starts leaking diesel fuel towards the fire. And... Dick realizes this, tries to go save Damien. Death throws these freezing batarangs that she's been using all fight and freezes Damien solid. <laughs> Which is uh, incredible. Also, what's with the way Damien talks here? It's very weird. Uh, he oh says, my God. tell he's me, a- why is it you smell like petrol? He's not British. He's, he is so British. not British. Also, this is before somebody got the memo that Damien should be kind of brown. It's been, it'll be a long time before it's I a long time. Well. That's like that me, that's years. like a recent thing before people realize like, hey, he's Rachel Ghoul's grandson. Yeah. Uh, Talia Al Ghul is not yeah, white. Yeah. And <laughs> in recent years, like especially in the Tom King run, they really draw Talia darker, and I love that. Yeah, which is good. I do I do like that. Honestly, I think one of the things that like really, really cinched it was freaking Wayne Family Adventures on Webtoon. <laughs> yes, where Dick yeah. is darker and Damien's darker than him. Yep, it's which, great. Uh, read Wayne Family Adventures; it's very good. It's uh, incredible. It's so good. Steph uh, is also really great at that. Yes, uh, Cassandra's great too. But yes, uh, Dick's Steph eyes saves are their lives. Yes, yeah, Steph saves them uh, by freezing, by throwing the freeze batarangs. But, like, they would have exploded otherwise. I yes. cannot overemphasize that, like, these men would have died if she didn't have quick thinking. Sure, it did freeze Damien solid. However, as a benefit, uh, Dick Grayson did get a quiet car ride home. Because <laughs> they... <laughs> uh, I will say, in this Later. first panel, Dick's eyes are bulging out of his head. And, uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mad. So bad. But the the thing about, like, the double standard that I mentioned before that I said we'd get back to, this is where yes. I wanted to get back to it. Because, like, Damien did a dumbass thing. Damien fucked up and almost died. And Steph saved him. But Dick is standing there basically being like, she's incompetent. She's a menace. He's going, like, full J. Jonah Jameson on her. Like... <laughs> She's a goddamn menace to society. Like, she froze Damien solid. And, like... like, what what are you thinking? Throwing someone so reckless out into the field like that. And it's like, you have Damien, Mr. McStabby Pants. Like, is your... Right. Damien wants to break everyone's fingers when he wants their information. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
Stephanie, this is where we, I, I talked about it before, of the, the dichotomy of the Robin Batgirl dynamic. Oh, yeah. Because we get Dick talking to Barbara, former Robin talking to former Batgirl, and Stephanie talking to Damien, current Batgirl to current Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I've heard enough to know I should hate you. Your ineptitude tonight only strengthens that opinion. I was really hoping to meet Cassandra. She sounds wonderful. How had he never met Cassandra before? I have no fucking clue. She was around. Also, I do appreciate he's literally like, I really want to stab you. And then it zooms out and Alfred is sitting next to him and he says, uh, No, like, Mr. No, Stephanie. Stephanie. Rest assured I've taken all of Master Damien's knives for the evening. All the ones you know about, Pennyworth. And I love this implication because Damien's just like wrapped in a security blanket. And I love the idea that he's just got like knives like taped to his back. (laughs) It's like you, I've got so, I'm hiding behind six proxies, fucker. It's also, Steph is just so very immediately creeped out by this absolutely terrifying child. Yes. Damien's 10, I should mention. He's literally 10. 10. And now is a good time for me to mention, remember how I said before, you didn't want to be on Tumblr in 2012, 2013, around DC fans? Uh Uh-huh. There was a, in a, uh, a pretty vocal pocket of DC fans, Bat Family fans. There was a pretty popular fanfic uh, I don't like where this is going. I, I don't you, like where this. You should not like where this is going. You should not like where this is going because it's te- where you brought this up. The fact uh, that this page. Uh huh. Is- no, no. Uh huh. It was. No. I I think it, it is either called No Dark No Dawn or No Day No Dawn. I don't remember, but uh, I'm gonna Google it. You shouldn't. Uh, I will tell you all you need to know about it here. It <laughs> features a aged up Damian Wayne in a romantic Whoa. relationship with Stephanie Brown what? and. Uh, I have a note about that, uh, which is, remember that small pocket of fans in, like, 2012 who were very vocal about shipping Stephanie and Damien? I wish them all nothing but the worst, disrespectfully speaking. Uh, if you were the person who wrote that, that, uh, particular fanfic, if you were a person who... <laughs> Turn part- on your location, I just want to I just want to talk. Uh, part- <laughs> if you partook in it, uh, I hope you stub your toe every single morning... Until the day you cease to be, frankly. It's so horrible. I'm so upset. I like, let's start with a combination of things here. One, Damian Wayne is 10 years old. Even if you age him up, Stephanie still knew him when he was 10. Like, even if you skip yeah. ahead, let's say 10 years, and Stephanie is 29. Damian then is that's 20. still a 29-year-old no, dating a 20-year-old. 20-year-old. That's so let's still get, bad. It's still bad. It's still in Taylor Swift territory. Yeah, now she's Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, it's bad. Um... But two, surprise, bitch. Furthermore, from that, (laughs) 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 furthermore, from that, Stephanie is Dick or is Damien's older brother's ex girlfriend. Yeah, you know how creepy that is conceptually. One thing I'm very, very happy about the Bat family that they have never done which i greatly appreciated is that nobody dates anybody else's ex yeah like they don't do that it's a one-to-one and listen there's only one there's only one thing that where that could happen where i would be like a-okay with that and And then stephanie yeah listen because they were already close before 
Tim yes. and Cassandra also, were, and also they teased Tim and Cassandra together after Stephanie dies. Yeah, they did, they did very very briefly, but like not that didn't go. It didn't go anywhere. He dates the other Cassandra, instead. and she <laughs> dates Connor for a while. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, wait, Steph dates Connor? No, Cassandra dates Connor. Oh no! Oh shit! Yeah. At first, I was like, wait, what do you mean, Sam Spark? No, uh, Kate. Oh, shit, you're right about that. Yes, um, and they break up because Bruce is furious about it. That's fucking hysterical. There is also, listen, I would also absolutely take Stephanie Brown dating, uh, Kara Zor-El, but yeah, we aren't getting over that issue, even <laughs> though, listen, there's a later issue of this book where the two of them basically go on, like, a double, not even a double date, basically go on a date, yeah. uh, where they movies and uh it's fucking they also fight like fake vampires it's it's (laughs) yeah it's Uh, it's so good um but anyway but like absolutely stephanie brown and cassandra kane should uh should date in the new Batgirls book that's coming out on wednesday yeah uh becky cloonan's writing that i don't remember Uh, well it should be good um if vita ayala gets their way (laughs) listen vita ayala with the like two like eight page shorts in future state giving them big ex-girlfriend vibes yes yeah, yeah. anything to go by oh my god it was incredible it was maybe the gayest thing i've ever read in my <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway uh, i love that immensely so we get stephanie's well okay, before we get steph's work study uh thing here is that bruce or dick is like look we Especially since Black Mask is out, is back. You can't throw her out there because they never resolve that. Mm-hmm. Black Mask doesn't show up in this book once. I feel like if if they hadn't done the New Fifty Two stuff, he probably would have. That's a good point. He could have been a big bad because they like because the big bad of this book we don't we're not going to talk about. But yeah. like it's. Black Mask literally never shows up. Her father does show up. Yeah, her dad is like the last thing that she deals with in this book. Yeah, I think if but it, she's also not a big bad because it got cut short because of the New Fifty Two. Right. Uh, we get the, the, Steph gets hopped upon Black Marcy at one point. It's a lot. Yeah, that's in the last issue. Yeah. Uh, so they get Bruce, or I keep calling him Bruce because this is Bruce's costume. Dick and Barbara get into an argument, uh, and he's like, Bruce would never let you get away with setting her out into the field alone and barbara who just keeps doing this we're just like her filter is gone she says bruce isn't here anymore and And this pisses off dick because that's his dad that's his that's his dad yeah that's that's his dad like like barbara's dad is still alive dick's dad is not and she her filter's fucking yeah yeah and she's like, why did I say that? Fuck, what's my problem? Like, yeah. Stephanie hears it in the halls. God damn. <laughs> Jesus, Bart. What's your problem? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he's like, I should leave. <laughs> like, again, Commander Shepard. I should go. <laughs> oh, my God. It's... So, the next thing we have is with Steph working in the library, which I think is a nice callback to the fact that Barbara worked as a librarian for a really long time. Yes, um, Stephanie oh, is uh, supposed to be alphabetizing books. She instead spies on Francisco. Yes, Francisco and Jordana, Jordana. Jordan. Uh, Jordan. 
bitchy lady. Um, she refuses to help someone with, like, finding a book and gets, like, reported to her book. <laughs> She's like, I gotta leave. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go! She bounces, and, like, I don't think I ever see her in this job. Like, I don't think we see her in this job ever. Nope. Uh, we <laughs> can presume that she was fired. <laughs> That's... Uh, yeah. She uh, to spy instead. Uh, also, she gets caught uh, spying on them, because, of course, Oh, she absolutely. Because she's not... She's not subtle. Stu- um, no. <laughs> so she's she, as subtle as a ball peen hammer, frankly. She tries to chat up Francisco because she likes him uh, and doesn't know he's gay. Uh, and, <laughs> we should note they never say that Francisco is gay. This is just us reading this. No, no, no. It's not that they. Okay, this what gets. What happens later is that like she watches because she keeps talking to Jordana and Jord- she keeps. Saying, like, oh, your boyfriend, your boyfriend. She is Batgirl. Talks to Jordana because there's a case later. Yeah. Uh, and Jordana's like, it's not like that. It's not like that. And she's like, that's weird that she keeps saying it like that. And then an issue later, uh, Francisco gets, like, reunited with people. And he hugs Jordana. And then he, like, really hugs this random dude we've, that we've never seen before. Oh, and Batgirl's watching that. with binoculars. And she's like, Oh. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't catch and that. She never tries to flirt with him again. That is another panel that's been burned into my brain for 11 years. Um, <laughs> I heard literally being like, it was like a light bulb moment. She's like, and they never say it because I have a feeling that they probably It's would. 2009 and they're not going to It's 2009 it. and Dan DiDio's in charge. Yeah. Um, so Dan DiDio, Jim Shooter of his time. Yes, absolutely. Did you notice that DC Books got a hell of a lot more Better. the second that man didn't work there? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Really like, that, these books got a lot better the last five years. That's weird. I know. I love how they were immediately like, hey, remember remember how everyone thought Tim Drake was bi for a really long time? Y'all were right. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to we're gonna get into that. Uh, but, yeah. But um, anyway, so and that's why I keep saying, like, this man is gay. Because, like, this man is gay. Um, uh, Barbara... <laughs> Barbara's at Caroline's diner again yep. uh, for her weekly meal with her dad, and he's a no show. She, she a couple booths down is Saint Nick, and he goes, "Hey, uh, you waiting on somebody?" He's like, "Yeah, my dad, the commissioner." He says, "Huh, I'm waiting on Jim too." Jim's trying to set us up. Simultaneously, both of them say this. Like the 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 speech bubble. I really love this like lettering thing where the speech bubbles overlap. Yeah, and it's the same text, and it's just like, oh yeah, these people are simultaneously saying it. Uh, like it's it's good. Uh, so, but then Saint Nick immediately sticks his foot in his mouth. Yeah, because Jim Gordon, saint that he is, God bless him, just never told. Hey man, I'm trying to set you up with my daughter. Never tells him. Anything about Barbara. <laughs> yeah, never says, like, by the way, she's in a wheelchair just so you don't say something fucking dumb. Because the first thing he says... Is something fucking dumb. He says, what can I say? Your father has, a, has his exquisite taste. Had to admit, have to admit, your pops hasn't said two words to me about you, so you've definitely got a Lego. And then he sees the witch. <laughs> and he... And he's like, oh, I really stepped in it. Oh, no, I didn't get it. He's like, oh, man, I really stepped in it. Oh, God damn it. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. And Barbara's like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, she's like, I'm mad for unrelated reasons, but you know what? I don't have the patience today. Yeah, uh, she specifically says, uh, from butterflies to boiling blood in a matter of 13 seconds. 
Oh, to hell with it. I'm sorry, is my father supposed to wear a shirt that says my daughter has a sparkly disability? He's like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not... Fuck. I gotta go. He says, maybe we can try this again sometime when you aren't pretending I'm someone else. Tell your dad I said hi. Because he very clearly picks up that she's not mad at him. Yeah. She's just, like, having a very bad day, and he's an excuse to yell. Yep. (laughs) And, like, good for him. He's, like... Smart. He got the vibe. He, he he understood the assignment and he left. Uh, um, and she uh. So we come back to Stephanie talking to Francisco. Um. Uh, yeah, Stephanie's outside voice. Uh, yeah. inside the voice, outside voice problem comes up. Uh. <laughs> oh. Um, she's she's trying to bond with him, and he's like. <laughs> confirming that Jordana isn't his girlfriend and, like, maybe they have a date later and they're setting it up and he's basically like, okay, I'll text you later after you shake the little bo- the little omen fanboy giving you the stink eye. And then Paige turned to the best comedic timing panel I've ever seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> you texted me this. You were like, this is incredible. <laughs> you turned the page and it's like a third of the page is a solid white background because it's in the snow and Damien is this, like, haunted little figure wearing like all black with this just little face with like tiny little eyes there are crows flying out of this tree with no leaves on it and there's no sound effects or words in this panel there's no background it's just solid white with like the black my <laughs> my note is Damien looks like satan here he literally does that, that's the devil that's <laughs> it's Damien is standing around. Thing. Yeah, he's standing around studying Stephanie. He wants to figure out what makes her tick. Because and it didn't click in my head. Like, oh, he he realizes everything about Tim the first time he meets him. He realizes everything about Dick very quickly. Stephanie is the weird one. Where he's like, what? Yeah, he doesn't get her. Because because she's not like a one note person. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you look at Tim and you're like, what's your deal? Oh, you're a nerd with trauma. Got it. Uh, Dick, what's your deal? Uh, you're an acrobat with trauma. And uh, hysterically, Stephanie, who has just so much trauma, just so much trauma, a doesn't... Do, well, also the whole, like, I got shit kicked out of me by black, black mask and I had to fake my own death. Like, she got tortured for, like, two days. Yeah. Uh, like, she is missing... She's missing for, uh, I have, like, it in trades uh, for war games. She gets kidnapped in, like, the first half of the second of three trades, and she gets out slash dies on, like, one of the last pages of the second one. She is she is kidnapped for, like, 200 pages of being yeah. tortured. Yeah, this girl has trauma, but she don't wear it on her sleeve. Right. You, you would never know these things about Stephanie if you didn't... Um... She had a baby! She had a baby. She's on... She... <laughs> She has carried a child's term. She never talks about the experienced childbirth at the age of like sixteen. She's like sixteen there, yeah. Uh, Like, God. And and Damien just like threatens her. Yeah, and she says, uh, "This is my favorite Stephanie line, by the way." Is because Damien says, "Can't tell what good you are to anyone, really." I don't think you'd understand. Uh, uh, what's the line? Um, you you certainly aren't very skilled in anything. No interest in vengeance to speak of. Can't tell what good you are to anyone, really. 
And Stephanie says, I don't see, think you understand what Barbara and I are trying to do. Everything doesn't have to be about fear. There's room in our line of work for hope, too, which is there is the distillation of the Stephanie Brown character. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. And that fits thematically with the fact that she overcame the Scarecrow yeah. in her literal first, like, arc by basically the power of hope. Yeah, she, like, um, <laughs> she in that last issue where she's, uh, she's on Black Mercy, uh, you see uh, her as a Blue Lantern in her mind. Yeah. Because of course she's and of course she is. Also green. Damien's a red lantern yeah, in that. Yeah. Damien <laughs> is red and uh, Barbara is green, which uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It fits, it tracks. Um so Stephanie tracks uh tracks Francisco to I do not so I do think this is a different bar. It is a different bar. Um Oh uh wait, 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 wait. No no no, this is also this is also the same bar. Oh my god, is is that ca- wait because it says Kate, Gotham Diner, maybe. Um, maybe. I gotta know the name of this diner. I'm scrolling. No, no, back. it's just King's. Not, it's King's Gotham Cafe. Okay, this is a different one. At first, I was like, "Is this the same Gotham?" No, actually, I wrote the bullet point. Does Gotham only have one diner? Yeah. No, it has two. Um, it has two. Um, but she's like stalking him as Batgirl. And then she's realizes, trying to justify it for herself because she's like, oh, he's acting sketchy and his dad's building burned down, blah, blah, blah. But, like, just stuck this dude. Which, this is also what Tim does, to Bar- uh, uh, Tim does to Stephanie very early into knowing each other is that he's following oh, yeah. her as Robin. Because he's like, well, you know, she's, you know, we want to figure out what her link to the Clue Master is and make sure. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, Tim, you just want to hang out with this girl who hit you in the face with a brick last night. Yeah, so Steph is just like, okay, um, well, he's here, and, like, I'm here, so I want to talk to him, but the problem is is that I um, am wearing my costume, and underneath my costume, she has, and this is this is said in the comics, she is only wearing underneath granny panties and a push-up bra, and I have to ask you, <laughs> Stephanie Brown, why you are wearing a push-up bra underneath while your you costume. Fight. Because, good God, that would hurt so much. Oh, my God. Please buy Push a sports bra. have underwire that would just stab you when you're fighting. Get a sports bra, girl. I'm sorry your tits won't look as big, but you're going to be so much more comfortable. <laughs> also, at yourself? some point, Damien accuses her of stuffing her costume. Oh, yeah, that's it's great. Um, um, so she goes to Barbara's apartment, which is nearby, and this also, specifically this outfit, has also been burned into my brain, because it's just the funniest color. Literally, every time I put a black slip, I think about this panel. Because all she's wearing is, the only thing that fit out of Barbara's clothing is a black slip and a trench coat, and she's wearing her Batgirl boots. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't, I didn't yeah. She's oh, so yeah, she's, wearing... <laughs> she's wearing her Batgirl boots. <laughs> You can see it in the next issue. It's not easy to see in this issue, but when she like walks away from the ambulance with the concussion, they're they're Batgirl boots. It's got the, like the the sections and everything. It's yeah, funny. She's wearing a black slip, a trench coat that goes down to her knees, her Batgirl boots, and she goes to talk to this dude. She looks like a palette swapped Emma Frost here. Oh my god, she does. <laughs> she looks like any given cuckoo. Oh my god, that's it's... Esme. You could tell me this is Esme cuckoo, and I'd believe you. It's incredible. Um, so then some kidnappers show up. Some dudes show up uh, to kidnap Francisco. Uh, Stephanie, for her credit, starts whooping these dudes' asses. She also, one of fun the callback. Huh? 
it's a fun callback because in the first uh, story she did in Robin, not her first appearance, but like her second, she gets kidnapped and like handcuffed to a bed and Tim saves her and he goes on this spiel about how like Batman and him train with how to fight with furniture. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Death has never done that before and he teaches her, yeah. So yeah. they teach like how to use, because she's still stuck to it, how to use like lift and throw the bed and like use it to hit people. And so whenever I see the thing with the stool, I'm like, hey. Yeah, she learned from that. Because, yeah, she yeah. vaults over a stool, kicks a dude in the head, and then pulls it over and smacks him across the back with it. It's all incredible. in one motion. Uh, uh, and, then and then she, she gets, gets shot, shot in the head. And then she gets fucking shot in the head. Which, like... <laughs> Great job. I... That... Her concussion would have a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. It, she, should, just, she should not it, walk this off as easily as she appears to. Yeah, it just grazes her. But, like, um, it's a head trauma yep. from a gun at, like, point-blank range. She gets shot in the head. Yeah. Uh, and so, um... And they kidnap Francisco. And they kidnap Francisco. Stephanie wakes up, or starts to wake up in the ambulance, and she sees three flashbacks. The first is Cassandra telling her not to come looking for her. Which, I know she talked for almost as long as she didn't. But Cassandra talking is always weird to me. Same. Anytime she speaks in full sentences. Yeah, because in my head, she's always, like, just speaking bits of English and telling Barbara that she needs to get laid. <laughs> yes. Or reciting Shakespeare nowadays. But, like, if she had instead of this whole sentence, if she had just said, like, don't follow. Yeah. That would have been more Cassandra to me. But her but saying, like, don't come looking for me, Steph. For your own. Also, her calling her Steph feels weird. Yeah, like, it's too, that's too much talking for That's Cass. too Tim, like. That's true. That's, that's everybody else talking to her, but that's not how Cassandra would talk to her, I feel. Thankfully, Cassandra's very, very briefly in this book, and so the fact that she talks a lot is, like, we can just, it's, like, two pages total. We can just gloss yeah. over that. We can pretend that didn't happen. Um, Brian Q. Miller gets everybody else's voice really, really great, not Cass's. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people weren't getting, because she shows up in... Red Robin for a, for an arc uh, that involves her pretending to stab Tim through the spine, and she. Uh, I do remember that. She, I think, I think she talks more there too, but uh, it's it's like yeah. she does just talk after a certain point, like after I think after the Kelly Puckett run, she just talks because and then in that arc she um at the last arc of that she hangs she she fights Shiva hangs her up on a hook and tells her I'm sorry mom. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah, she hangs her up on a hook above a Lazarus pit because Shiva's like, kill me. Don't throw me in the pit. And she instead just hangs her on a hook, knowing that eventually the hook is going to uh, – her clothes are going to tear off the hook, and she'll just fall into the pit. Stone cold. Yep. Um, so Stephanie oh. manages to remember to not give them her real name in the ambulance. Because oh, the second – the second flashback, because the first is Cassandra leaving. Oh yeah, the second. The is second Tim is telling Tim her. telling her to never be in a costume again. In the and the third is Black Mask. Yeah, yeah, Black like, Mask torturing her. Um, yeah, and, shoot, about to shoot her in the shoulder. Yeah, uh, Tim, I should say in this panel looks gigantic. He looks fucking huge here. Oh, I have a note for that when he shows up. In, it's a different artist later, but in the crossover issue, I'm literally like, this is the biggest anyone has ever drawn Tim Drake. He's, he's 
so when he shows up in this Batgirl crossover, he's fucking jacked. Like, Versus he's bigger than the... Jason has ever been. Yes, and it's just really funny because in his own book, uh, Marcus Toad draws him very... He's like, all, like, like, spelt. He's, like, Yeah, he draws him like, like, like he's skinny. a swimmer. That's the easiest yeah. way to explain it. Yeah, uh, no, that's... Listen, God bless Marcus Toad. I fucking love Marcus Toad. That's, that's my guy right there. That's why I started reading Excalibur. I was like, oh, Marcus Toad's drawing like, a book. Oh, why Howard not? Marcus, yeah, give me that. I didn't know anything about Teeny Howard. I just picked it up. I was like, the hair is pretty, and I guess I'm reading X-Men now, so why not? And yeah. it was really good. Uh, so, yeah, Stephanie specifically tries to, she doesn't want to end up in the ER that her mom works at, because that would be very bad. Which is West Mercy Hospital, because Gotham has multiple Mercy Hospitals. <laughs> there's Gotham General, and then there's all, there's Mercy and West Mercy. I'm assuming every cardinal direction has a Mercy Hospital, like North Mercy Hospital, North Mercy East Mercy Hospital. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh... Um, so she gives a fake name, and the fake name she gives is Faye Ray. Yeah. Which is a code word between her and Barbara, which means uh, was like blonde and compromised, compromised and blonde and under duress. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Stephanie does so. Barbara figures out where she is, cross-references everything, uh, and uh, deploys the airbag in the ambulance so that they'll tip over. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephanie gets out of the gets out of the van. And this is yeah. where you can see yeah, her boots, see the boots. The back <laughs> with the spikes on them. <laughs> Nobody questioned it. Like somebody should go. That's Fashion statement. Like these are the latest. Fashion. This is fashionable. Yep. <laughs> or she got him in a thrift shop, I guess. She could yeah, be like, no, I'm, I'm poor. I went thrifting. <laughs> oh my god. So she survives this. Obviously, everybody survives the ambulance crash. And, but it's like fully on its side. She just like walks away. Yep. And she's like, okay, concussion. Let's you and me go make some noise. And I'm like, sweetie. Oh, you're gonna. You're sweetheart. Gonna shit tomorrow. <laughs> you are, you are gonna make this so much worse. She's like a boxer in the 70s. She's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, no. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> uh, so going to die uh, at the age of 42. <laughs> CTE. Uh, it's like, so he, we cut to G, uh, to the GCPD, uh, and Nick and Jim are on the roof shining the bat, bat signal. signal. And he's like, what makes you think you'll get the one of them that you want? He's like, yeah, you, uh, years of experience. Now... Okay. There have been plenty of times where a different one showed up. Oh, so many. <laughs> like, so many. But he just knows that Dick's going to show up. Granted, also, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I don't think he knows that this is a different Batman. Oh, no, he totally does. Does he? Oh, so, okay. One of my favorite Batman stories, The Black Mirror, which is in tech at the same time this is coming out. Scott Snyder is writing detective comics around this time. Yeah. Um, I, and in The Black Mirror... This? I thought The Black Mirror was, like, 2010. Uh, okay, it might be a little bit after this. Then, okay. okay, actually, it's either in The Black Mirror or it's in Batman and Robin, and that one was simultaneous with this. Either okay. way, in one of those, there's a moment where, like, Batman, like, shows up to go talk to... Gordon and Gordon, like before he leaves, he's just like, "You're not, you're not him, are you?" And in my mind, it was earlier on. It might be Batman and Robin, actually. You might be. Right. Like, you might be right. Yeah, he's like, it, "You're not him, 
are you? And he's just like, uh, and like Dick is just like, uh. and then there are multiple times where Gordon is like talking to Dick and he keeps talking and he turns around and Dick is still there. And he kind of <laughs> looks at Dick funny and Dick's like, continue. I want to hear what you have to say. And Gordon's just like, yeah, you're definitely not him. Yeah. Cause Bruce is an asshole. It just leaves mid sentence. <laughs> And Dick's just like, I was waiting for you to finish telling, you were telling me important information. I wanted to hear the important information. Gordon's like, I'm not used to this. You're never there when I turn around. Because <laughs> I, I know that in a recent, in one of the Tom King stories, uh, Dick, um, Dick just does Yes. Uh, Dick he shows does up. That because, because <laughs> Bruce is on his own jury duty. <laughs> Bruce is on jury duty that he gave himself uh, because he's in a bad place. Uh, after uh, after Selena left him at the altar, yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh no, um, I I I caught Mister Freeze, and Mister Freeze didn't do it. Batman caught Mister Freeze, and so now uh, Bruce Wayne has to convince a jury of my peers. He bribes his way onto the jury. Yes, he bribes his way onto jury peers. duty. <laughs> a jury of his peers exonerate Mister Freeze, and he doesn't want to be suspicious, so he calls Dick in from out of town, and he's like, "Hey, can you put on the bat suit for like two days?" Yeah. But also, Bruce is, like, in a shitty place, and he's just, like, not, like, not fit to be Batman at the moment. Yeah. And then Dick Grayson gets shot in the head. By the KGBs. Did we get Rick Grayson? I'm not going to get started. I'm going to start talking. We don't, we we can't talk about, speaking of being shot in the head. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I I do just want to say, really quick, by that point, he can tell, Gordon can tell the difference between the two of them. Oh, yeah, which is hilarious. He looks and he says, you're not the other you. And he says, no. Yeah. Is he good? No. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's very bad. Uh, Stephanie, who is concussed, by the way, uh, yep. is watching watching uh, the, their meeting from a, from a nearby roof. Also, and... Dick refuses to speak to St. Nick. Yep. Just <laughs> will not acknowledge him. Oh, uh, and, uh, Stephanie's uh, Stephanie's reading their lips, but she's also doing bits. She's taking liberties. <laughs> she said, he's got loads of enemies, world's greatest detective, but how do we narrow it down to just one, Jim? I'm glad we're best friends, Batman. Me too, chum. And <laughs> fucking Damien is like, are you enjoying yourself? Damien, with a sword pointed at her. Yeah. Literally uh, they... fucking jumps her in an alley with a sword. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, their dynamic is very adversarial. Uh, and they do, like, develop, like, a very grudging respect. Uh, but that's only after they get into a fight here and Batman <laughs> comes over uh, and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Wait, beforehand, there's an incredible line where Steph is talking to Oracle and she says, oh, if I fight back, is that considered child abuse? <laughs> <laughs> and in the um, background, you can hear Damien saying, "Have at the wench." Yeah. <laughs> like, is he a pirate now? What is that? More musketeer. <laughs> I just, uh, I just love the like. Is this child abuse? If I fight, if I fight this child, well, considering that child is an assassin, no. I would say no personally. Also, the child had a gun. <laughs> it's like that goddamn quote with Namor. Yeah. I've hit children before. <laughs> I've, I've hit I've hit children before. I, this is no this is nothing to me. 
Um, Where's Namor when you need him to slap some You, you know who would deal with Damian Wayne with no problem? Namor the sub Yes, immediate. Uh, oh my god. So, Dick's like, you two are off the case. They immediately do not listen to him. Instantaneously. They're like, no, no, we're, no, <laughs> you sure about that? Which, it's also funny because, once again, they're sitting on a ledge and watching Batman talk to Oracle. Yep. <laughs> just like, no, we're gonna like, go. Oh, yeah. We get a, a flash is... of, like, the old Dick and Barbara dynamic here. Um, oh, yeah. Where she's like, he says, hey, can you tie these readings to the Batmobile's uh, signal? And she's like, can you say please? And he goes, pretty please. It's and he like, stares directly into a security camera yeah, and he, he knows that she's watching and smiles at her. He's like, is, yeah, you love me. <laughs> which is adorable because this whole time Barbara has basically been like, oh god, I miss this man. Yeah, I miss like, him so much. Like, she cannot get over the fact that she misses this man so much. Yeah, well, considering so the last her. time, considering the last time that they were... Did, did he cheat on Barbara with Starfire or the other way the around? The other way around. <laughs> he, tell, he goes to tell Barbara that he's engaged to Starfire, and they end up sleeping together. And Jesus then he, Christ. And then the next morning he wakes up, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm getting married. When was he engaged to Barbara? That happened, too. He, uh, that's right before Infinite Crisis. He asked Barbara to marry him. And I think at the time... The idea he was, was supposed dick, to die. Yeah, the dick was going to die in Infinite Crisis. Yeah. But then he didn't. They didn't have a plan for after that and didn't want to go through with having them get married. So yeah. instead, Dick wakes up the very next issue of Nightwing. I cannot stress enough. The first issue of Nightwing in one year later is Dick wakes up to a different redhead. Name, I want to say her name is Cheyenne. Uh, and of course. Of course. Are, you are made to think that it's Barbara at first until she turns over and looks, and it's not her. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, Dick Grayson. Also, uh, during 52, he, uh, in the very first appearance, or not very first, in the second appearance of Batwoman, he flirts with Kate <laughs> He flirts with Kate and he's like, I got a thing for redheads. And she's like, you are so unbelievably not my type. You have absolutely you no idea. You are barking up. Do not bark up this tree, young man. That tree will fall on you. Yeah, basically, like, listen, you have a thing for redheads, but I do not want this. I date women. Yes. Women, 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 I, women. Like, literally, I don't want your dick. I know your name's dick. I don't want that either. None of these interesting to me. Leave me alone. I'm going to go date Maggie Sawyer. Montoya. Uh, wait, well, was it? First Renee Montoya. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. And then don't those two get engaged? Maggie Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. uh. Listen, the bats can't get married. They try, and then it never works, except yeah. for when eventually it does. Yeah. But, like, like you in... you have to leave someone at the altar at least once if you're a bat. Yep. It's the rules. Uh. It's them's the breaks. Um. So they go, Stephanie and Damien go to Jordana's apartment. And, because Francisco got kidnapped. Yeah, so they're trying to interrogate her to get, uh, to, to figure out where he might be. Um, and they're doing bad cop, worst cop. And Damien is like, I want to be the worst cop. And she's, <laughs> Stephanie goes, here's the deal. Me, I'm a punch first, ask questions later kind of gal. Him, he's a stabber. 
We'll get your boyfriend home safe and sound. And she's like, if only it was like that. And yeah, Stephanie goes, why? That's where it's like. Why do they keep saying that? It's because he's a homosexual. Because this boy likes boys. Um. Um, and then, surprise, uh, Francisco's dad is in horrible, horrible gambling debts and also crime. Crime, crime, crime. Uh. Also, uh, this artist is doing a really good Frank Quitely, like, yeah. impression for Damien's face, which yes. I really like. Very Frank Quitely. Uh, because nobody uh, else looks Frank Quitely. Ramon Villalobos is like the only, he loves Frank Quitely. Yeah. Uh, but, but I like he, it that it's only Damien, because it's yes. like a very distinctive, this is just what Damien looks like kind of thing. Yeah, that he just always looks like uh, Frank Quietly, Ramon Villalobos drawing. Uh, yeah, he looks like a smarmy little shit. He looks like a little bastard. Just a uh, little douche. Um, Dick is in the Batmobile, which I should say, Dick's Batmobile flies. Yes, yes, now, it does. Uh, and uh, they're trying to find, they're trying to figure some shit out, and... They are targeted, or Dick is, by Roxy Rocket. I have a note here for that, uh, which is, Roxy Rocket, please call me. (laughs) There's just some, like, very sapphic vibes of her bantering with Steph. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) This is a real gay. Yeah, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, This is all revealed to be a plot by Roulette, not that Roulette. Uh... Uh, who has the worst fucking costume I have ever seen? Yeah, it's a red dress with a hole cut in the stomach so you can see her big snake tattoo. But, like, cut out the sides, not the middle. Yeah. That's the least flattering place you could put a cut out on a dress. And it's a big circle, too. It's not great. Oh, my God. And it's, oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Yep. So the so, three villains that are going to fight them are... Uh, Riot, Roxy Rocket, and Dr. Phosphorus. So Riot is basically Jamie Madrox multiple. Yes, it didn't click in my head until you said it. literally his power. Especially but because he's... later he says, like, oh, and I've even gotten control of my powers. I don't multiply every time I'm hit anymore. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's just, it's just Jamie Madrox. With a dumb smiley face. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, cover so... with Roxy and, uh. Roxy and Steph on it. Again, oh, yeah. Phil Noto doing the Lord's work. Yes, absolutely. It's incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Um, they're going to, uh, Steph and Damien are going to go try to save Batman, but Batman is across town, and Steph doesn't have a motorcycle. Whatever will she do? Enter the ricochet! <laughs> it's like Which a... looks just yeah. like from The Dark Knight. Like yes. the movie. <laughs> Yes! It's just that. It's a big luge motorcycle. It's got like a like a sealed cockpit. It's got like a round... It looks kind of like a submarine. Yes. <laughs> uh, it also has an autopilot, which is neat. Which is great. Uh, um, and she drives that to go pick up... Or like, to go save Batman. Uh, and Robin Damien. has a motorcycle. Yeah, Damien is 10 years old. Who taught him how to drive? Is that oh in the League of Assassins training, or did Dick just think it I might think be that useful? Would be. I think it would be useful for the League of Assassins. Wait, he must have a custom-sized motorcycle that's small. Yes, built for a child. Like, like the, the it's got to be real close on his legs. Handlebars have to be real real close. Uh, so it Dick can't is, be too wide, either. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Tim has one when he's Robin, but Tim is, like, 15 at the time. Tim gets a car. 
Tim gets, yeah, the Redbird. God, I missed the Redbird. Tim gets a car. Also, his code name should have just been Redbird. I think Red Robin was a bad choice. Listen, you mean you you don't like Drake? (laughs) Sorry, we can't go there. We can't can't go there. I would have liked that better if the costume wasn't so bad. He looked like a high-tech UPS Brown, they could have been brown. He's wearing brown and yellow like a a bird. Literally, if the costume had been the same, but they just made it red. Listen, I have opinions on Brian Michael Bendis' Young Justice, and we can't. I'm I'm glad they put Amethyst of Gemworld in there. But I'm glad they gave Connor a little scruff and gave him his old costume back. But that that was good. They did make Connor very hot. Um, he should have never stopped wearing that costume. By the way. Oh, I completely agree. The, the red well, I I did like the t-shirt and jeans. Not gonna lie, I did. I did. I'm a sucker for it. It's dumb, but I really like it. <laughs> it. It allowed for the joke where Tim says, "Connor, your t-shirt is a costume. You didn't do anything fashionable." <laughs> It's also great because it means that, like, after he dies, then Cassie just starts wearing jeans and t-shirts. Yeah, she does! <laughs> Tim and Cassie yeah, so both changing their costumes to in, yeah. rep, in memory yeah. of Connor is hilarious. Uh, Tim changes colors and Cassie's like, I guess we're jeans to fight crime now. I was like, that can't be comfortable. <laughs> Fighting supervillains oh, in jeans is not a good call. Um uh, so Batman's kind of, like, worse for wear. He's got broken ribs. He's trying to run from these, like, truly D-list villains. Roxy Rocket and Dr. Phosphorus. Dr. Phosphorus grabs him by the neck, and he's like, I wonder if I should kill you now or just give you cancer. Hmm? And Dick laughs. And he goes, there's nothing funny about cancer. <laughs> uh, and he, he's like, that's not what I'm laughing. I just, I've always loved a good pratfall. What? He goes, alley hoop, and Damien throws his motorcycle into Dr. Phosphorus. And Batman just, like, gets yeeted to the side. It, like, he's, like, fully enveloped in his cape. You can't see any limbs. You just see his head in his cape, and he's just like, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so this is the point where Steph improvises, because there's no guns on this thing, and she has promised Damien that he's gonna go low, and she's gonna go high, and she's gonna go after Roxy Rocket. So she, like, ejects herself out of this... And the ejecting computer is going to be a weird deep cut, but it's a very, it unlocked a specific memory for me. It sounds like the computer in the submarine in Spy Kids 2. It's like a computer. And I specifically remember the exact quote, and I'm so sorry for this. The exact quote was, uh, after they use the bathroom and they flush, the computer will say, now flushing, more poop. <laughs> and I thought that with the now exiting, the ricochet. <laughs> oh my god, that unlocked a memory. Because now I just, I just remember them making the, the big me- it's in Spy Kids 1. Yeah. That is definitely in Spy Kids 1. The one with the thumbs up. The thumbs, yes. Uh, so but Steph, anyway. Steph jumps onto Roxy's rocket, which that's, I promise that's not a euphemism. No. Except the dialogue then says, Steph goes, mind if I cut in? And Roxy says, sorry, sweetness, this is a rocket built for one. And Steph says, let's see what we can do about that. As Stephanie wraps her legs, essentially is wrapping her legs around Roxy as she does this. It's, I mean, she's also punching Roxy in the face. But like, you know what? It's, it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's also the entire page is this one panel. Yes, it's one big page is this. Where they're like, hey, you. Do you just want to, like, witness what's happening here? You want to see what's going on here? Uh, 
And so Dr. Foster says, Damien now and goes under control. Says that this is what it looks like from here, boy. <laughs> this is going to hurt. What's going to, and then Stephanie does the same move that Damien did earlier, but with the rocket this time. <laughs> <laughs> he just throws it at Dr. Phosphorus. Uh, and then, yeah. Incredible. Uh, and this is where we get the Jamie Madrox power. He's like, I've mastered my power now, Batman. No more accidental duplication from impact. <laughs> and <laughs> Stephanie and, Stephanie and Damien, uh, show up. Damien asks, hey, I'm only breaking the, the non-lethal rule if I maim the real Riot, right? And Steph's like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. Which <laughs> is hysterical. Oh, and... I didn't realize that was Steph. I thought that was Dick. Nope, Steph says that. <laughs> I thought Dick was the one who was just like, yeah, Robin, you're fine. <laughs> it's even better uh, than Steph. And so Steph, uh, Steph kind of carries Dick off, and Dick's like, hey, that thing you did with the rocket, she's like, totally on purpose. To the surprise <laughs> of everyone. I know, in a shocking twist, totally on purpose. Yeah, and okay. then they they beat up Riot uh, and sneak up and then break into where Roulette is. Also, and... before they beat up Riot, uh, Stephanie calls Robin Little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, she's so good here. It's so good. Uh, so but yeah, they find Roulette with a bad costume and. Damon goes, game over. And Stephanie goes, don't be lame. <laughs> and Dick, uh, even quieter, goes, shh, he's still learning, okay? <laughs> Leave my little brother alone. Don't talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> don't talk to me or my baby brother ever again. That's, that's... Granted, I do see their relationship as much more father-son. I yeah. honestly think that, like, Dick Grayson is, is more of a father to Damien than, like, Bruce ever has been, or yeah. ever will be. Like, Damien, Damien's his little boy. He's his son. Dick is, I'd say, probably the same age here that Bruce is when he takes Dick on as, oh, as Robin. Like, that age gap probably tracks about 17 years. Yeah, yeah. Also, those two always have, like, especially after this, especially after they, like, when Dick is done being Batman and he goes back to being Nightwing, mm-hmm. um, pretty much any time... Dick and Damien interact, it's always, like, extra special. It's always, like, like, Dick is the only person that Damien can kind of, like, be Talk not to. an asshole to, yeah. really. And, like, they actually, like, hug and, like, care about each other. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there are two people that really Damien really sad when the really, other person dies. Yes, Damien only really cares about, like, two people. Uh, or can bring himself to express actual care about two people. And that's Dick One and of them is John. Oh, yeah, look at the three, then. Dick, John, and Bruce. Because when Dick is, or when Bruce is going to marry Selena, Damien is really upset about it. I remember that. <laughs> He's really not happy. He's like, my He's dad can't fucking get pissed. My dad can't get married. My dad, more importantly, can't get married to anybody who's not my mom. He literally cries. Yes! <laughs> and like, Are you good? He's like, there, there, it's okay, buddy, it's okay. And Damien's like, I'm just so upset. I just, I, I never thought he'd, I always figured he'd come around and marry my mom. And it's like, no, your mom's kind of like the worst. Remember how your mom cloned you and then let that clone murder you? Yeah, and then you we, came back because of Kryptonian superpowers and you could fly for a little bit. Don't, we had to go to Apocalypse to save you. It was a lot. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, they see, so at, back in the cave, uh, Bar, uh, not Barbara, Stephanie and Damien are talking, and um, 
and I agree with Damien here. Yeah, he's like, how can you gallivant about town with your hair out about that? It's not only a tactical error, but you're leaving yourself wide open to having your identity revealed. And Steph goes, well, you don't tuck away your hair, uh, neither did Nightwing, or Tim, or Superman, Wonder Woman, Kid Flash. You want me to keep going? Because I can pull out the encyclopedia. He's like, yeah, whatever, shut up. Waffle count is at six by the now. Oh, God, these are waffles. Yep. Um, so the flaw in this logic, though, is that there's only one person with long hair on that list, and that's Wonder Woman, and she's a literal, like, god. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do... Well, Dick had long hair for a long time, and then somebody grabbed it, long. and he cut it off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Steph's hair is, like, really long. The only way that I can, like, morally understand her justification is that because of how her cowl works, it, like, covers most of her head, so it's not in her face. It's, like, down yes. the back. Yeah, her hair shoots out the back of her head. It is still long, and I don't think about it from, like, a tactical error. I'm thinking from, like, I have had long hair before. Like, I've had hair, long hair that, like, goes down to my butt. And it, uh, from a maintenance perspective, I, I can't, like, be in a car with the windows down without needing to, like, brush horrible tangles out later. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine coming home from, like, a day of crime fighting, and you're so tired, and you, like, look at your hair, and it's this, like, horrible rat's nest, and there's, like, a batarang stuck in it. And, like, I can't, I can't fathom how much that would suck. So, like, so like girl, braid it. Just braid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you, you you brush your hair, a tooth falls out. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in here? Uh, like, plus, long hair is heavy. It. I had dreadlocks for years, and it was like, when I Whoa. cut them off, it was like I lost 10 pounds off the top of my head. I was like, Whoa. I know, your your neck is, like, over overworking. Mm-hmm. To turn your head, you're like, oh, my God. I would always, when I would sleep, I would get my, I would have to keep my hair up or braided when I would go to sleep and it was that long because I would roll over and it would get stuck in my armpit and I would pull my own hair accidentally. Because it would just like, or get stuck under me when I would roll over and I'd like, my neck would get stuck in a weird angle. Yeah. So I can only imagine what, what it's like for Stephanie, whose hair is like down, her hair is like in the middle of her back. Yeah. So listen, and this is the only time I'll ever say this. Damien's got a point. <laughs> the kid has a point every once the in a while. The kid stop clock is right twice a day like yep so they're looking down at uh at dick and barbara who are this uh damien says i think they're talking about you and she's stephanie says no they're not they're not smiling so you're probably right uh and dick goes they looking at us oh yeah you think they know we're talking about them how could they not and this is barbara goes it's just like they're talking about themselves and the way that everything used to be. But in her head, Barbara's like, it's disarming how easy it is with him. How easy it's always been. But I'm not a little girl anymore, in no sense of the word. Bruce, Dick, they'll always be a part of my life. But I owe it to myself to start looking forward, regardless of how painful that might sometimes be. Um, Dick says, she reminds me of you, you know, from before everything. Uh, Which is and, tragic. Yeah. And she, it's a good parallel to Wendy, who reminds her of her after everything. Yes. Um, and Barbara has her at one point is holding Dick's face in her hands. Yeah. Uh, like with her hand, her thumb on his chin. And I'm just like, you guys have to know how <laughs> you guys have to know how romantic this looks. Right. Like it looks so and they, they it's they so obvious that they love each other. It's so just, tender. It's so plain to see. Like, they care so much about each other. Also, they make a really... Dick makes a very funny joke where he's just like, so what? You get Alfred on all... On alternating weekends? weekends? Yeah, sounds right. 
Um, oh yeah, so I I've never paid that much attention to this panel, um, to this page, uh, from uh, where um, we should add the reason that all those villains were like, were trying to kill Bruce or Dick is because uh, Francisco's dad bet on somebody to kill him so mm-hmm. that he could get out of all his debts. It's a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, so Francisco reunites with Jordana and his friend. Uh, Air quotes. So do yeah. you see it now? Do I see it now. Like, uh, she, uh, especially because of the one panel where Steph is like, well, okay, okay. then. And then everything okay. She's like, yep, Gotham's just full of surprises. Yeah, so because Jordana jumps up, has her legs in the air fully, like kicked up. Like, I'm so, like, don't ever let your father talk you into doing something like that ever again. Like, she's so clearly, like, she very clearly has feelings for this boy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then his friend goes, <laughs> don't disappear on me again either. He says, don't be stupid. He hugs the shit out of this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, like, Francisco doesn't hug Jordana back. Yeah, he, like, kind of gives her, like, a one-arm like a one arm, like oh, so you don't fall because you're jumping on me, hey! But yeah. he like hugs the shit out of this other dude, <laughs> like arms fully around this man. Uh, yeah, and Steph is just like oh, yeah, and actually she has another one here where she says, "Yep, Gotham's just full of surprises." Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and she even goes, "Um, hmm, <laughs> okay then," and uh, she says, "I'm ready for whatever's next," and rides off in the ricochet. And we get... And we get to the thing that we've been building to this entire time. The reason I won't shut the fuck up about Tim Drake this week is because issues... Crossover! Is, yeah, we get crossover for this... Uh, so it's a story called Collision, which is... Uh, it is primarily a Red Robin story, but they decided it would be a good idea to have it crossover with Batgirl, because these are which two makes characters sense. who have been tied together this whole time. Uh, did you want to do the the Red Robin uh, part of this. So just this first part. Uh, issue 9 of Red Robin. Yeah. Or wait, wait, wait. Issue 9 of Red Robin? Or it's, issue it, is, of Red? it is issue, uh, an issue 9. Stephanie shows up at the end of this issue. Um, at the end of issue 9. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I did, to be honest, I didn't read issue 9. Okay. I read issue, I read issue 10 and I read issue 11. Okay, so I will speak but through... I didn't read 9. Through, like, Cliff Notes version of issue 9. Tim fights Killer Moth, uh, deals with him, whatever. Uh, Forgot about Killer Moth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone always does. Um, Tim goes back to his little hideout. Um, I, I will say this is the first time somebody says Tim looks like Dr. Midnight is in this book. Uh, I think uh, Bullock said, thinks he's Dr. Midnight. Um, oh, yeah, it is the first. It is not the last Dr. Midnight yes. joke. Yeah, uh, and we get our first glimpse of Tam Fox, who I adore. I love whoever decided, hey, Tim should, Tim's new love interest, Lucius Fox's daughter, uh, Tam, who is, okay, I want to get into this briefly because they, they, it becomes a thing later. Tim is supposed to be, they say that basically Tim is 17 here. He, he shouldn't be. Tim should be 18 here. Like it's a plot point in this story. It's like a key integral thing is that Tim becomes an emancipated minor. Tim should be eighteen in this story, and that's not even from the perspective of like, oh well, I always read this character as this. 
Tim explicitly turns 16 on page in Robin issue 116. It establishes that his birthday is in the middle of July. Uh, then one year later happens, which puts him at 17. Yep. When Stephanie comes back, it's later in the school year because Stephanie is going to high school with Tim. Yep, they go to the same high school, which they, is hella awkward, by the way. Yes, because they see each other in the halls all the time. And they're not dating. And they're not together, and Tim is supposed to be dating Zoanne Wilkins, and it's a lot. Um, ostensibly, that school year ends, right? Because we're in the winter now. Yeah. So it's been since oh, the summer. in college. Yeah, Stephanie's in college now. Tim is still in high school, apparently. But Tim should be 18, mathematically. If it's winter now... Tim should be 18. Um, but I, Steph is older than him. Though. Steph is a year older than him. Yes. Yeah. Like, That's, so her being in college and him seeming in high school, that tracks. Yeah. And him, and listen, there are 18 year old high schoolers. That exists. Yeah. My, my <laughs> best friend in high school was 18 when we were juniors. So that makes sense. Um, anyway. <laughs> and anyway, I, I just want to throw that out there because it's a point later that we're going to touch back on. Um, so Tim goes to Wayne Enterprises to make sure that there's no snipers there. Uh, and we get a very cute panel of Tam here. Uh, she's like, "Listen, God bless. I can't even. I can't even see what you're talking about, and I can picture it. God bless Marcus Toe. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. <laughs> he's just so. Everybody just looks so cute. Like he, he, draws he really draws like the most gorgeous people. The cutest." You see, he draws amazing hair. He draws hair like like no other. It's incredible. Uh, oh, I also haven't... I feel like this is a good opportunity. I haven't really into the art much in Batgirl. Um, it's not, like, the most groundbreaking art I've ever seen, but it's really charming, and the facial expressions are really good. I think the comedic timing is really solid. Um... Like, there are a lot of good beats, and so I think the artists on Batgirl, like, do a really good job. Tam is great. Uh, She's so great. I love her immediate, and we'll get to this later, I love her immediate response to Vicky Vale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we're engaged! <laughs> yeah, we'll get into her a spot, uh, like, oh god, I have to come up with something right now. Um, but like, yeah. Ah, Tim Drake, Wayne Draper, you really know how to make a girl feel special. I forgot she knows about the, the Draper thing. I know the Draper thing. <laughs> the fact that he keeps using that alias, despite the fact that the first time he says it to, um, he says it to Connor. Connor's like, that's so clearly a fake name. <laughs> he says, he says it to all of Young Justice, and Young Justice is like, are you kidding me? That's not your real fucking name. And he's like, like what do you mean? He's like, well, cause if you were Al, if you were Alvin, you wouldn't go by Alvin. You would either go by Vinny or Al, but not yeah. Alvin. Yeah. That would be dumb. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, man, I hadn't thought. Like, he doesn't introduce himself as Timothy Drake. Like, yeah, because Bruce tells him he can't. Like, no, I mean, like, he doesn't. He doesn't yeah, think yeah, he doesn't say, I am Timothy no, Jackson Drake. Timothy. Yeah, like, um, uh, though there is, just side note, there's a really fun bit in Young Justice comic where um, he is, uh, Tim is talking to, Batman, and he's, Batman is using his fake name, he's call, calling him, like, Alvin Draper, but there's a running bit that Bart can't read lips well, and he somehow butchers Alvin Draper into Timmy Drake. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, huh, 
That'd be, that's a terrible name. Like, well, that can't be it. That's dumb. And, and then it's never touched on again. Uh, um, I think that's the same issue where they, like, go camping and they do, like, Truth or Dare and uh, Tim picks Dare and they're like, all right, take off your mask. And he does and there's a second mask in Oh, God. That issue is great because that's the one. So we're, we're getting so sidetracked here. But I that's know, the one where uh, where Tim uh, where Tim tells him, like, oh, I have no intention of ever becoming Batman. I'll probably stop being Robin when I'm, like, 18 and uh, go to college. I, I'm not doing this forever. And everyone else is like, oh, well, I guess he's like, I, I definitely want to be Wonder Woman one day. Oh, yeah. Uh, which she does also, not do. I do love the Spectre, and this is just like a character thing about Tim, I do love that he's like so very focused on not becoming Batman that the Spectre of the, the threat is always there, because it leads to the really awesome future Tim Drake Batman, who fucking shoots people in the face, um, who time travels all the time to fuck him up. Like, Yeah, and Tim threatening to kill himself to prevent that version of him from existing, and go... So Tim Drake. That is... The most Tim Drake solution to a problem. Oh, God, is this why I like Wiccan so much in the Young Avengers? Because <laughs> he uses that solution, too. He's like, wait, I caused the spell. I should just kill myself. It's a Billy. Like, oh, God damn it. Buddy. Um, <laughs> Billy, stop it. <laughs> anyway, so Tim, <laughs> Tim is, uh, Tim is assuming that, that she has, that Tam has figured out that he's Red Robin. Um <laughs> Uh, and thus, and thus, since oh no, she knows that he's Red Robin. He's just assuming that she's going to figure out that he's already that he's Robin before, and that thus, since he's Tim Drake Wayne and it's Bruce's son, that Bruce is also Batman. Yeah, it's like I trust her. I mean, she had to have put this together, right? I know I can trust her after everything we went through together. God, she's gorgeous. Which is a su- I relate to Tim a lot, and I think that stopping your dramatic obsessive monologue to think about how pretty the girl you're seeing is. I I love it. I have def I definitely do that. It's top tier. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> to have a moment just be like one moment. Must appreciate. <laughs> Must appreciate that this gorgeous woman is hanging out with me. Uh Tim is reflecting on the fact that all his friends are alive and Connor shows up. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's a shocking twist. Everyone I love and care about, minus my father and mother and Bruce are alive yeah love that for me also connor's here not related to are alive uh vicky vale is having dinner with who she believes is bruce wayne note this is hush (laughs) yeah i was about to say yeah oh Um, my goodness and he's like she's not taking this seriously she wants to know about tim uh and she's like uh she's like you have two adopted sons and speaking of, Tim Drake hasn't been seen in some time. He's like, he studies hard. He hasn't been in school for weeks. I called. So where is Tim Drake? No idea. I haven't seen him. He's hard to keep track of. Boys will be boys. Like, Hush is such a terrible fucking liar. Hush is... I mean, Hush was hired to look pretty, sit on yachts, and... and pretend to be Bruce Wayne. And pretend to be Bruce Wayne for a little bit. Hey, but, remember I mean, how you I'm got all that hair. surgery done so you look like Bruce? Yeah, we're gonna pay yeah. you to use that. Yeah. Like, literally, we'll pay you to go on vacation and just be seen by the paparazzi. Yep. Exist. Uh, we'll pay so, you to exist. Yeah, just just to hang out so people don't realize he's dead. Uh, yeah. Tim is... Connor's trying to talk to Tim. Tim doesn't say anything, and he just hugs him. 
And he's like, you're alive. You were dead. Bart was dead. You don't know what that was like. And now you're back. And also, yeah. important to note, this is not, I'm just remembering this now. This is not the first time that Tim has seen Connor. No, they met up in an issue of Adventure Comics. And it was, uh, and I thought also in an earlier issue of Red Robin? No. I don't no, think so. No, you're right. That was Adventure Comics because they Because it's, uh, it's Francis Manipal. Yeah, you're right. It is Francis Manipal who I fucking love. Um, okay, so it's the first time in this, but it's yes. not the first time. Yeah, because they reference it. Uh, they're like, he's like, when we met up in Paris, uh, he's like, look, you found me in Paris. I was in a bad place. And he's like, and now, now I'm in a good place. It's like, you found something. He's like, I, I'm, I'm getting there, okay? Uh, and then Connor and Crypto fly off. Also, I should add that Adventure Comics features the very funny story in which uh, t- uh, Connor meets Lena Luthor and oh, yeah. convinces Lex, like, hey, you're always talking about how much good you could do if, uh, if Superman wasn't here. Well, he's not here right now. So do some good, heal your sister. And then Luthor does it. Um, only to immediately make her sick again. <laughs> it's such a fucking ass. It's I love that. I love that run of adventure comics. I love that run of adventure comics. It's so good. It's so uh, sweet. Connor's just such a sweet boy. He's a good boy. Yeah. Uh, and so Tim says, "This right here, this moment, this is good. I'm just gonna live in this moment for a while." And then Rachel Ghoul calls. He's like, hello. Fucking ruining his day. Ruining the moment. He's like, what's up? I'm going to kill all your fucking friends. <laughs> um, I will destroy. He's like, I will destroy Batman's legacy. Uh, good luck, detective. Also, he calls Tim detective, which I think is cool. Which is an honor. Because that's his pet name Bruce for Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, so. Yeah. Tim goes. I do love that everyone has pet names for Tim, though. I mean, like Shiva calls him Little Bird. Which Little I love. Bird, like, <laughs> which is how he knows that she's coming to kill him in Robin One Eighty Three. Oh yeah, because he she leaves a note that says uh, Little Bird, and he's like, "Oh fuck, 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 shit, she's coming. He's back. She's, she's it's back. Shiva, she and this would come. <laughs> the last time I fought her, I was hopped up on some weird Russian drug, and I only barely beat her. It's shit. Oh, yeah. uh, so Tim Tim rushes to the Batcave because like I need help. Uh, hey Dick, Damien, is anybody here? And who should be there waiting? But Stephanie Brown wearing the Batgirl cap. She's like, hey, I know you told me to stop being spoiler, so I'm Batgirl now. It's this sucks. Um, so we get into Batgirl number eight. Uh. I love, I love this issue so much. Yeah. Um, the banter between these two is—it's I miss these two together so much. Here. They're so good. They're so it's good top every time they're here. Well, also the thing that I think they do a really good job in. Okay, so like, I miss them having banter like this because they do show up together in um, uh, Tinian's Detective Comics, which is fantastic. I love yes. that. Run. Yeah, However, they're together. They're, they're like together in that. They're like together, together. And I yeah. mean, the Tim's like fake dead for like thirty issues, but uh, and Seth gets to do her own shit, which I think is awesome. Uh, it's very obvious that Tinian loves this era of Batman stuff. Yeah, specifically the two thousand nine to two thousand eleven time where like they did all this big re- like rehash stuff in two thousand nine. It was right after Battle for the Cowl, and then two thousand eleven in September, I recall. Uh, because it was my birthday month and I was mad about it. Uh, it was the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that's when everything changed. But anyway, in like the, the Tinian Tech run, I know the Fire Nation attack, um, in the Tinian Tech run, like, they don't have banter like this. They're just like, they're really, like, they joke with each other occasionally, but they're more like really earnest and like constantly talking about how they care about each other. It's more like how Dick and Barbara were. Yeah. In this comic, right now, they're just laying down zingers. What after it? <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, I can't remember if it's in Detective Cop, like the, the Tinian run, um, but there is this really great uh, battle where all, there's this great page of all the family talking and they're kind of divided up. Because um, remember, Kate is talking to Cass. She's like, you don't talk much, do you? No. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Tim and Tim and Stephanie are sitting there together and Steph goes, hey, you want to make out? And he's like, no. And she's like, what about a little? And he's like, how do you make out a little? She's like, you want to find out? He's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's that's them. That's them in the 90s. Oh, my. That's them always. Yeah. Stephanie is always kind of horny almost... and Tim is like. <laughs> Listen, that's them in this comic. Like, Steph is very horny for him the entire time, even though they're exes. She makes good decisions and she's like, this is not healthy for me. Yes, because right Tim, is, Tim is ready to make some bad decisions. Tim is always ready to make some bad decisions, let's be real. Yeah, uh, so Tim shows up in the cave and um, uh, um, also Stephanie's training, fighting these like robots that they programmed robots. to talk <laughs> like, uh, like fortune cookies. Fortune cookies. <laughs> Because Steph was like, I want more motivation. And she said this to Babs when they were eating Chinese tea. <laughs> so Babs was like, hmm, I got an idea. All right. Uh, and w- right before Tim shows up, it says, uh, uh, something you lost will soon turn up. Yeah. You will be excited, invited to an exciting event. Uh, and then as, as Stephanie beats it, it says, why was I programmed to feel pain? And the hilarious part is that Tim walks in, and his first thing is he says Cassandra, and I'm like, buddy. Did you think Ste- did you think Cassandra dyed blonde? her hair blonde? Do you think Cassandra's a bottle blonde? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> critical thinking skills, detective Ross Gould decided that you were equal to Batman. Come you on. are, you are Bruce's heir in this in the regards of that. How are you not? How did you not catch immediately? that was stephanie like do you, did you think that cassandra sandsmark was wearing a bat all of a sudden you, you <laughs> know what it's you know it's not impossible that he would think that he's had a very he rough was. couple of months he was leading the league of assassins for a while was... he was he was also this next this where it says back rising robins are red like the title page um this is where I, like this is the largest anyone has ever drawn he's massive here like, He's fucking gigantic. This boy is big. His, these forearms are like the size of Steph's torso. He's huge. Uh, it's incredible. And so he's like, you swore to me you stay out of costume. She said, no, you demanded I stop being a spoiler. And uh, she's like, Also, so, she drops a Dr. Midnight joke. Yeah. Uh, he says, so what, you're still playing dress up? You're still playing dress up then? And she says... Uh, let's not throw stones, Boy Wonder. I'm not the one dressed like Dr. Midnight. <laughs> and one of the robots walks up and says, the, the one, one you love is closer than you... And Stephanie... <laughs> yeah, it just breaks behind her. Tim goes... <laughs> no, she hits it. Oh, yeah, she does hit it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, I don't look like... What the hell are you doing? 
And then uh, he says, I don't look like Dr. Midnight. And then he thinks about it, and then he takes the hell, <laughs> he takes the takes cow off, and he's like, fuck it. He's um, big, all right, hair out. Yeah, which, by the way, this is uh, Tim's best hairstyle. You cut out there for a second. Oh, this is his best hairstyle. This is the best, his hair. this is iconic. This this is what his hair needs to be at all times. Yeah. Because uh, especially now that uh, they gave Dick the long hair back, give Tim this back. Yeah, yeah. This is, granted, I do think that they, well, they're, yeah, I like the floppier one. Tim's got, like, an undercut now, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. You, the, the, I mean, you can still do, like, the... Give him the fade, but just this length on top. Yes. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I have a note here, which is, God, these two are so in love. They are. But <laughs> I do are... love the sass here, because he walks in, and he's just like, care to share where Dick is? And she responds with, try the bat signal. And he says, I really need you to not be useless right now. And he immediately goes to, that's not what I meant. I didn't, that came out harsher than I meant it to. And she incredibly bats it up with, oh no, you do not get to take that tone with me after how you treated me when I came to see you when whatever crusade you were on. It's like, what I was I doing mean, is none of your business. And he looks at her and says, you haven't changed that much. Which And they're staring at each other and they're like six inches away. And she's like, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And it's like one of those, like, now keys kind of moments. Yes, yeah. And she says, save by the bell in her mind. She says, save by the bell, Draper. No, Drake. No, Wayne. Because Tim at this point is going by Tim Wayne. Yeah. Because Bruce did legally adopt him. So he is Bruce's legal son. And then uh, she's like, oh, fuck, I didn't even ask how he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, his dad's dead. I probably should have. Both of his that. dads are dead. I should probably ask about yeah. it. Yes. Um, the, uh, the alarm is going off. Uh, Tim's, Tim's little code for getting his motorcycle is Robin 183. Which, of course it is. Uh, of course it is. Which is the number of issues that the Robin run had. Yes. It ended after issue 183. Uh, For those who do not know. Yes, who don't know, that Tim's Robin run was 183 issues, not counting issue it's zero and issue 10,000. It's It's crazy that book ran for that long. That book ran for 16 years. I don't, like, it's, that, those, are, those are fucking X-Men numbers right yes. there. Like, that's 93 to 09. And if they hadn't done. make it past 100. It was that book is kind of infamous for being the one that did. Like, um, oh yeah, I mean more in the sense of like it. It's the only exception, other than like you're. If it's not okay for DC, if it's not a DC book that started in the 40s or 50s, it's they, not gonna make it past a hundred. Like Teen Titans, the 2003 run canceled after issue number 100. Like, right. Well, they they um, rebooted immediately after that issue. That issue just happened to come out. In August of uh, 2011. Yeah, it did. It was very good timing for that. But, like, that only made it to 100, and that had been going for a really long time. Like, Birds of Prey kept getting rebooted. Batgirl never made it past, like, the 80s. Nightwing never made it past, like, the 80s. Like, yeah. It it doesn't last that long. And because, uh, so Tim, so they did a Robin, Superboy, and Impulse book all around the same time. All three of them got solo titles. Superboy and Impulse were canceled, I want to say, all three of those books started in the mid-90s, all, um, Impulse and, uh, Impulse and Superboy were both canceled before 2001. Yeah. 
Like, they did not last long. For whatever reason, Robin stuck. Yeah. Well, I think it's also because, like, the bat stuff in the 90s was just really good drama. Oh, yeah. Espe- and like, it you, was if, just... If you wanted your teen soap opera comic, Robin was the one. Oh, my God. That was per. I mean, he was... All- there was always relationship shit happening. It the was, first, like, he's parent in a, drama. He's in a love triangle for the first 45 issues of that book. Yeah, it's... It's, I mean, like, it, it's, I love teen hero comics. Yeah, okay, I love them a lot. And one of the reasons I love them so much is honestly just because, like, the characters are allowed to be dumbass. Yes, <laughs> they're allowed to make stupid mistakes because they're kids. Yeah, and they're allowed to make stupid mistakes that, like, gets them into a world of trouble and then they have to figure out how to get out of it. Versus, like, it's hard to have that plausible deniability when you're like, like, Batman wouldn't make the kind of dumbass mistake that Robin might. Right, Batman... Robin's gonna get into different jams than Batman ever would. Right, the, the the core story arc in Tim's initial series, up until him and Stephanie get together, is that Tim is dating a girl named Ariana Shevchenko, uh, but he also very clearly has feelings for Stephanie and can't come to terms with him himself. Stephanie is super into him, uh, but only knows him as Robin, doesn't know him as Tim. Uh, Tim's dad doesn't know that what he's doing so tim disappears all the time there's a very funny story in which uh tim's girlfriend comes to stay the night uh like he comes home from doing robin stuff and she's just there in his bed uh and uh he's like okay well you sleep in here because i I don't remember why she runs away from home but she runs away from home uh you sleep in here i'll sleep in the guest room and nothing happens but then when Mrs. McElvain, the maid, comes to wake Tim up the next morning, Tim forgets that – he forgets about that when he tells Ariana to stay in his room. So then he runs in to try and get Ariana out, but it's too late. And so now he has to explain who, why his girlfriend spent the night. You also, don't get that is, in a Batman comic. No, you don't. That is also not the last time that Tim Drake will walk into his room and find a girl in his bed. <laughs> Shout out to Rose but, Wilson. <laughs> I was about to say, but at least that girlfriend, way less scary than the Ravager. Yeah, who was drunk at the time. And, and like, butt-ass naked. But drunk, butt-naked, trying to fuck him so she'll trust, so he'll trust him, uh, trust her more? Yeah, yeah, yeah so she can have, not be the black sheep of the team. And then fucking Eddie comes in. in. power. <laughs> Oh, Eddie comes in and is like, hey, somebody's trying to break into the tower. Oh, hey, well, I guess I'm interrupting something. I'll leave. And Tim's like, it's not what it looks like. Tim has oh Tim has Rose handcuffed to his bed. Or handcuffed yeah. uh, on his bed, nude. Yep, because <laughs> she he lies down in bed and she, like, reaches over to grab him and he doesn't realize she's there. So he thinks that she's, like, here to assassinate him. And he, like, freaks out and handcuffs her. But she's now nude and somebody else walks in and is like, Whoa, I didn't see that. He's like, this isn't what it looks like. And she goes, yes, it is. <laughs> She's like, he is going, like, she might as well say he is going to fuck me. In a very kinky way. <laughs> We're going to have kinky sex, Eddie. You want to watch? Eddie, you want to join? <laughs> and Eddie's all deviled out at that point, too. Oh, my God. Also, once again, Brian Q. Miller, the writer of this book, uh, is also the one that kills Eddie. Yes, yes, he was. He writes the three issues where Eddie gets himself nuked on purpose to save San Francisco. Yep. Uh, I read so this morning. They 
we, they get we get on motorcycles. They get on motorcycles and right away. Uh, they we get uh, Barbara and Nick go on another date here. Yeah, they're trying again. Uh, well, mm, it's a simple meal at the diner. Same diner. Same diner. Caroline's uh, diner. Um, we get you know they're just having a conversation. I do want to note this because this um this one little piece of narration that Barbara has. I I screenshot it. It was like, oh, that's me. Uh, she says he never shuts up, but he's cute. <laughs> yeah, that's every woman who has ever been in, uh, interested in me talking about me. I never shut <laughs> up, but you know, he's cute, I guess. Um, so Tim and Steph go to Leslie's clinic uh, and find a bunch of league dudes. Um, Tim beats them up uh, and like very efficiently. <laughs> What's, what's that? Very efficiently, he beats them up. Yeah, before Stephanie even gets there, she just kick. He just you know kicks their asses. Uh, and so he tells them he he tells Steph like, okay, here's here's what's happening. They're trying to get to Leslie's patient files. Uh, they're apparently going after a bunch of people. Uh, they do the overlapping bubble thing here too, where she says, uh, uh, where they both go, whatever that means. <laughs> Which is incredible. Also, this is when he's like, uh, later she says, it's up to us to save the day then. And then out loud she says, can two former whatever we were put aside their differences, put their differences aside to save the day? And he you know says, that's not your you head know, voice, right? I can do things on purpose every now and then, you know? <laughs> and then she sings, you're going to need my help. He's like, I don't, he's like, I I don't, don't need your help. Need your help. <laughs> go home, like, go home, Steph. That's his whole thing through the 90s and here. Um, it's literally just like, Stephanie, leave. Stephanie, go home. Steph, jump. And she says, and she's uh, like, no. He says, damn it's it. It's like the Bugs Bunny thing where he like leans in real close and he's like, no. <laughs> says, damn it. I need your help. And she's just boned. It's, I don't think that's how you say that. I love their banter because she's like, well, then how do you say it? I don't. I don't. You used to. I stopped. He's <laughs> um, like, look, we got to – we can't out Leslie as the bad family medic. So we need to get her out of here without costumes. Uh, he says, okay, no, uh, no time for the present to get back into the Gotham social scene. Seeing me should distract the league long enough to let you get Leslie out of harm's way. And she says, I have a thing to wear. <laughs> It's a, and Tim just like whips out a lock picking set and it's just like we're right out of the corner from the garment district right give me 20 minutes uh so Steph uses the um the autopilot on the ricochet to send a note back to Barbara about what's going on because there's uh, a communications blackout by the way there's no internet no phones no cell right. phones like whole city of Gotham uh, no radio uh and uh Tim Shows up, this is the first time anyone's seen Tim in weeks, months, however long, at, with Stephanie, who, Jesus, what is this dress? I love it. <laughs> her, her yam bags are just fully out. <laughs> okay, that is, that, I, too big, too big. Yeah, the, the, just Here. fully hammer hammered, like. <laughs> it's. This is a, I should mention this is a fill-in artist. This is not the normal yes, artist. Yes, this is not the normal artist. This is a, a fill-in artist. artist for whatever reason. But um, I do love her internal monologue. It just says the word boom, which is a callback to earlier. The issue we didn't mention this. 
she was when she was training, she was training with basically like a riot stick that she called her boom stick. One yes. Word. And every time she hit anything, she would think to herself, boom. boom. Uh, like not as an automatopoeia sound effect, but just like in her, in her head. head. And yeah. so then she shows up in like a cool dress and she's like, boom. And I, I love it. Um, I love it. But it's yeah, also, this... I also love the impl- implied thing of like, Tim remembers her size. Yeah, and Tim. It's purple. Yes, he got I... her something purple. He did. He did this on purpose. He. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Tim yeah. Picked out the dress. Gee, Tim. Hmm. Which, by the way, the Marcus Toe dress, because there's yes! a little flashback, is <laughs> very was... different, not sexy. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is very like waspy. The Marcus Toe one is very waspy. <laughs> it's it's like a church lady dress, and this one is like, I'm going to the Oscars, and my tits are out. This is this is very, this looks like a Bond scene. Like it with, does. Uh, them sneaking in to fight all these, uh, fight all these goons. And, uh... Save Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, she's like, how many? Twelve? How do you want to play this? Beat them till they stop? Just like old times. No, better than old times. I love a tear up my fancy dress so that I can beat the shit out of ninjas moment. It's yeah. my favorite thing. It's my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, this is very... Uh, one time... Okay. My, mild tangent. One time in college, I was taking a, uh... I had to take, like, required, like, classes, but instead of just, like, reading or writing or something, they would be, like themed and uh there was one that was about superhero comics and i waited until i was a junior to take it so that i could like get in because class registration was so difficult for that one and i wrote my final paper i ended up writing it about kate bishop but that went through three revisions revision one was originally going to be an analytical comparing and contrasting between stephanie brown and kate bishop hawkeye oh my god <laughs> and, and this scene was gonna be part of it because of the whole like just like, hey, I'm wearing a fancy purple dress at an event, and I need to tear it up to the upper thigh so I can kick the shit out of some ninjas. <laughs> it's one of those, like, if I had a nickel for any to any every time, I would have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened twice. It's weird that it happened twice. Um, Stephanie says, "It's I know how dangerous this is. Not the assassins. Him. This. Us. It's like music or a roller coaster. Leaves me diso- dizzy, disoriented, blind. It's a feeling I sudden I suddenly realize I used to enjoy. And then as she says that, she punches him in the face. She realizes all the punches are dead. She turns around and she just clocks him. <laughs> and she says, he says, nice hook. Nor nice hook. Better than a brick to the face, I guess. She says, also, remember? really quick, on the previous page, their, uh, the onomatopoeia is uh, their signature colors. So hers is purple and his is red. Yes. Which is so great. And her smacking him in the face is a purple wham. Wham. Uh, and she's like, you remember. It's like, how would I forget that the first time we met, you hit me in the face with a brick. You <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, and then it, Leslie comes out of her hiding place, which was a sarcophagus because they're in a museum because it's a yeah. gala. She just like walks out of the sarcophagus with her phone out like, phone again. <laughs> Just, like, Someone's calling for you. Um, and uh, tell Red Robin a little... Bl- it's it's Oracle. And she's like, hey, yeah. I was able to sue S- get an SOS to a mutual associate of ours through an old Bloodhaven cell tower. Tell Red Robin a little bluebird knocked out the league satellite that was causing our communication problems. And it took me a second to realize what she meant because I was like, Harper's not in this fucking book. You know, right? It took me a second to was like, she doesn't exist yet. That's, yeah. that's like 2012, 2013? Yeah, no, it's, it's Supergirl. It's Kara. 
to Tara. And I do appreciate that, like, instead of relaying this information to Tim, Steph is just like, wait, is she still on the line? Thank you, Supergirl. Yeah. yeah it, she says, anytime, Batgirl. Gotta run. So good. Uh, and so it's like, you folks okay? We are now, Detective. Thanks to Batgirl. She's like, don't fucking ma- don't make it hot, Tim. Uh, and so yeah. they uh they're running on a rooftop later. Back in costume. Back in costume, and uh, God, these two are so in love. I know, and she she does such a good job here because she's basically like she's like holding his face. Yes, and- there she holds his hand first, and then she holds his face, and then she pulls back. And she's like, sorry, I can't let my guard down. This just isn't good for me right now. Uh, also, her internal monologue, uh, after, also, Tim says that he's proud of her. And her internal yes. monologue afterwards, she's, like, getting too close. And her monologue is like, Stephanie Brown, no. Do not. Yeah, because he looks at her. This is a really romantic scene with them on the roof, under the, the moon, moon. in the background. And she's he looks at her and says, I'm proud of you. And she says, there's something I never thought I'd hear. Um, you want to maybe not? <laughs> like, don't, don't make me. Yeah, go. she's literally just like, I'm so goddamn horny for you again. Can you stop it? It's, I, anytime so that they're on panel together, I remember uh, that in, um, there's an issue when Tim's contemplating quitting Rob, being Robin, and she says, uh, Tim, current object of my affection, if I were to wait for you to be in the mood, I would get less uh, less human contact than, a, an agar- than an agoraphobic monk in a one-person monastery. I love her so much. So uh, the thing about them, which, like, uh, which is why I'm, like, totally cool with all the stuff that's been happening, like, in Tim's story this year with, like, him coming out as bi, which is fucking incredible. Also, yeah. Bernard, what a deep pull. What a deep and pull. I had to go back pull. and look. I was like, where the fuck do I know this character from? He's from the, I want to say he's a, issues. Yeah, is he from the Bill Willingham run on Robin? I don't remember the it, writer, but He's introduced anyway, around the same time done. that Darla is introduced. Yeah, I know. And also, he's, like, really smarmy and hits on, uh, hits on Tim's stepmom all the time. Yeah, he's always hitting on Dana. Like, yeah, he's hitting on Dana. Anyway, so, um, but why I'm, like, totally cool with that, because, like, Listen, I love them as a couple. I also love them as exes. Yes. They make great exes because they get to be, like, kind of sassy and, like, a little mean to each other in a bantery way, but they also just so obviously still care about each other. Like, they're not the kind of exes that are like, fuck you, I want you to die. They're just like, I love you more than life itself, but it's not healthy for me to date you, so, like, I yeah. really can't. I do think that eventually they are going to end up back together. I think that... That is kind of the nature of comic books. When people have an established love interest, they are always going to end up back with that love interest. It's like Cyclops and Cyclops and Phoenix. You know, Scott yeah. and Jean are always if they're around, they're going to be together. Well, I think it also has to do with um, like the time period, like the the distance in time between when one character is introduced to another. Like she gets into in terms of like. His general history, she gets introduced quick. It's like two yes. years in, and she's been there the whole time, pretty much. Right. Minus Tim is introduced in 89. Uh, she's in like 91, 92? 92, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's not long after. Uh, versus yeah, their, their it's history like somebody is shows up together. way later, then that's usually when it's dicey. It's like, oh, you introduced this new person. It's been like, like we saw them without, but anyway. 
Uh, it's like it's like Carly Cooper, that. who I think is a great character, but she's uh, for those listeners, Carly Cooper is the girl that Peter Parker dates uh, after the events of One More Day. Um, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's like a forensic scientist or whatever. Um, they break up after the Spider Island event, uh, and they have not been back together since because it was so very clear that this is not going to last forever. So she, yeah. I think they're together for a couple of years, real world time, but it doesn't last forever uh, because you're gonna if Peter Park is around, his primary love interest is going to be Mary Jane Watson. Oh yeah. And it's a similar thing with these two, where I think yeah. right now you can do other things with them. I want Stephanie to date somebody during Batgirls, whether that's I Cassandra. I want her to date Cass. I, I want her to date Cass. Whether that's Cassandra, whether that's somebody else, I don't know. But I, I want her Listen, to date somebody else during. Let, let them both have, like, let them both have their own version of bi-wife energy in the sense of, like, these two people were dating and then they both realized they were bi and then they went off and dated <laughs> <laughs> like it would be so fucking funny if it happened to both of them. Yes. Uh they um you know, let them go away from each other for a while and then come back. You know, which I, I do think is what's gonna happen with them. Yeah. Um So in this panel they just they just they love each other so much. Yeah. Uh they get inter- they get interrupted by Prudence who works who is uh, with the League of Assassins, uh, Stephanie does not realize that she works for Tim. Uh, she, she works for the League of Assassins. She's just like, uh, who is this person? Right, yeah. Uh, so she, um, she, her and Tim almost died once uh, together, so now they're pretty much linked. Uh, and yep. so she shows up to give Tim an assist. Stephanie doesn't know that, though. Uh, and so we get into... Yeah. We're going to briefly touch on Red Robin 10 and 11, because we're running... Pretty... I think Red Robin 10 is honestly great. Re- yeah. Um, just because their banter is so good, and also I love Marcus Toe, and I think Marcus Toe drawing Steph is the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, I will say, his Tim is much slimmer. So much slimmer. Uh... And so, which is how I picture him. This, in my mind, is like what Tim should look like. It's yeah, by Tim Marcus was a, like he was a skater, soccer player. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't I, play soccer for he plays soccer for a couple issues, but he yeah, yeah. Tim should be he should have like a swimmer kind of thing going on. Um, and the yeah, really we, important part here is like not it's it's really in the first couple pages, and it's mostly that like Steph doesn't know who Prudence is, and so like. Prudence name drops like, oh yeah, I work for the League of Assassins. Uh, Ra's al Ghul is trying to kill every single person you've ever loved, Tim. And uh, I was assigned to kill Stephanie Brown. She points a gun at her face, points a gun at Steph's face. Tim has this like life flashing before yes. his eyes moment. He says, <laughs> "I I just killed Stephanie. This is my yeah. fault in every imaginable yeah. way. I I should have stopped her. I tell myself from day one, I knew I should have stopped her, I, but I didn't." I let emotion cloud my judgment, and now she's going to pay for my weakness with her life. Prudence is a killer, and the second I saw her, I should have taken her down, but I didn't. I thought after what we went through with the Council of Spiders that maybe she had changed. Working with the League, it turned everything upside down. For a second, I thought of her like a partner. Dear God, what have I done? And then Stephanie just whoops Prudence's ass! It's incredible! She literally, she has this, like, no-nonsense look on her face. She kicks the shit out of Prudence. Like, 
kicks her gun and then kicks it over to Tim, who's got this like wide-eyed, <laughs> like tiny little expression on his face of like, wow. Like it's it's the moment of like, I love this woman. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, it's pure like. And, yeah. And somebody just like kicks the shit out of her, and I think this is an important moment also because like, in a lot of the like. A lot of the, like, fan communities that try to boil every single, like, bat fam person down to, like, one defining trait instead of, like, having people that have layers yeah. and, like, multiple aspects to their personality and character. A lot of time people give, like, one thing to each person. They're like, Tim can't fight, but he's smart. And they're like, and Stephanie's the plucky, funny one. and She can't do anything. And, like, and no, I like when there's... Stephanie yeah. is, like, incredibly good at this, actually. Yeah, and I like what they do here, because it's like, this, this woman is a League of Assassins assassin with a gun pointed at her face, and Stephanie whoops her fucking ass. Steps on her neck. Yes! And then Tim's like, hey, the gun wasn't loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, he then learns, and he's suddenly smiling, but like... She's like, I came to help. You little... And she's like, help me? You put a gun on my face, not you. Him. I came to help him just like he helped me when he led the League of Assassins. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I can explain that. <laughs> yeah, I do love Steph. Her, the look at her face is very like, you, you did what? Hypocrite. You hypocrite. You <laughs> motherfucker. Um, you don't get to tell me that I'm doing something wrong for being Batgirl, you motherfucker. And then, honestly, the rest of the issue is just very, like, yeah, him uh, stuff. There's a little bit more banter with Steph, but, like, not a lot. Yeah, it, it splits back off into Tim stuff. They Tim does apologize for being an asshole, though. Yeah, uh, and they fight. Uh, they it ends with uh, Vicky Vale is trying to get information about Tim. She runs into Tam at Wayne Manor, uh, and there's a sniper uh, pointing at them. The next issue, uh, they resolve the problem. Uh, that's, yep. that's the easiest way to explain it. Is the, the next issue resolved? Uh, Tim outsmarts Ra's al Ghul, um, uh, and then Ra's him and Tim and Raish fight. Raish throws Tim out of a skyscraper and Dick saves him. Uh, it's and a then, great moment, by the way. It's a great moment. Issue, it's one of my issue favorites. Issue twelve of Red Robin is incredible. Oh, it's uh, issue eleven. No, issue twelve is when he gets thrown out of the skyscraper. Is oh, you're right. Yes, 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 yes. That's issue twelve. Um, because got then, a great cover. Yes, and uh, <laughs> issue twelve is the one where uh, Tam at or that might be an eleven. Um. Tam and Vicky are talking, and Vicky asks, so what's your relationship to Tim? And all Tam can think of in her infinite wisdom is to say, we're engaged. Granted, they have just been attacked by assassins, and Vicky Vale fought them all. Yeah, with a shovel! <laughs> with a shovel! And she's like, what is the nature of your relationship? She's like, oh, we're engaged. And another assassin pops out of the bushes to hit them. Steph? Takes down that assassin and she's like, I'm going to by me again? By the, by the way, <laughs> explain. <laughs> and then Tim, when Tim wakes up in the bad cave after all this, um, Damien, like a little shit, goes, hey. Tosses a newspaper on him. Yeah, because Stephanie's like, hey, uh, I don't know. Is there anything that maybe, maybe you, you might have mentioned to me? Anything slipped your mind as I was saving your life, even after you yelled at me a lot? And Tim's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he looks at, uh, he looks at, Damien hands him the newspaper, and it says, Engage, teen Wayne heir Tim Drake to wed older woman. Now note, Stephanie and Tam are the same age. Yeah, <laughs> one year older. And it's 
fucking hysterical because Tim's just like, uh, and it's the most, it's the most Tim Drake moment that's ever happened. This is, it's this literally is like, surprise, Tim. buddy, you're engaged, your ex-girlfriend's mad about it, and She's you learned pure. about it because you woke up from near coma because you got the shit kicked out of you by Rachel Ghoul. Like, that is, that's Tim's life right there. Uh, that's, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's Tuesday for him. Uh, so, yeah, problem is dealt with, and, uh... For those of you wondering, where does Tim's story go from there? Rachel Ghoul is trying to get Tim to produce him an heir. So. <laughs> yep, yep. He's like, Damien was a lost cause, and there's no more Bruce to go around. So. <laughs> oh. you, uh, and I think, he, I think it's like one of his other daughters he sends after Tim. Oh my god, yep. It's like, go seduce the boy. I gotta reread Red Robin. It's I, been years. I'm also gonna reread that because I don't think it's I've been read years. It since like 2013. Which, granted, it had also been years since I reread this. I hadn't read this until mm-hmm. since like 2013, 2014 for this Batgirl one. It's amazing the kind of things that I remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this do you want to? With... Yeah. Do you want to get back to? We we should probably go through the flood quick. Yeah. The, yeah. Because we've been talking on... for a while. Yeah, we're talking about three hours. Uh, three and a half. Um, yeah. Uh. So the flood, which is the final arc of Batgirl Rising, um, the first half of Stephanie's time as Batgirl. Um, really quick note: uh, these covers are drawn by Stanley Lau, aka Art Germ. These are some of the best covers uh, ever. These are like when you Google Stephanie Brown Batgirl, these are the images that come up. Yeah, they are like the quintessential like this is Steph. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, so this story opens with a guy named Johnny C trying to blow himself up on a train. Uh, Stephanie stops him. Um, he is not important in this part, but he does come back later in the Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we should touch on this, because he doesn't come back in the, the rest of the As the, the gray ghost. As the gray ghost. <laughs> um, and you're right, that little girl from before is on this train. Yeah, she's back. Oh, the little girl also shows up in the last issue when uh, the little girl helps save her from Black Mercy, I think. Mm-hmm. And the little girl's also in the Black Mercy vision as like a future robin S kind of figure yes it's so. like she's essentially stephanie's robin which i think is really cool yeah which um, i think is adorable and so stephanie stops johnny uh and moves on uh she talks to the commissioner for a sec uh she's he's she like, Look. stops johnny really well too. Re- extremely efficiently like no collateral damage no one's hurt like yeah gets and, applause from the people on the train yeah She's like, huh. Big Spider-Man 2 vibes. Yes, all in a day's work, um, citizens. With, with less train destruction yeah. than Spider-Man 2. Less train destruction and suit ripping. She breaks, uh, like, one window. Yeah, breaks the window she comes in with, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh... Gordon tells a good job. Gordon's like, hey, good job. Uh, look, I know you've already set up a rapport of sorts with Detective Gage, i.e., you want to fuck him, but, um... <laughs> Good job. She responds with, I think the jury's still out on that one, which is hysterical. Uh, we cut to uh, Stephanie, or not Stephanie, uh, Wendy and Barbara uh, talking. And this is kind of where we get to the first glimpse of the calculator. Who? Okay, one thing I find hysterical about the calculator in this book is that in this book, the calculator's fucking terrifying. However, the calculator is a classic Batman villain where he would literally have an actual calculator on his chest. It was it had buttons. Yeah. And he could do math really fast by pressing the buttons. And that's it's like from the 60s and he's just absolutely 
just so dumb. Just a total um, loser that they they just, uh, made horrifying here. Absolute loser. He is terrifying. Some of the calculator shit from this comic I have thought about for over a decade. I like, I it was me. these things like and the more I read this, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about this, but it's really like reactivated these memories. Um yeah. So Stephanie meets Wendy, forgetting that they've met before at that charity thing at the gala, yep. um, which I think is why that story dips into Batgirl for an issue instead of just staying all in Red Robin, uh, was because it has to set up that Stephanie knows Wendy. Um, Entirely possible. Um, also, the stuff that they talk about about the calculator is basically, calculator is Wendy Harris's father. I don't know if we mentioned that before. Yeah, Wendy um, and Marvin's dad is the calculator. Uh and he he really hates that Barbara stopped him from taking custody of Wendy uh, because Barbara knows that he's super evil. Yeah, and was going to do like weird experiments to try to give her her legs back. That Including were, like, torturing weird experiments Kid Eternity. were killing people. Yes. I think he killed Kid Eternity. He did. They don't know that yet. Yeah. We'll get. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have notes about that. I fucking reread a Teen Titans story for this. Like, <laughs> I cross-referenced... So much shit. Uh, but yeah, so Stephanie talks to Wendy. Yeah, uh, for a second. And then they, uh, they've they set up their new hideout, Firewall, uh, which is underneath Barbara's apartment building. Yeah. Um, also, St. Nick is looking into a mysterious suicide. Yes. More on that later. Yeah, more, we'll come back to that. Um but yeah, and, uh, Firewall. Great name, honestly. I really like it. Yes, a lot of good names here. Uh, we'll, we'll get a good name that ties into it being called Firewall later. Oh, yeah. Wendy Wendy picks a good one. Wendy's Wendy picks good. a really good name at the end of this. Uh, so yeah, Nick's looking into this thing, and uh, these people suddenly start speaking binary at him. And the security guard tries to shoot him, but then Stephanie jumps in and saves him. Yeah, but... The jumps in saves him. The important part here is that she jumps in and saves him, and then the security guard, holding the briefcase of the thing that he was trying to steal, starts running towards a window. They are on the, like, 36th floor. They've established that before. I don't remember if it was 36, but it was, like, a high floor number. Um, 38. Wow, okay. Uh, good job, Jesse, with the memory. Uh, so, floor 38, he's running to the security guard. He's huge, I should mention. He's, like, three times the size of Steph. He's just a big guy. Yes, a big fucker. Just running towards a window, and they're like, oh, no, he's not stopping. He's currently, like, possessed zombie kind of thing. Yeah. He barrels out the window. Steph grapple hooks his foot, tries to save him, like, manages to hold him up, stop his fall very briefly, but her grapple hook's only wrapped around his shoe. Yeah, and, and also so it is the beginning of a flood. Yeah, it's literally raining. They mention his, like, little, like, intro things of, like, the location cards where they're just like, got them, five inches of rain later. Like, yeah. It's raining like a motherfucker. And so he slips out and falls and fucking dies. And Steph is horrified. Yeah, because she's like, I just wasn't, I wasn't strong enough. And it's like, well, I mean, a lot of factors. That is the thing. Like, she didn't drop him. Yeah. But, like, she tries to jump after him and Nick holds her back. Yeah. Uh, And so they get a sample of his blood. To give to Barbara. Barbara analyzes it. Uh, and 
it's nanites from apocalypse and who who was getting tech from apocalypse the last time we saw them the, the calculator, calculator who is so fucking creepy he has dug up his son's dead body and has him on a floating apocalypse chair they just follows him around his compound he talks to his son's corpse yep but Marvin, my boy, my son, we're going to get your sister back. We're going to save Wendy. And you won't want to miss the best part. The part where I murder Oracle. The other thing the calculator does is that he has such full control over all of the, um, he has such full control over all the people that are, like, his zombie slave things that he can just order them to kill themselves literally whenever. I literally like, hey, go ahead and kill yourself. I watched the Black Widow movie for the first time earlier today. It's just mm-hmm. like that. It is just like that. It is It is identical to that. I read this comic. <laughs> and then watched, watched that Black movie. Widow, like, two, like two hours later, I was like, huh, that's familiar. Um, so the person who like brings him the briefcase, he's just like, all right, go kill yourself. You're done here. And then and she, she just, just like walks away and pers- proceeds to kill herself. Does it. Yeah. Uh, like, it's horrifying. Yeah, so he, the calculator uses mind control to orchestrate the theft of a of the Justifier helmet. Technology left behind the last time Darkseid tried to take over the world. Which would have been Final Crisis. Yes. Um, and so, uh, so I truly wish you could be here to see this, son. Shame Kid Eternity burned out like he did. After all the trouble I went through to abduct him. Uh, Attacking the Teen Titans, getting the Devil One killed. Yep. Sorry, Eddie. Uh... Small price to pay for the time I got to spend with you, however fleeting. I certainly could just kidnap Wendy, too, but Oracle's already kept me from being with my daughter once. And just like your Teen Titans, Oracle needs to learn a lesson in humility. And so I find this absolutely wild, because it's literally just like, Brian Miller gets to write, like, three issues of the Teen Titans, and he's already just like, alright, I'm looping that back in. Yeah, uses it to set this up. Like, like why not? And so, uh, Stephanie saves these women, um, ostensibly. Yeah, ostensibly these women are sex workers. That is the the vibe I got. Uh, Oh, yeah, I I literally wrote down in my notes that she saves a bunch of prostitutes. And they cheer her on. They love her. These these, (laughs) these prostitutes love bad girl. (laughs) They're like, yeah, woo! Also, Oracle's, like, turning off all of her tech in the firewall. She's literally unplugging everything. She's turning off the main power. He's scared, and Steph is just like, uh, I don't like that you're nervous. And she's like, I'm fucking nervous! It's like, uh, the calculator sounds like a jackass. He is. Cool. Um. Oh my goodness. And, uh, uh, so Steph beats up these goons. Uh, the girls are like, how can we thank you? Uh, stay in school? (laughs) Keeps me out of trouble. Uh. Hilarious, and they all like joyously like skip off into the distance. <laughs> and they're like really tiny in the distance. It's a, it's a minuscule part of the panel, but they're just like joyously off in the distance. So good. Um, it's like the dudes on bikes who were like absolutely going to assault them are like bleeding with no teeth on the ground. <laughs> yes, they're just kicking shit out of these guys. Um, really broke their knees too. <laughs> yeah, she does that cartwheel kick again, so probably. Oh my goodness! So uh, good. Nick goes to meet Barbara at her office, where Stephanie is also meeting her. Oh, uh, God, their conversation is the most awkward thing that's ever Because <laughs> Stephanie's fucking outside voice keeps kicking in. 
Also, because Stephanie keeps forgetting that she's not in costume. Yeah, she keeps, she keeps talking to him like she knows him, and he's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. She goes, I never thought breaking and entering was uh, was your thing. And he goes, uh, that's a uh, oddly personal for someone I don't know. And she's like, shit, right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this guy does not know that I'm Batgirl. Uh, and he, uh, he's like, so, detective, what brings you to the good assistant professor's office? He's like, I was, uh, I was just hoping to steal some of her time and all. We kind of know each other socially. And she out loud goes, how freaking awkward is this? And he goes, what? And she's like, uh, <laughs> oh God, I said that out Like, she's blushing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh God, I said that out loud. I, this is the only mean, time she's ever blushing. I mean, worried. You seem worried. Is everything okay? <laughs> Are we gonna, uh, anyway, uh, I gotta go. He's like, but first, uh, they actually bond over the fact that that security guard died because he's really broken up about it too. And yeah. she's like, happens to the best of us, right? Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, you know, detective, Gotham's a big place. I'm sure you got more people looking out for you than you think. And she, he goes, still with that oddly personal, huh? That's your thing? I am who I am. And then they go, okay, bye. <laughs> And then he leaves and, like, slams the door, and she's just like... What's my problem? Why am I like this? <laughs> Literally just like, why am I like this? Personified. Uh, Wendy makes her way to Firewall, uh, because she, Barbara's been leaving breadcrumbs for her the whole time. Uh, like, wanted her to follow the signal back there. Also, wanted her to stay here to protect her. Yeah, she rolls into Firewall, and Firewall immediately fucking locks down and locks Wendy inside, because, and a recorded message is just like, hey, BT dubs the calculator's back, I need you to stay here. Uh, so then, the calculator sends out a pulse to all the tech in Gotham. It turns everybody, it keeps, it's basically the phalanx. Yeah, it really, he, it's got like, the eyes look very yes. like, Techno-organic. Also, really quick, uh, as the pulse is going out, uh, Baz is teaching a class. Um, she's wearing a tank top. Her arms are, like, ripped. And yeah. one, a, a dude in class texts his friend who's sitting next to him. His friend, who's a woman. Uh, All caps. He says, she's hot. And, she's the, hot. and the girl goes, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude is sitting in the front row directly behind her. So looking at looking at Babs' lats, just like damn. <laughs> like my God, she's hot. <laughs> she's but hot because because they're all looking at their phones now. They got zapped. It's it's snow crash is what this is. This mm-hmm. is snow crash. It's literally like they were looking at a piece of technology when the signal came in, and now they are zombified, and their eyes are glowing red, and they're all saying target acquired. Target acquired. Target. It's, okay, it's just Soldier 76s all up in here. Yes. <laughs> just uh, constant, like, a target-rich environment. Barbara and Stephanie fight off, uh, they try to fight off an army of zombie dudes. Um, they and, do not succeed. Yeah, they do not succeed. They get separated, uh, and Babs is, I just, it just clicked in my head that this was Gordon. I guess I scrolled past that before. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely Gordon. Uh, Encases her in fucking kryptonite, not kryptonite, carbonite. Yeah, they, like, vomit carbonite on her. 
Uh, it's like it, very clearly carbonite. Too. It's so gross. Uh, they take her away. Uh, also, uh, new techno zombies that show up at the end of this issue. Uh, Selena, uh, Selena, Helena, and the fucking man bat. Yeah, all zombies, and it's listen. Oh, just, that's the worst thing you can see. Yeah. <laughs> if I looked up. And I see Man Bat charging at me with red eyes. I just... Followed by Helena? Yeah, I'm just gonna... It's literally like, I'm gonna lose a limb today. I'm gonna make my peace with the Lord. <laughs> uh, gonna say a prayer. <laughs> Mama, I'm coming home. You know, that's... <laughs> the only one that could be worse would be if it was, like, Azrael. <sighs> well, then Azrael would just try to judge you for your sins. Um, and he might stab you in the process. Yeah, but the sword only actually hurts you if you if you're I a sinner. No, I forgot about that. I just remembered. Is, I was remembering as Batman, where he just had the, like the the, the uh, Assassin's Creed yeah. things on his hands. He has the the sword around this time that uh, it judges people for its sins. When he stabs Tim, it finds him free of sin, which is crazy because I know that there's no way that Tim and Stephanie were not having premarital sex. <laughs> Look, I'll say it. Stephanie takes charge. Yeah, absolutely, one thousand percent, one thousand. Maybe one time she was just suddenly naked in his bed. He was cool with that because it, it wasn't like, the Ravager. It wasn't a the Ravager or B uh, his girlfriend when he was fourteen. God, uh, God that poor, that poor kid. Yeah, issue eleven. <laughs> oh, issue eleven opens up with Barbara in bed. Uh, she wakes up, and who is there but Dick Grayson? With no shirt. Of course, it's Dick Grayson. You're going to draw him with a shirt as, on? I was about to say, as the Lord intended. That's a, that's a waste of the material. <laughs> he puts a shirt on later. Yeah. But, like, why? Yeah. Um, also, it's, like, very, like, the coloring style of this page is different than anything we have seen in this book here too far. Yes. Like, it is, it is very sunny. It's very yellow. It's very warm. It's very, like, hazy and comforting. Which is kind of immediately alarming, seeing as the last time... This is a new issue, by the way. Yeah, seeing as the last 11. time we saw Babs, she was encased in carbonite. Yep. Also, Barbara can walk here. Which should yeah. be a, a definite tip-off that things are not right. Yeah, and she doesn't really realize what's wrong. She has a monologue where she's like, something's wrong. I don't like, know what it is. Something, she's like, everything's up. perfect. Maybe I just had a bad dream. It's uh, Thanksgiving Day. The whole Bat fam is here, minus Bruce and minus Stephanie. Uh, Tim's here. Out. Wait, it, is Tim here? Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, Tim, Tim's there. He's yeah, wearing, like, a like a red, red sweater. sweater. His face looks really weird here. It's not good. Yep. <laughs> it's not good. But he's, like, throwing a football with Dick in the background of one of the other panels. Like, yeah. And, uh, um... Barbara does a split for some yeah. reason. She, like, vaults over the couch because she hears someone knocking on the door, and she, like, does the splits in the process. She opens the door, and who is there? The calculator wearing the Joker's Hawaiian shirt from Killing Joke with red makeup smeared across his face, pointing a gun at her. It's very... Which is fucking terrifying. So scary. Like... Uh... Oh, she's in this happy, beautiful dream world, and then suddenly the most, the worst day of her life. Yep. Goes up. Uh, I should say there is an editor's note here. Uh, it's a, where there is, I don't have one. That's weird. Uh, it's on the DC Universe uh, version of it. Uh, I'm he's... reading on Comicsology. Hmm. 
so she says when I uh, calculator in real in the real world says when I saw your face and when I saw her face in your sister's hospital room I was too enraged to remember where I knew her from I used to think that she simply worked for Oracle she's good spent a lot of time protecting herself roadblocks in place wherever I find I run her fingerprints or DNA for confirmation and there's a little note there that says see Oracle the cure I literally don't have that in his note. That's weird. The, the comic self, I'm, I'm sure it's in my floppies, but yeah, once again, yeah. I didn't want to take the tape off of everything just because yeah. it's annoying. I switched, okay, my old comic collecting thing, I switched the brand of tape that I use at a certain point, and it's way easier to take off now, but anything that I put in a bag back in, like, 2009, 2010, getting that thing in and out is, like, a nightmare, and I just haven't rebagged them yet. <laughs> Uh. So, so I spent the like what like twenty five bucks to just buy it, again. and I was like, "That's worth it's worth but, my time." Yeah, but no, I I don't have editor's notes. Very weird. Very weird. It's only in these issues. I Comicsology, think. Comicsology, get your shit together. I used to work for Amazon, so I love to shit on them. So Comicsology, get your fucking shit together. <laughs> you make too much money for this. Um, my so God, S- Stephanie's running away from. Stephanie has to fight Catwoman, the Huntress, and Man Bat. And she does manage to take down Selena. Uh, By grabbing her face with her thighs and flipping her into a shipping container, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Good use of uh, good use of your core strength, frankly. Yes. I will refrain from saying anything uh, disgusting. <laughs> um, he is terrified of Helena, though. As most normal people should be. It's like, hey, you know what's great? Uh, As everybody should be. But she's like, not. she's not terrified of Selena. She's like, okay, I got this with Selena. And then freaking Huntress shows up and she's like, I'm gonna die. Hey, you know what's scary? The Huntress with zero moral code. Uh, The Huntress with no Catholic guilt. (laughs) That's like fighting Daredevil with no Catholic guilt. It's like fighting Daredevil with no Catholic guilt. Uh, (laughs) So, Wendy manages to reach out to, to Steph. And they work together to deal with the problem. Uh, meanwhile, Barbara, in her mind, is fighting the calculator. Um, why is Barbara Jean Grey here? Um, <laughs> why is she wearing the Marvel Girl dress? Oh my god, you're right. She is Jean Grey. She's got the yoga boots and everything. Uh, before we get to that part, though, we skipped one important thing, which is that Steph escapes from Huntress, goes into the sewers, and runs into Runs Man-Bat. immediately into Man-Bat! <laughs> like, this girl cannot catch a fucking break. She's bad day. Bad day. Bad day. Uh, so... But, yeah, so Barbara asks... Oh my god. It's got different sleeves, but like, yeah, this is basically... It's the Marvel Girl. Girl. <laughs> this is the Marvel Girl. But she's got these, like, little... Look at the look at the round glasses. This yeah. is very 70s. Yes. Um. So she realizes that th- her mind is currently connected to the calculators. So... She and the calculator. I, I will say the calculator says some very rude things, very ableist things to Barbara. Oh, he's such a dick. <laughs> such a fucking asshole. Uh, Barbara realizes their minds are connected, so she pushes him back into his own mind uh, to figure out what his fucking problem is. Um, uh, the reason he's in her mind, by the way, is because he wants to steal all of her secrets. He wanted yes. to just kill her originally, but then he's just like, wait a second, I have this ability to, like, hack people's minds and jump so into their minds. That. So I want to know everything that Oracle knows. And so he can't, though, she because she's Because Barbara has too many mental blocks. Defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and so. also her brain is organized as a library, which I think is a nice callback to her being a librarian. Yeah. And it's also the callback to Stephanie briefly working in a library. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. 
So Steph rides uh, rides Man Bat into an airport. Uh, just fucking crashes him. Uh, while Wendy rides the ricochet. Uh, we should mention the ricochet was originally designed to be like an escape pod for Babs because it was it was stored underneath Babs' apartment building. Yeah. And so it's like fully equipped to handle somebody with a wheelchair. So it's got like a pop out wheelchair compartment. And yes. It's a it's a very smart, very forward thinking. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, Wendy shows up in the ricochet. Yeah, uh, and her and Steph hijack a plane. There's an incredible exchange where Steph looks at Wendy and she's like, you're a Teen Titan, right? She's like, was. was. Whatever. You know how to f- teach it? Kind of. Fantastic. Stay positive like that. We might just make it through this. <laughs> and then they, as they run towards a plane, literally just like, uh, do the Teen Titans teach people how to fly planes? I really hope they do. We need that right now. I was like, who Who have I ever seen fly a plane? Uh, Tim. Wonder Girl. Eddie that one time. Yeah, it didn't end well for Eddie. No, but, you know, he didn't I crash mean, the plane. It, no one ever tested his landing skills. Uh, I mean, no, you don't test for the situation where you have a bomb in the back. It, uh, it was in the front seat. It, true. Yeah. The bomb was a dude. That's right, it was, yeah. The bomb was a dude who just, like, decayed. He was, like, yeah. a radioactive dude. I do love that this, like... Steph and Wendy thing is basically just like constant improv because it's something that Barbara mentioned back when they were like doing the adventure with Damien was like all right you're gonna have to improv this and it's like but that's your specialty right and it's like yeah actually I am very good at improvisation I'm very good at figuring this shit out as I go they are yes anding their way onto this plane (laughs) 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 uh so Steph they, they, Steph realizes, hey, we need to get the drop on your dad. So she jumps out of the plane into the swamp, uh, where, uh. With a cool skydiving outfit thing. Yeah. Uh, she, like, ties her cape up. She finally braids her hair. Yes, which she, she braids her hair. Have a braid. Um. So, issue 12, the last issue of the, of this collection of issues. Thank you for sticking with us for the last four hours, by the way. <laughs> Yes, thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us just go off on tangents about <laughs> Stephanie Brown. Uh, they so Stephanie dives into the compound, uh, which she has no way of knowing that the calculator doesn't know she's here. Uh, also, really quick, she's she recaps for she's narrating for the first page, but she recaps a little bit, and then she says uh, the important part that I think here is like a good thesis, which is. This isn't trying. This isn't about trying to prove anything to anyone. Not anymore. It isn't about me chasing after some boy. This isn't about me having hope. This is about me saving the one person who's ever given a real crap about me. It's like, about keeping she, promises. It's about being a hero. Yeah. 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 And this is where she's like, "I'm Stephanie Brown. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm Batgirl." And she does like a cool superhero landing. But I love the whole point of this is not like I'm not trying to do something esoteric. I'm not chasing a boy. Like. I'm Babs not trying to. Trouble. I'm not just trying to solve my. I'm uh, not just trying to ruin my dad's plans. Which, yeah. Um, I know we still aren't going to get into the current Robins thing. I do want to say though, that's something that I think they definitely kept in mind about her and her motivations as a character when they went through the the Gauntlet story in Robins number two. 
uh, where it's like I haven't read yet. Okay, so just th- <laughs> there's sorry. a thing where they detail every Robin's first real test. And oh, gotcha. Yeah, because I'm reading the physical. Okay. And I know they came out digital beforehand, but I yeah. have been waiting, so I haven't. Gotcha. I haven't read that yet. Yeah, Bruce just has a note about Stephanie's motivation and how it's all tied to wanting to get back at the Clue Master. She's not doing that anymore. Oh yeah, no, she's uh, done with that. Yeah, we we get a glimpse into the calculator's mind, and uh... terrifying. I will remember this sequence until the day I fucking die. Him in a cage. Being as forced, a child. As a child being forced to solve a Rubik's Cube. A fucking murder Rubik's Cube. His hands are bleeding. The yeah. Rubik's Cube is attached to the lock on the cage, and he's saying over and over, like, Mommy, if I do this, will you let me out? Uh, like, uh, pleading with her. And it's horrifying. And she, Barbara in her head says, I hate feeling sorry for bad guys. Knowing I found pity for him is only going to piss him off more. And then he hits her with the chair. He hits her with a fucking chair. <laughs> he, and he swings this motherfucker. He <laughs> her the shape of her body after he hits her is just like too. It's too round for um, like what a human should look like. For the wrestling fans watching this, um, the sound that I imagine is go watch the Undertaker versus Ken Kennedy Survivor Series 2006. That match has the has one of the sickest chair shots I've ever heard I've ever seen. The chair makes the most disgusting sound it could possibly make as it hits Kennedy in the face. That's the sound in I the imagine. Face? In his in, in no. the face, it's crazy. Um, at least he hits Oracle just in the side. In the side, yeah. He says, "If one of us dies while we're connected, who knows what will happen?" Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> no, he's ready to fucking rumble. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we cut back to Steph, and there's a laser grid that she used to get her way through. We do not see her go through the laser grid, but she's talking to Wendy, and every, like, five <laughs> words, there's just a zap, zap, and she's like, that sucked. Or a zap, and she's like, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, and her and, costume's intact when she runs into the lasers, and it is not intact when she runs yeah, out of the lasers. It's not as fucked up as the as the old Batgirl suit got. But it's no, fucked. it's just got a couple of things, but it's yeah. just really funny. Um. And then Steph so runs right into Marvin's corpse, and so it's like before this Before that, is... they bond over the dads being assholes. Yep. That's, like, important. They're both, like, yeah, they're very important. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she runs straight into Marvin's corpse. And it's like, oh, whoa. Oh, uh, yeah, just surprise. Corpse. And Barbara fights, uh, fights Calculator into the memory of uh, Calculator's wife killing herself. Right, it was implied it was literally right after she got home from the hospital after birthing twins, and yeah. he wasn't there. And the implication is that he wasn't there because he was doing a crime. Yeah, he was doing calculator shit, and she said no more. And nope. yeah, and the twins are just like in cribs, and the wife is just dead, just on the couch, dead. Uh, and she's like, "Look, I said you didn't want to know. I just I shouldn't have said anything. I thought, just thought you should know that your dad." has your brother's dead body in here. Um, and Wendy says, hey, don't touch anything, because if I know my dad, he'll have some sort of fail-safe in place, which, of course... Uh, Immediately she... touches something. Yep. Uh, and so... There's a great internal monologue, because there's a countdown to when they're going to terminate all of the, like, the infected drones. people, which, yeah. which is... 40% of the city, by the way. Yeah. Um, and she looks at this countdown, which is a three-minute countdown, and internally monologues, 
How many times can we destroy the city in one lifetime, Steph? This is this will be number three. You should stop doing this. <laughs> it would indeed be number three. Um, and then Barbara sees the memory of uh, of killing Kid Eternity. Yeah, calculated killing Kid Eternity. Very um, clockwork orange. Yeah, like he's forced his eyes open and is bashing his skull with a crowbar. Bad villains fucking love crowbars. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a real crowbar in real life. Maybe one. I also don't think I have. These people I, always have crowbars. It's Gotham City. Of course it is. Of, co- of course. <laughs> it's just, they sell them at every corner store. Right. Instead of an umbrella stand when you walk into someone's home, it's a crowbar stand. Get, get a punch card. Every oh time you go God. to the corner store, it's like you buy ten, you get a they free just, They stamp the crowbar. Right. It's your rewards card. Um. So yeah, he absolutely kills Kid Eternity here. Yeah, and so he tries to unplug both of their minds and kill them. Uh, Stephanie is trying to you stop everything from fucking up. She manages to grab the helmet out of the thing that he's got the thing that he's got ejected into that's going to send the pulse out. Uh, and then creates a fucking. How would you describe this? It's uh, oh, I wrote it down. Um. Weird wire slash tentacle monster. Yeah, yeah, that sounds accurate. Some sort of hentai creature. Yeah, and then Wendy crashes a plane into it. Yeah, and then Wendy crashes a fucking plane. <laughs> Just <laughs> boom. <laughs> Straight down. Uh, Just. And then the weird tentacle monster is defeated. Like, the tentacle monster is there for two panels. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, oh fuck. Like, it was a failsafe, and the failsafe just immediately gets cracked. Yeah, because Wendy Donnie Tarko's it. Uh, And then she, and then Steph literally says, how did you get here? And Wendy says, they're crashing, Steph? That was me ramming the jet into the compound. And Steph's like, nice. Oh, cool, yeah, good job. Uh, And then uh, Steph and Wendy manage to wake them up. Uh, and, uh, they, they pull Barbara out and then immediately put Calculator back in. Yeah, Wendy does. And it's the coldest fucking moment. Like, she's, she's crying, but she's fucking stone cold. Like, yeah. no, you're going to stay in that hell. And he immediately regresses to like, mom, you please let me out can of I, the cage. I, then can I come out, mommy? Like, hey, I'm going to put you back in the worst memory, you, the worst abuse you ever endured. Because that's Forever. only the half of what you put us through. So, back side of Carbonite, calculator's handled, and they're back on campus for the, the denouement of this, not just this four-issue thing, but, like, really the first 12, because we've gone through 12 issues, 13, if you can't yeah. Red Robin. Like, the denouement for this whole intro is kind of this next scene, which is, like, a couple pages. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but, uh... Barbara, Steph, and Wendy are all on campus. Uh, Barbara and uh, Nick go off together. And, uh... Saint <laughs> Nick, yeah. Yeah, Ste- uh, Steph's outside voice kicked in. He says, uh, would you mind? He's like, yeah, still awkward, but whatevs. Like, outside voice. Yeah, I know. Have fun, bye. <laughs> uh, and then Steph invites Wendy to join the superhero stuff. Yeah, um... And Wendy talks to the picture of Marvin. Like, she has this little scrapbook of her and Marvin together. And she goes, well, I don't know, Marv. What do you think? I would like to say that Marvin looks like Peter Parker here. He does. It's super weird. He does. 
Um, uh, Stephanie, so Wendy joins. Wendy joins. Uh, They're Stephanie. on this little mini mission, which is against this hysterical little man that is never going to show up ever again. The Blimp Master. <laughs> the Blimp Master. He's literally got a Zeppelin that's like above. He's like, I'm going to blow up City Hall. And she's with your <laughs> with blimp. Your blimp. Huh? What uh, else would I use? I am the Blimp Master. And we are formally introduced to Wendy's new alter ego, Proxy. The best name. What it fits so perfectly because especially one, because she's go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, she acts as a proxy for Oracle now. Yes. If Oracle yes. is not available, Proxy is there. Uh, and the the uh, you know the location is called Firewall. Yes. Oh, I love it. And also, I love that at this little thing at the end, uh, Steph is like, okay, Proxy, how do you want to play it? And Proxy's just like, let's kick his ass. And Steph's just like, this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, you're, you're <laughs> exactly the partner I needed here. Yes, uh, quite literally. Just like, oh, yeah, you get me. And Johnny C, who has been in, I, I presume he's been in Blackgate this whole time. Probably. Uh, he... Oh, it's a central lockup, so yeah, maybe. Um, he says, I cannot wait to see... Like, he's staring at her in the newspaper. He's like, got I, newspaper clippings of her. Yes. Uh, and these are either news... These, I think these are his own drawings. Oh, no, these are drawings, you're right. Yeah. Um, of costumes for himself. Yes. One of which is just is just Ted Kord. One of which is basically Batman, but with a Wolverine mask. Yep, uh, and I think Dr. Midnight's up there. Uh, one of them is Zorro. Oh, yeah, it is. One of them is Cyclops! Cyclops. <laughs> what the fuck? One of them is a dinosaur. One of them is Wolverine. It's got, look, he's got a hand. It's got the three claws. Yeah. Um, but oh then you can, see the, you can see the gray ghost costume there. Yeah, you can see the gray ghost costume in there. Uh, um, and he'll come back later as, like, she tries to be... His, he tries to be basically her Robin. He tries to be fucking hates him. Yeah, she hates more him more accurately. He tries to be her spoiler. <laughs> yes, and she always tells him to fucking get lost. And she's like, like "Oh my god, was I this annoying? What? Oh my god, I should call Tim and tell him sorry." Like, granted though, he's also like a grown ass man. Like he's yes. older than her. This is a is a man, and he's of, like in love with her. It's, like, he... it's weird. <laughs> Well, she beat me up on that train and saved my life from saved me from blowing myself up. I will die for her, and then yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. Oh yeah, he absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, and she gets framed for it. Yes, I forgot about that part. Yeah, um, yep, she's on the run. Um, but also it says in the little right hand corner, Batgirl Rising finally concluded. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> and with that, that's a year. That was a, a full twelve months. It's a literal year's worth of comics. Yeah, brought to you in. Four hours. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's decent time considering we also <laughs> talked. To, we talked for like half an hour just introing this character. Um, we did. We so, absolutely did. Uh, but thank you all so much uh, for hanging out with us these last few hours. Uh, Jesse, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Zahili, spelled Z A H E E L E E. Find me pretty much anywhere, actually, under that. Same username, all over the place. 
uh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have you back uh, if there's something else you want to read for this. Uh, you can follow me at Archer Arios, A R X H E R A R I O S. The X is a C. Please do not make me explain it. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at MCMF Pod. Uh, leave us a rating review uh, on if you're using iTunes. That is a huge help for the show uh, and uh, frankly makes me feel good makes me want to keep doing this show um, thank you all again so much for hanging out and uh, we'll catch you next week uh, where I will be you know, uh, fingers crossed on this I may or may not be having uh, a friend on to talk about the Mortal Kombat X comic uh, Blood Ties uh, and for those of you who have followed the other stuff that i've done it will be simultaneously the most and least surprising guest um uh, all i can say is that uh the boys may or may not be back in town um but (laughs) until then take care stay safe and we'll see you guys next time